warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 307. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say? It's already been said. I'm still pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And I'm we're the leftovers. leftovers. How you doing, Jake? I'm good. I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there you go. I know. It's uh, oh, I hate it when I can hear people drinking. It's not like I'm fucking over here eating a hoagie. So chill the fuck out. I'm gonna be drinking. Yeah, wait for hour three when I get into the potato chips. Yeah, I know. Lays. Um, well, yeah. What kind of potato chips are you gonna be eating? I do like just like Lays original. Oh, you're so boring. It, it's true. Oh, it's my true. God. <laughs> if I mix it up at all, I just move to barbecue. Lay's original. They all, they all, they might as well just call it missionary position. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The fancier the potato chip gets, the weirder it is to me. Like, I, I'd rather dip the, like, use dip with their original oh, than man. have, like, all this weird flavor additive bullshit. Oh, man. I don't know. It's like, I like the... See, potato chips tear my stomach up, so I don't eat potato chips anymore. And if I do, I always have some sort of an antacid on hand, and you know, to take care of that. But I love the like the dill flavored potato chips. Not, oh. not a huge fan. Not a huge fan of the ketchup ones. The Uncle Ray's. Have you seen the Uncle Ray's ketchup? Yeah, that's insane. What uh. about the? The vinegar ones, you like those oh, too? Salt and vinegar, fucking a, yes. Oh, yeah, oh, that's salt. so gross to me. The smell of those makes me want to vomit. Oh, the smell of them makes me. I love it. Salt and vinegar wakes me up. Wakes oh. me. That's like that's a that's like a cup of Joe right there. The old salt and vinegar chips. Jake, Jake over there yeah. with his original Lay's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forever going to think, think of them as missionary lays from now on. It's the missionary position of potato chips. It's so basic. 
You know what I mean? It's like that's uh, I imagine like Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. How do they? How do they get it on? Mm. Do you think? I part, don't know. I haven't put th- much thought into that. Well, like, he can. Just- he, see, the thing is, like, he can add different. Like if she wants, you know, she he can add different body oh, parts. Oh yeah, his his penis is basically detachable. Right? I know. Well, and he can add make it bigger if she wants to go smaller. You know. Yeah, that's interesting. You can pretty much use any body part to do the deed with mm-hmm. too. I mean, you, there's a lot. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, if they're doing basic shit every night, then what a waste. Yeah, absolutely. You think if like if he goes too fast. You can start to smell like a baked potato or something. Like if he, he, she's like, slow down. You're cooking me over here. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably fact. Yeah. All <laughs> right. What kind of, okay. What kind of sexual terminology do you think they use in the bedroom? Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to mash you. I'm going to mash that ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna fucking Julian. <laughs> I'm scalloping those titties. <laughs> Sorry, that's <laughs> ridiculous. I hate this episode already. Hey, we are not alone. We've had somebody listening in on this <laughs> ridiculous conversation. Welcome back, June. Hi, I'm glad to be back. And also, Brian, I the dill potato chips are my favorite. Oh, they're good. Ugh. Oh, yeah. oh my god, they're so good. They're the real dill. Jake. Yes. Jeez, oh, that's worse than the chip. <laughs> the best ones are like from a company called Zaps, Z A P P S. Like they're um like a new. You can find it usually. You find them in like delis and stuff. It's like a like New Orleans based like potato chip company, but it, they have a Cajun dill. Yeah. And they're like the thick kettle. Like they're like the thick kettle. Like, oh yeah, chips. I like those. Yeah, and so it, those are the best dill chips. There you go. There you go, Jake. Jake's like, no, I'll stick to my original lays. I'm so boring. Yeah, I know. You got a, you yeah. got a, Jake, sorry. You, you got a chip on your shoulder when it comes to chips. Yeah, I do like all the fancy pistachios lately. I've been buying a lot of that stuff, like the wonderful pistachios, all like the sweet lime chili ones, and oh yeah, that kind of. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I enjoy that, but I don't know. I, I like the, the taste of potato. Yeah, oh, the almonds are delicious too. Yeah, all the fancy I, almonds. Yeah, yeah, I like the wasa- the wasabi soy ones. Oh yeah, those are good. You ever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you ever eat like the wasabi peas? Oh, yes. those are. I think those are delicious. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Oh man, you ever had the asparagus peas? Mm, I don't think so. That's where you. No. That's where you eat a bunch of asparagus and you smell your own piss. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Not I every, I have then. Not everybody can smell that asparagus urine. Are you guys in it's, that camp, or do you guys like if you eat the asparagus? Do you have like that's that? Are you wafting that stenchy asparagus piss? Hmm, I could smell it. I didn't know it was one of those things yeah. that some people don't experience. Yeah, it's like, like the cilantro I don't think I've thing. Ever smelled? I don't think I ever, I've heard of this. I heard that it alters like the smell of your pee. I don't think I've ever noticed. And so you've eaten asparagus and never noticed. No. Then you it doesn't affect you. You're not in that. No. You're not in the. Uh, you're not. You're not one of those people. Yeah, I always thought it was just one of those like food myth things. Mm-mm. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Oh. Asparagus urine has a distinct taste. Taste. <laughs> it was <a> smell. <laughs> 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 Whoa. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> it's my favorite potato chip flavor. <laughs> no wonder you don't like original. <laughs> I've been I've been eating asparagus piss lays for the past few months. You should suggest that. You know how they always do like suggest the next, oh, yeah. like, crazy flavor? Yeah. There you go. Asparagus yeah. lays. Yeah, you open up the bag and it smells like asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> Like a cloud of it emits from the bag. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm in the men's room of a vegan restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Like, yeah. definitely submit that for the uh, create your own lays. I know that's that's it's a great idea. Hey June, I want to thank you for sending me those cat treats. Oh, did the cats like them? They oh my gosh, they went nuts for the uh, it, the chicken ones especially. They went fucking, mm. it was chicken and cranberries, and it was like, I felt like they were like, Thanksgiving has come early, and they just went fucking, uh, bat shit crazy, cat shit crazy over the, uh, over the chicken and cranberry. And I guess the cranberries just be good for them, like, this, I think I read something like cranberries are good, cause sometimes some cats can have like urinary, like tract problems. Oh, like yeah. Cranberries are good for that. Oh, yeah, for urinary tract infections. So yeah, yeah. I, Did they like the toys? Oh God, yeah. Cake especially. Cake goes nuts. And but when Cake is having fun with the toys, then he he has to come over and fuck it all up. That's hilarious. <laughs> now That's he's hilarious. like, now it's my turn. He, he doesn't like Cake getting any attention. It's it's uh, yeah, it's a problem in the household. We've talked about it. They don't listen. Even though there are two toys in there, like that was supposed to be one for each. Oh, I it doesn't. Like, it's the, the one. one it's the one. Yeah, if one's playing with one, if Cake's playing with one, he he wants to play with that one. It doesn't matter. You could have <laughs> 700 toys in a room, and if Cake is playing with the one toy, the 699 have been neglected, and he he just wants to play with the one toy that's being played with by Cake. It's, it's, so then if Kate goes and gets another toy, like he, he gets the toy that yeah. Kate, if Kate goes and gets another one, then he's like, no, I want that one. Exactly. Now. It's, it, he, it's like, I, Kate is kind of like the Cinderella of the house. You know, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, uh, he's always getting treated like shit by, by he, 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 he's like one of the shitty fucking, you know, stepsisters. It's yeah. But they, they love each other. They clean each other and lick each other and shit, but they, they're always, I don't know, vying for attention. Do they spoon? Do they spoon? Uh, no, not too often. Not too often. They, uh, oh, my I, friend, yeah. uh, one of my friends had two cats, uh, Max and Magoo, and they were so lovey-dovey, and they would spoon. Aww. It was, it was adorable. That is cute. Yeah, June sent us very much a, a very similar care package, and there's one toy she sent. It's like just the tiniest little clacker mouse. That is still our cat Maui's favorite toy. Like he just goes ape shit for the thing. I think it must be the sound. Speaking so. of food, but yeah, thank you, June, Jake, and yeah, I both thank you, of course, for the toys and treats. Toys and treats. Why am I saying it like that? Toys and treats. Toys and treats. <laughs> toys and treats. I sound like Catherine O'Hara. Toys and yeah, treats. A little bit. A little bit. Catherine, toys and treats. Um, am I the only one that does this when you're watching a show? I was recently watching Godfather of Harlem on Epics, guys. Tremendous fucking show, by the way. Forrest Whitaker and, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. 
uh, two rival crime bosses. This is just an incredible fucking show. You're missing out if you're not watching it. But have you ever watched when they're doing a scene like in a diner and they're eating something, how they never actually eat anything? Have you ever just paid attention to like how oh, they just kind of push the mm-hmm. food around on the plate and they never actually really put anything in their mouth. But then when they cut away and they come back, maybe it looks like they were chewing something. But you never honestly see any food go in the mouth of the character that is supposedly eating at the restaurant. Uh, and it's just it, – I always like – it just sticks out to me and I watch it. And sometimes, sometimes I watch it a little too intently. Am I the only one that does that? No, but yeah, I noticed that too. Or they'll take like the tiniest food, like they'll take a pea and like eat just that. Like take the tiniest piece of food on a fork and eat it. Oh yeah, they'll eat like talking. no human has ever eat, like eaten food yeah. before. Yeah, I noticed the same kind of thing with cigarette smoking a lot of times in movies too. It's almost the same exact like phenomenon where they light a cigarette but yet never take a drag of it. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I was watching a movie today, as a matter of fact. And uh, I was watching Midway, which I'll talk about later. But, like, one of the guys, you know, in the military uh, lights up a cigarette, and then he takes a drag. But, like, instead of, like, you can tell when somebody doesn't inhale, he just does that classic, like, (laughs) and, like, immediately, like, spits out the smoke. And I was just (laughs) like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like... (laughs) Probably the first cigarette he's ever smoked was like during that shot. I remember, I remember watching American Ultra where you got Chris, uh, Kristen Stewart and, uh, what's his name? The, uh, Jesse Eisenberg and all the smoke from like the marijuana they're smoking is just CGI smoke. That's for real? Yeah. You can totally tell. Why would they spend the money on that? Because they, I guess neither one of them are smokers or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Jeez, have some respect for your craft. Take smoke the damn cigarette. Think about all the yeah. stupid money that they blow on some of these movies. You know what I mean? Like there's uh what was it? Ashton Kutcher was in that religion where they wore those red bands around their arms and they had oh, that Jewish yeah, like, that they, weird Jewish cult thing. And well they had to basically for a movie that he was in, I think I don't know who who was who was he uh, was it Catherine Heigl or was it Brittany Murphy or one like you know what I mean one of those fucking movies was it yeah they had a CGI of that red was it Myla Kunis to- was it, I don't <laughs> but yeah they had the CGI CGI out the red band and it cost them you know it cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars I'm sure to do just to do that right or the Henry Cavill <laughs> yeah. mustache. Yeah, that cost even more than that, right? <laughs> yeah, but at least, at least we, at least when you're watching that other movie, you didn't see the, you didn't, you're not looking for the red band. You could tell his face; he looked like Homer so Simpson. It was weird. <laughs> he did. That, I, I haven't seen totally this. Right, he did look like Homer. You haven't seen what, Jake? The the effect you're talking about, the red band effect. Oh, I don't know. I just, yeah. It, I don't even think I really watched that movie. I think was it who was it? Was it Cedric the Entertainer was in that one? I don't know. It's <laughs> just one of those rom com movies. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like a reverse rom-com. guess who's coming to dinner where like, you know, he's dating a black girl and brings I think it was Cedric Entertainer Cedric the Entertainer was the dad. And I don't know if I watched that one or this episode's terrible. 
Yeah, it's getting there quick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what what I'm where I'm going. You should have. <laughs> anyway, let's jump into iTunes reviews. Fuck it. There we go. Where's the? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Great start. iTunes reviews. All right, first iTunes review here comes from M1 Fred. M1 Fred. And it's titled Jake, do you have something to say about M1 Fred? No, I it's, you know, pretty basic. All right. M1 Fred. I don't I don't know what that stands for. I guess it's just whatever, right? Your name's Fred. You got to put something before it so you can't pick Fred. The M1 was like just like the single blade razor that Gillette put out. But then oh, they, the Mach one. The Mach one. The Mach one. Was it? Who does it? Is it Schick or is it? I can't. Who keeps it? Who? Who keeps these straight? Schick. What? Razor companies. Yeah. Who does the Mach and who does the the other ones? The. I thought Gillette was like the Mach. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. What you, you don't you don't even shave, do you? No, I do. I you trim, do? but I don't trim. use like disposable plastic razors. Yeah, well, just but, buy a nice razor, and then you got a nice razor. There you go, people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, or if I was going to get disposables, I I would do one of those like where you get the get them in the mail or whatever was, the fuck, but I they're was, not plastic. Sorry, I was just reveling in your life hack there, sir. <laughs> get a good razor. You got a good razor. I got, I got, it's one of those wait, things where you, you done, like, get what you pay for. Wow, wow, we're talking over one another. What was going? What, what are we saying here? Go ahead, dude. I was asking if either of y'all had had the barber shop shave, like with the straight, the single straight blade. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband just uh, he decided he had to get a haircut, and he was just like, you know, I might actually go to. We have a couple of these like little pop up, like trendy hipster barber shops now. Yeah, um, so we went to one and got a haircut and everything. But then they did like the, where they warm up the shaving, like the warm towel on your face. Oh yeah. And then, uh, then they warm up the shaving cream and like with a little brush, and then take the straight like bla- like blade and. It, and he said he yeah, was that, like, the best. It is the closest shave he's ever gotten. That shit makes me think of Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. I can't lie. <laughs> it makes me think of. Uh... What's that? Whoopi Goldberg and Danny Glover in the color purple. And you're like, is she, oh, is, she, go. is she gonna cut his fucking neck? Yeah. <laughs> Cause we all wanted her to. We all wanted her to. Uh, M1 Fred, uh, title says iTunes review here, knowledgeable and passionate. Uh, amazing nerd podcast. Love the long run times as I listen while working out. One of the things I like the most is that the hosts, Brian and Jake, are super knowledgeable about all things nerd culture. Uh, guest, especially Rebecca. P.S. Can we get her to be a full-time guest? Um, no. It's not. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, absolutely not. No, it's not like I, you know, I love having her on, but she's got a life. She's got other things she's got to do. And we got to have yeah, other. She, she wouldn't do it anyway. She wouldn't do it anyway. And so we got to have other people on here. I like that. Three is a nice number. Four is the limit. I hate having five people on. So, 
Anyway. Uh, she adds a great deal to the conversation. I know the main host, Brian, gets a lot of flack for being too much, but I appreciate the passion. Side note, can you state what you were drinking while filming? We're not filming. We're actually recording. But I know what you mean. And he goes, I always find it fun to hear what is your beverage of choice. This week, um, June, are you drinking? Yeah, Yes, I am. What are you drinking? I have a variety of different beer. Okay, could you narrow it down to one? Okay, so I have, let's see, I'm looking in my fridge. Actually, I'm grabbing one right now. I have a Line and Google, like Summer Shandy, some Fat Tire, uh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah, when I said narrow it down to one, it didn't mean list off the entire fridge <laughs> so content. These are just the ones that I'm drinking now. I actually are you're drinking all three at the time. same time. <laughs> Triple grip. Triple grip. No, no, I'm not gonna drink that. That would be disgusting if I combined them. Ugh. All right, I am drinking. Uh, Mar- <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking margaritas tonight. I'm drinking 1800 is the brand, and I'm drinking the ultimate margarita. It's uh, watermelon flavor. It tastes like a watermelon Jolly Rancher. Jake, what are you what are you drinking with your uh, Lay's potato chips over there? Drinking a classic Coca Cola. I'm drinking hazelnut coffee right now. Oh wow! But I've got bark to follow that up with. There you go. Yeah, Jake. Jake doesn't really uh, partake in the alcohol when we when we record. Very I rarely. I think there's two episodes on PCL where I got what you could consider drunk. Yeah. I don't, do you remember which ones those were? No, I think both were at Jay's house though. Probably. Yeah. So thank you, M1 Fred, for that. It was five star if I didn't say that. God, I'm just like all over the place. This episode's garbage. Yeah, I, I liked I liked Fred's review there. It was good. Thank you, M1. I liked how you, you know, kind of called out things that other people have harped on us for in the past. So, see, this guy likes it. So, fuck all the rest of you. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care what those other fucking people. Like the people that, that give me suggestions like uh, in these iTunes review of like, you need to do this. You need to cut this down. You Like, fuck off. Like, I'm going to fucking take advice from uh, Johnny fucking no-name that I've never heard of. Oh, yeah, he's right. This guy that's never podcasted before is right. I should trim Good Pop, Bad Pop down to two things for everybody to talk about. Then we can move the show along. This this fuck nuts is right. He figured how, it out. How did we never know this? Thank you. Crack the Da Vinci code. Just don't fucking listen then. Listen to something else then, you fucking bitch. I hate that. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm getting so angry about an iTunes review that was probably written two years ago. Um, next one's titled Tupperware Party, and uh, it's a five-star. It comes from Nikki DD. So Nikki Double D here says, love the podcast, all of Brian's rants, and the joking around keeps it fresh and entertaining for uh, entertaining uh, the long format keeps me listening for hours while at work through the night. Interesting content, funny, and one of my favorites. Keep it fives. Keep keep it, guys. It doesn't say keep it up. It just says keep it, guys, and then it says five stars. There's like I don't. There's a there's a. I think there's like one period and one comma in this whole thing. The rest is just kind of like this run on sentence from. Yeah, Nick. I read very excited. Yeah, it was like it, it, oh god, yes. Like, this guy was just, like, having a time. He was having a great time while writing this. So, so such a great time, he couldn't slow down and punctuate. <laughs> He's like, fuck punctuation. 
<laughs> Interesting. Uh, but con- you a couple, right? One comma, one period. It's crazy where this comma placement. Yeah, is, I was getting ready to ask. Yeah, uh, well, hold on. Interesting content, comma, funny, comma, and one of my favorites. Keep it, guys. Five stars. I'm keeping it, Jake. Nikki DD told me to keep it. I'm keeping it, man. You keep it. What are we keeping? The the podcast? Maybe I. Okay, here we go. Is he saying keep it real, or is he saying that, keep that's it what up? I was thinking. Or keep, I it, keep up. it real. I was thinking. I thought keep it up. I'm thinking keep it up is what he's going for. Ah. Yeah, I don't know though. I could be convinced either way. It's a solid bet. It's a solid bet. And the period. I don't know. He's got one period rocking this thing. Just <laughs> it's at the end, at least, right? No, it's not. There's no period at the end. It's at uh, it's uh, the long format keeps me listening for hours while I while at work through the night. Period. And then there we go. And then just the complete disregard and lack of punctuation throughout. Yeah, I love this iTunes review, but it's a red pen nightmare. Nightmare here. Yeah, I don't know. Your English teacher, your grammar teacher. Be very upset with you, Nikki DD. But you know what? Don't change it. I hate it when people, when we fucking call out shit, and then people go back and they change it. They change their <laughs> iTunes review. You're gonna come back and it's gonna they like do. a fucking list of acronyms. They do. They come back and they fix it. It's like no, just you fucked up. Just leave it there. Then it makes me look like a liar when you changed it. Knock it off. People listen to the episode late, and then they go back to look at the review, yeah. and then yeah, and then you've changed it, and then you make you make me look like a liar. Yeah, changing reviews. Come on, you got to set that shit in stone. They shouldn't even let you change it. That shouldn't even be an option. Shouldn't even be an option. They yeah. should review it, and then that's that. It's out there. You're done. You're done. <laughs> you done. You done, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, double D is done. Yeah, you double done, Nikki. <laughs> double done. Doesn't yeah, Nikki DD? Doesn't it sound like a little like a little gangster? Uh, Nikki gangster. Nikki DD. <laughs> yeah, very Italian gangster. What, yeah, what do they call him, Nikki? What's the DD stand for? Uh, uh I'm saying Nikki. Uh, I'm saying Nikki double dip because he always double dips the chips. It's like a sign. Like it's like a sign. It's like a Seinfeld episode. You've all seen yeah, that. It's at so one. gross. Yeah. Nikki so DD gross. always double dipping the chips. Hey, <laughs> what are you doing there? <laughs> <laughs> no one taught him any manners. <laughs> he ain't got no manners. And then, like you know, then his, his very Italian grandmother like slaps him. <laughs> what are you doing? This is why you're not married. You know. <laughs> I'm never gonna have grandbabies. What's the matter, you? <laughs> and then Tony Danger just walks by. Yeah. <laughs> Aldridge. Yeah. Weird. Ah, what are we doing here? That's all I got for iTunes reviews, people. I was thinking Pretty about. Good. I was thinking about doing a like a bonus episode, or maybe even throwing it up on the Leftover Army podcast. About I don't know. I'm going to do this and just throwing it out there. We're going to get to the content. Chill the fuck out, people. I know I'm dying to get the content, too, after some of this banter we've had at the beginning of the show. And I don't know if this <laughs> I honestly don't know if this is going to get any better, people. Um, but uh, I was thinking about like doing like a just a podcast where I have some people on and they can explain to me a movie that I've never seen. And I hmm. and I think I would want to start it off with the human centipede. Mm. People explaining to me the human centipede 
and just because I know kind of like what it's about. But I think like people telling me what actually is happening in the movie, and if they can do it descriptively, it would shock the hell out of me. And I just just to get my I like it. yeah, just to get my reactions to uh, what they're telling me that is actually in that film. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. Just throwing it out there. I like it. In my perfect world, I, I would skip straight to Human Centipede 2 for that podcast. Mm. Uh, I'm sure you haven't seen it either, having not seen the first one. Oh, no. I did watch the sequel. I, you know, oh, I, no. Interesting. Of course not. <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen the first one, so I haven't seen the sequel. No. I'm a, I'm a completist when it comes to my Centipede films. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, yeah, I think um, having known – Knowing what's up with those movies, I think it'd be even more fascinating to have the second one described to you. Why is that? Without even getting the first one. Why do you th- – have you seen the second one? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen them both. I, the second one is just so insane what the plot is. Huh. Interesting. It, wait, more insane than the original plot from the first movie. Yeah, it's like not delving too deep into it, but they get all meta with the whole thing. Okay, I just like, I feel like the plot of the first one is insane enough. Yeah, I, to me it gets even more insane because they kind of introduce this like um, scream or you know like outside meta stuff going on with the sequel. That's very very odd. So right. People out there have seen it and they'll will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so. we don't. <laughs> Take my word; it, it'd be it'd be a more fun time. You got a name for the podcast? Uh, the human centipod. I don't know. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, right off the top of my head there. Uh, I just wonder, just wonder. <clears throat> Are you satisfied? Mm, <laughs> mildly. <laughs> <laughs> I got an email here. Robert Pangburn. This is an old email and I apologize. I haven't read it sooner, Robert. It's, you know, life. Life happens. Life gets in the way. Hey, Leftovers, hope you're not tired of my emails yet. I'll keep this short and sweet. I listen to the show every week at work, and typically I drive to my work sites every day, and the drive is usually an hour and a half each way. So, of course, I always have PCL playing during my drive. Now, I typically have a coworker ride with me every day so they get to listen to the show whether they like it or not. My work truck, my rules. Anyhow, one of my coworkers has been listening to the show with me for the past month or so, and at first he was obviously not interested. <laughs> this sounds like a Saw movie plot here. I figured this when he puts his headphones on and, <laughs> and watches shit on his phone. <laughs> but the other day he forgot his headphones, so he was forced to listen to PCL. And the episode in question was episode 301. At first he had this, what the fuck is this shit look on his face? And why does this guy yell so much? <laughs> but as the episode went on, I could tell that he was starting to enjoy it more. On the drive home, he couldn't contain himself, especially Brian continually, uh, albeit uh, I'll totally justified, roasting the roasting of Big Dong Jay. He was laughing hysterically the whole drive back to the office. A couple of days later, he messaged me and said that PCL was his new favorite show and it started listening to old episodes. I know it's only one person, but getting another fan on board, the Leftover Army, was a pretty cool feeling. So to all the listeners out there, spread the good word of PCL and let's get more people on the PCL train. 
thanks guys for all the great content. So much for keeping the email short. Thanks. And that comes from Robert Pangburn. Thank you, sir. Yeah, what a, that's a fantastic email. I love it. That's a hard job making someone become a fan of us, right? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it really is. I was, June, I'm surprised you listened to this garbage. You're, <laughs> Why? You're, you're just, you're just, uh, you're educated. You're, you're, you're. You guys are educated. Too. You guys are smart too. You're a good person, and it's like, and <laughs> you said me you smart. You guys are smart too, but then I stopped myself. I was like, so you guys are good too. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I just, I just, I'm sometimes I'm just blown away by some of the people that listen to this. Jake, it's like these people are so much better people uh, than me. No. And- <laughs> yeah, they just—it's like it's going not- to the zoo. They just want to laugh at the clowns or going to the circus. You know? Oh you my know? god, that's terrible! <laughs> not at all how this is. And I know that everyone else who's ever been listens to the show. You know, like Kevin and Dan and you know, Steve, myself, all these everybody. We all love you guys. We want to participate. We love listening to y'all. All right. <laughs> I was I was pretty I mean I I feel the heart that June's pouring out but I, I yeah. I'm with you Brian I was pretty reluctant in accepting I know it. I can't I just can't it's just it's uh, I don't understand <laughs> I, it's uh, to this day I don't understand why half the people listen to this fucking garbage um got another email here from Jeremy and uh Jeremy goes on to say uh hello Brian I'm sorry to hear about your uh, art house theater closing. You're share, you sharing the, your experiences in the past about some of the films you have attended at your local art house theater has inspired me to take a second look at our local theater. I have attended a few movies in the past, but never seldom. Um, in the last 12 months, I have visited our local art house theater 44 times, viewing over 70 films, shorts, streamed performances, and documentaries. The majority of these trips have included my family or date nights. Hee <laughs> hee, come on, dude. Really? I'm sorry. My cat is just like one. Dude. Dude. That was like a tremor. Dude. He he. I got Jeremy over here telling us some really important shit. God, you were very distracting. He he. He's fucking handsome as all shit, though, Jake. God damn it. This cat (laughs) is fucking handsome as shit. Um, Anyway, the majority of these trips have included my family or date nights with my wife. The experiences have created uh, more time spent with my teenager and a few more events shared with our out of the house college student daughter. Uh, My wife and I are now supporting members of our theater. It's a nonprofit and attend special events as much as time and money allows. All of this would have never been part of our lives without your positive experiences and motivations. Thanks again for what you and Jake and your supporting co-hosts add to our lives directly and indirectly. And that comes from Jeremy from Springfield, Missouri. Thank you, Jeremy. It's fucking awesome, dude. Support your local, uh, your local art theaters, man. Cause like, if you don't, then you run into uh, what I've recently run into, and I don't have the option of going to uh, the Champagne Art Theater anymore. And it's fucking heartbreaking for me because now I'm at the mercy of AMC Artisan. Ugh. They slap that Artisan fucking label on everything. Midway is an AMC – a Roland Emmerich movie is an AMC <laughs> Artisan <laughs> film. Angry Birds too. AMC Artisan <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brian, I'm surprised though that the one um because 
you said it was in Ur- Urbana-Champaign. I mean, that's a college town. You know, you would think that uh-huh. that would be where Art House Theater would thrive with all the college students. Yeah, you would. You really would. But like, that's surprising. Yeah, and it's. I, I think a lot of it, and and I think that they. I've never really seen the theater packed, though. Um, I've seen it halfway full, but I've never seen it packed. And, um, and especially, I think, like, I think when they, they really would struggle when the college students weren't there, you know, when they weren't in town. Oh, I can imagine. So, you know, um, guys, let me, can I pause here real quick? My cat, I gotta, I gotta, (laughs) gotta handle this. Hold on. All right. Hey, we are back. And, uh, yeah, uh, again, thanks a lot, Jeremy, for the email. We are going to be jumping into iTunes review. Nah, I- Jesus Christ, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Let's do them again. They were good reviews. <laughs> M1 Fred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you forgot the bumper. <laughs> we're going to be jumping into Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews. With Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Going to start off this show, uh, the uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop segment, talking about a movie I've seen. I know Jake has seen it as well. Jojo Rabbit, uh, written and directed by Taika Waititi. It's based on Christine Lunen's book, Caging Skies, a World War II satire that follows a lonely German boy named Jojo whose worldview is turned upside down when he discovers his single mother is hiding a young Jewish girl in their attic. Aided only by his idiotic imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler, Jojo must confront his blind nationalism. It stars Roman Griffin Davis, who plays the title character of Jojo. Scarlett Johansson plays the mother. Uh, Thomason McKenzie uh, from the uh, Ben Foster movie, Leave No Trace, that I absolutely loved last year. I love that movie, and she was fantastic in that film. She plays the young Jewish girl. Uh, Taika Waititi plays Adolf Hitler. Archie Yates plays uh, Roman Griffin Davis's uh, JoJo's buddy, Yorkie. And the film also stars Rebel Wilson, Stephen Merchant, Alfie Allen, and Sam Rockwell. Jake, what did you think about JoJo Rabbit? Wow, um... I, I absolutely love this movie. This was a giant Tupperware for me. Uh, one of my favorites of the year so far. Um, I was kind of blown away by its ability to be a very silly movie at times and then also maybe be one of the most moving movies I've seen all year mm. at times as well. Like mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe how they were able to walk this tightrope and do it convincing where both aspects of the movie were working, you know, on every level for me. I, I just couldn't believe that like Taika Waititi is a master of his writing craft, in my opinion, for this movie and for then actually taking it from paper and pulling it off and making that kind of thing work. Like I, I was blown away by how much emotional impact this movie had. And then yet again, how at times just hysterical it was to me. It, it was such a crazy theatrical experience. I thought 
all the actors in this were pretty fantastic. Um, as far as like the kind of guesty actors that don't play the biggest part, I was really blown away by Stephen Merchant's part in this I movie. I thought yeah. he was just fantastic. And yeah, and Taika himself, as you know, as you've seen in the trailer, the imaginary friend Hitler that Jojo has was just absolutely hysterical and just some of the touches they did on like his costume and makeup effects throughout the movie were, were really subtle and also really interesting and hilarious. And yeah, I, it's a movie. I can't wait to see a second time. Uh, This was one of the best experiences I had going to the movies all year. I I thought this was absolutely fantastic. Jake, I'm telling you, you got to watch his older stuff, man. I, I, as I was literally walking to my car, I was like, that's it. I mean, this is, honestly could go down in history as being one of my favorite movies, I think. And yes, I have to watch the, um, what we oh, do in the shadows and hunt for the Wilder people. I have been singing the praises of those movies. And I know that you're a Waititi, uh, Taika Waititi fan after Thor Ragnarok. And now that you love this movie, it's like, these are must watches. You have to see both films. They're, they're incredible. Yeah. I, I have no excuse at this point because I mean, this just moved me so much and wow this movie was just a giant wow for me and surely i'll be bringing it up when we do the tupperwares i think later this year and you have to watch his performance as ryan reynolds best friend in green lantern from 2011 oh jesus <laughs> it's true god that he I, was in that <laughs> i'm out of the whole thing now. i'm sorry yeah I, <laughs> I brought i brought us all back down to earth which that movie shouldn't have taken place so much yeah, I was going to say, was that a Green Lantern <laughs> <Yeah>. fun? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved Jojo Rabbit Tupperware. What a great ride this was. From one moment laughing to the next moment, I'm crying in the theater. I was told by Michael Cannon that, uh, you know, this movie will make you laugh and cry. And I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, mm. but I trust him. I trust him. But like, we've heard that from so many, you know, and it, it's like, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And it did. He was fucking right. Like, I fucking cried in this movie. Um, just, uh, just brilliant. Like, I, the, the whole youth Nazi camp scenes were like, for such, some, for something that's so evil, they made it hilarious. Like, these little, like, uh, no, oh, now it's, you know, like these little, instead of like arts and crafts time, they're burning books, you know? It's like, let's just do the, the, the stupid shit that Nazis did. And like, that's what, they leaned into that and it was pretty hysterical. I thought that, uh, Rebel Wilson was really funny in her role. Um, he really used her to her strengths. Like, I've seen movies use her to the, her strengths before and when they do that, it's it's great like especially her appearance in the workaholics juggalo episode was fucking hilarious like those guys did a great job with rebel wilson and she was so good in this steven merchant i'm a huge fan so see i loved his show hello ladies on hbo so seeing him in this was absolutely amazing and sam rockwell i was like Mm. how is sam rockwell gonna pull off a german accent and he does and he kills it and um 
Scarlett Johansson was really good in this movie as well. I, I enjoyed seeing her in this. Just the way he shoots different things, um, the way – I'm not giving anything away here, but just like the fact that throughout the movie they kept – you know, shooting her shoes and everything. And I was just like, man, you know, like it all kind of just comes together uh, as you're watching this film. Thomas and McKenzie from Leave No Trace. I, oh God, she's, this girl is such a phenomenal actor. And to see her working with Taika Waititi in this film was just, just great. And I loved that little kid Yorkie. Oh yeah. He was fantastic. Fucking adorable. He's like, like if Josh Gad was a little boy, that's what Yorkie is, you know. He's just an adorable little Nazi boy, and it's just, oh yeah, they're my God. adorable, but like little shits at the yeah, same time. I, it's such a crazy line. I know it's 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 definitely a, a weird line to, uh, yeah. It, but this movie was it was incredible, and and it's going to have a. It's been slowly. Uh, it's being released in more cities. Um, they had it premiere in New York and LA. Then the next week they opened it up to, uh, more cities. And then it's supposed to go nationwide on November 18th, which is when I thought we were going to get it. I thought I was actually, I was actually tempted to drive to St. Louis to go see this last weekend. And I'm glad that I kind of held out cause I got to see it more locally. But um, mm-hmm. this is fucking yeah. Because Jake, you were shocked. I told you, I was like, it's playing in Peoria, and you were like, okay. Yeah, I got excited. It was like, all right, yeah. plans on Thursday changed. So <laughs> yeah, this is um, this is an absolute Tupperware. June, is this on your list? It is on my list. I just can't. This kind of sucks um, living in South Carolina because we don't get things when they're released, even nationwide. Um, because it's getting a lot of Oscar buzz, we will likely – I mean anything that gets Oscar buzz like, and the closer it gets to award season, then we start getting the movies. But we usually get them about two, three months after it's been released everywhere else. Oh, my dad lives in North Carolina, and his theater is not even playing Midway, which is like number one in the box office right now, beating out Dr. Sleep. So I, 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 I thought I that it. was a popcorn movie at this point. Yeah, because yeah. um, that's playing here. Yeah, so um, – yeah, wow. so this, this is getting award buzz. I I, I hadn't heard that either. For? It's getting award buzz uh, for Taika Waititi. I think for maybe best screenplay. Uh, I mean, mm. possibly best best picture nod. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I kind of mm. thought the Academy might might sub this. Mm-mm. Was we'll see. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Tupperware the fuck out of Jojo Rabbit. Everybody, check this one out. It's absolutely fantastic, and it will definitely make you laugh. And I have a feeling it'll make a lot of you cry. Uh, I went and saw Midway today. Uh, Midway centers on the Battle of Midway, a clash between the American fleet and the Imperial Japanese Navy, which marked a pivotal turning point into the in the Pacific theater during World War II. The film, based on the real-life events of this heroic feat, tells the story of the leaders and soldiers who use their instincts, fortitude, and bravery to overcome the odds. It's directed by Roland Emmerich. Uh, directed movies like Godzilla, 1998, uh, Independence Day, The Day After Tomorrow. Day After Tomorrow, that movie also stars, uh, that was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dennis Quaid, who's also in this movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. That was Jake Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal's first, like, big movie that I ever remember seeing him in. 
Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about now. Yeah, Christian Slater's in it too, I believe, right? Not day after tomorrow, right? He's not in that. Oh, I thought he was. I must be there's thinking of a different movie. One of those kind of like uh, disaster. There, there's like a couple of them that came out around the same time. They're like disaster, like movie things. Yeah, June's right. I get I get the two of them confused. I think I get it confused with 2012. That is That's John Cusack. Mm-mm-mm. There you go. That was the the Mayan calendar. The last day on the Mayan calendar in 2012, which also did not star Christian Slater. I, I don't know what movie you're thinking of, Jake. <laughs> <I don't know laughs> Gleaming the cube. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been post-apocalyptic, maybe. I don't know. Uh, this movie, Cuffs. 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 Uh, Heathers. Um, now we're just... Uh, pump, <laughs> pump up the volume. Now we're just like yelling out Christian Slater movies. Oh, I love that movie. Pump up the volume, so good. Oh man, that made me want to lead a revolution when I was a kid. Oh, it was, what right? And it's not. <laughs> I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but it's so good. I love pump up the volume. So, such a great fuck. And then he he's like, I'm gonna play that one Beastie Boys song where they curse in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck the man. Fuck the man. Uh, this movie stars Ed Screen, Patrick Wilson. This has got an ensemble cast. Woody Harrelson, Luke Evans, Mandy Moore, Luke Kleintank, Dennis Quaid, Aaron Eckhart, uh, Kean Johnson, and Nick Jonas. Um, the, the thing that I love about this movie is the fact that these, it, it does go through and give you, like, um, these men, these men's stories, which, like, these are, these are, these are real life heroes that that uh you know served uh the US military and um these guys did kind of like turn the tide here uh in this battle um a, a battle which <laughs> i mean they got you know they got the upper hand on us at Pearl Harbor and um a lot of a lot of men were killed during Pearl Harbor and uh this that that's what i liked about this is it does pay respect to these men and you get to know their names and in that regard, it kind of like reminded me of like Band of Brothers, where like by the end of Band of Brothers, like I felt like I knew these soldiers and um, who they were, you know, like Brian Winters and stuff like that. Like, you know, th- these are these are these are these were great men that served this country. And like, I felt like this movie tried to do that, but it didn't. It it's it's definitely not Band of Brothers. The I'm going to give this one a, a, a solid taste it because it, visually it is incredible. The dog fights that they have in the air with these planes are absolutely incredible. And there's, there's some scenes with these dog fights, especially when they're uh, basically just these planes going against these huge destroyers, these battleships, these aircraft carriers. It's, it's insane to see um, the courage that these men had during this uh during this battle of midway um ed screens very good in this woody harrelson uh i i I wish i would have seen a lot more of him his character of uh chester nimitz um this guy is a very interesting guy same thing with i i wasn't really (sighs) hmm 
I wasn't blown away by Luke Evans, but I think he did a serviceable, serviceable jo- uh, job as Wade McCluskey. I think he did fine, to be honest with you. Um, Dennis Quaid is really good. There's so many men that have so many different interesting stories that I feel like Midway should actually have been kind of like an HBO, kind of like Steven Spielberg Band of Brothers thing. You know, and I know that they did, they, they did, you know, we did have a series called The Pacific, but I, um, I like this movie enough. It, it ran a little long, uh, I guess two hours, 12 minutes, if you're going to consider that long. But overall, I liked it. I, I, I saw it in the Dolby Atmos theater, um, and the sound was great. Uh, the effects were pretty amazing, but, uh, I'll give it a, a solid taste. I, I feel like, there's just too much, too much that they, they, they just barely touched upon that I wanted to, the movie to expound upon a little bit more. And it's hard to do that when you're balancing this ensemble cast. Um, yeah. Two I'm, hours and 12 minutes isn't very long when you're, I mean, when, when you're, you're thinking about a war movie. Yeah, I know. Pre- Saving Private Ryan was a longer movie. So yeah, I see what you're saying though, how it almost would have worked better as like individual character focuses as like an HBO type of series. I mean, that could well, be really cool. They're not just, it, it, here's the thing. It's like, they're not just balancing just these characters. We are actually jumping over to like the Japanese soldiers as well. And like their leaders, their leadership, um, talking to like their captains and things like that. So it's, it's balancing a lot here. And like, by the time like they surrender, you know, we're actually seeing like their captain go down with the ship and stuff like that. And some of that stuff is like it's like it's interesting, but it's it's a little bit too much that they're throwing in to this movie. Hard to get like emotionally invested in yeah. any one thing when there's so much There's things. exactly. There's so many things going on in this. Uh you know, and by like okay, at the end of the movie, you've got like Ed Screen you know, and he's dropping a bomb on a battleship and he's like, this is for Ron. And like, you have to remember at the beginning of the movie when Ron dies, you know, it's like, it's, you know what I mean? So Asterix, remember Ron from minute 12. <laughs> right, right. So, but, uh, I, I would probably, this would be a good one to watch when it comes out on like stars or HBO or something like that. I don't think that you have to see this one in the theaters unless you are like a, a big time World War II buff, then this might be something that you'd want to check out because that's probably the main reason I saw this and I wanted to see it in Dolby Atmos is because, you know, anytime you've got like these movies where you've got like these these fighter planes, like I want to hear those sounds. It, it just, it blows <laughs> me away. Um, I even went and saw, I went and saw Red Tails in the theater, the George Lucas movie about the Tuskegee Airmen, which I, <laughs> I actually liked, but... Um, you know, I didn't love, but I liked. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but. yeah I, as far as war movies goes, the one I'm just chomping at the bit for is, is, you know, 1917. Of course, and they showed the trailer for 1917 before this movie, and I'm just like, man, I cannot wait for 1917. Oh, it looks so good. It looks yeah, so I, good. I love me some Sam Mendes, and that trailer just, oh, yeah, I'll be there opening week for that. Me too, absolutely. Um... I did. I'll, I'm going to talk about one more thing, and we'll, we'll we'll jump into some other stuff that you guys have seen. I saw Primal. This is the uh, new Nicolas Cage movie. I told everybody I was going to watch this day one, and I and I I, I watched it. It's a uh, it's on it was on Fandango now, 
Um, did anybody else get a chance to see this one? Yes. I did not get a chance to watch it. June, you watched it? I did. Okay. A big game hunter for Zeus has booked passage on a Greek shipping freighter with a fresh haul of exotic and deadly animals from the Amazon, including a rare white jaguar, along with a political assassin being extradited to the U.S. in secret. Two days into the journey, the assassin escapes and releases the captive animals, throwing the ship into chaos. This one's directed by Nick Powell. Uh, Nick Powell is mostly known as a stunt guy. He has received 12 Taurus World Stunt Award nominations. He won five of them. He also won the Fight Choreographer of the Year for his work on The Born Identity, where he choreographed and shot all the fights. And he did stunts for uh, the movies uh, Cinderella Man and The Last Samurai. Uh, this one stars Nicolas Cage, Famke Jansen, Kevin Durand, LaMonica Garrett, and Michael Imperioli. And um, I wanted so much more out of this movie, June. I wanted so – there's like you've got all the elements of what could be like a fun movie here. And it did have fun moments, but we didn't get a lot of the Jaguar. Um, we They're obviously CGI Jaguar. I, and I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with it. This does not have to be fucking – Jungle Book by John Favreau and no, Disney. But it needed to lean into the absurd more, you know. Like it needed, yes, it needed to go all out. Like I wanted it to be just let's go in like two hundred percent. Like you got Nick Cage in here, right? Let's just go absurd and ridiculous. One hundred percent, and it didn't, and it just didn't. Yeah, I'm. I I, uh, I did like how much shit that they gave the the character of John Ringer and he's like the he's like the you know like the the federal guy that they kept you know that was on the ship that they kept giving yeah. shit like like there's a scene they give him some they everybody talks shit to this guy there's a scene where he's where Nicolas Cage is like you know uh, uh, you've got Kevin Durant who plays this this you know killer uh, this political assassin who gets out and he was a former Marine and, uh, he gets loose on the, on the ship and he starts uh, letting the animals out, which I'll talk about that here in a second, but he's, he lets the animals out and, uh, he starts fucking up the ship. And so like Nicholas Cage is on the, on the radio and he's like, you know, we're out of water. And <laughs> this guy goes, how do you how do you know we're out of how do you know we're out of water? He's like, I know how to use a fucking faucet, you federal clown. And like in the whole movie, he just gives this guy so much shit. And I loved that. I loved the scene where the 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 monkeys are loose in the in the galley, the kitchen. Yes. And like fucking you know, what happens with that guy and how they fucking take care of that guy i love that i wanted to see more of that stuff with like the animals but basically we just got like snakes and the jaguar was in there sparingly and these monkeys and really nothing else and, and some bird and you got some parrots yeah remember the yeah. one that he didn't like the one that he was like i don't like that parrot i'm not gonna name it because i don't want to get attached to me and nope that's his best friend at the end of the movie mm-hmm I, this, <laughs> this movie was not my best friend. I'm gonna give it, 
I'm going to give it just a uh, a low taste it because like this had all the elements of what I felt like could be an just a really fun movie. You've got Kevin Durand, who I think is a a fantastic uh, villain. He plays a great villain, and he was over the top in this. And but and uh, I I felt Famke Jansen was terrible, just terrible in this film. She was, and okay, Homegirl needs to lay off the Botox. And the collagen. <laughs> Thank because you. Because her face was just like this. Her lips and her face were just like this when waxy. She, can I just terribleness? Like, oh, this honey, is gonna sound fucked up. Out. This is gonna sound fucked up. But you're right. She does need to do that. Her face, like, it's like, it's like, like her skin has been pushed back so much, and like her facial expressions don't. It's weird. She looked to me, and I know this is going to sound fucked up, but she looked like one of those rubber sex dolls. <laughs> she does, no, she does, and I feel like it affected the way she spoke too, like her yeah. voice. Like it sounded constricted. It's almost like she had so much collagen in her lips, like it didn't. Like it, it affected the way she spoke. Yeah, because she was struggling to like speak. So, like, yeah, Mom, if you're listening to this, just put the needles down. Yeah, just grow old just gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just yeah, it's and her her marine, I, I, yeah, because she's like what, a marine doctor. It looked like it came from a costume shop. Mm. Yeah, like uh, I mean, I tossed this because yeah, you're right. I tossed this because it had all the elements to be one of those like awesomely bad movies. Yeah, like, the over yeah. the top, terrible, like really terrible movie that is so much fun, like a Sharknado or you know, yeah. giant shark versus you know. Or Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, like it had all those elements, and because it didn't go there, it, I was frustrated. So um, I'm tossing it because of that. It's like you had everything in the line, you had all the elements. You could have made this so awesome, and you didn't. Yeah, they really kind of they yeah screwed the pooch. They blew it on this one. So what do you think about Nick Cape just fighting style? Oh, <laughs> he was trying to do hand to hand. Oh God! It was it was the worst fighting I've seen, and like, and this comes from this comes from Nick Powell, who's like this guy's known for, you know, uh, winning awards for you know the Born Identity, and I'm just like, what the fuck happened here in this movie? Like, what happened? You could totally tell it was choreographed. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if like there was someone offset being like counting like to keep the rhythm, like and one and two and three. Uh, it was terrible. Yeah, so I, I'll give it a low taste. It I did. There was some stuff that I did enjoy, but overall, I think it just kind of uh, this one kind of sucked. I saw. Well, shit. I'll pass it off to one of you, uh, Jake. What do you got? Um, I watched the new HBO series, His Dark Materials. Yeah, I have seen this as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. yeah. You watched it too, June. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, this is um, it's a television fantasy series based on the novel series of the same name by Philip Pullman. Uh, the show is being produced and airing on BBC Studios, I believe, or BBC Network, I believe, a day before they aired on HBO. So, and yeah, this is um, I will be right up front with this. I have no experience with the original books. I never watched the Nicole Kidman movie, The Golden Compass. I've never seen that. Have you guys seen that? I've never seen that. Daniel Craig is in that one as well. Oh, I believe that is correct. Yeah, I've never seen I've The never Golden seen Compass. I've never seen either. Yeah. I'm just like you. I've never – I don't know anything about this world, so I've got, I went in cold. 
Yeah, and so um, this has, you know, a pretty big cast in it. Hold on, my freaking notes messed up. Oh, it's got Daphne Keene, uh, Ruth Wilson. Daphne Keene was uh, X-23 in uh, Logan. Oh, yeah, there you go. I knew she looked familiar. Um, James McAvoy has kind of almost, like, I think he's not going to be very prominent in future episodes very much, but he's very prominent in this opening episode, kind of a little bit of star power injected into it, I think is why they purposely cast a more known actor for this role of a character that's kind of going to disappear for a while, but obviously show back up later. And, um, yeah, I'm going to give this just a medium of the road taste it. This was a, a really interesting pilot episode to me. I found it to be a little bit slow and just so much information about a world I'm not familiar with yet. And I'm not quite sure how intriguing all of it came off to me. There were definitely things I really liked about it. Um, all the characters like have familiars, like animal partners that they call daemons. And they're, they're speaking animals that even change between different animal forms until they fin- finally finalize into an animal form when the child becomes a man, as you see in one of the ceremonies they show. And there's just so much terminology and knowledge like this in this pilot episode that it almost seemed a little bit too much. Like, it's very weird. I could see myself, I'll watch some more of this, and if I like it more and more, I feel like I can go back to this first episode and maybe enjoy it more than I did now. But as of now, not being in love with this universe, it it just wasn't extremely captivating to me. It was just so much new concepts and new terminology and things I had to remember, I found it a little bit overwhelming. It almost felt like it was written and made for people that were already fans of the property instead of people coming in and experiencing this thing for the first time. At least that was my take of it. Hmm. I've, sure. I've heard that they've kind of wanted to slow things down on purpose because of the way that the movie was received because you kind of just jump into this world and... Um, the movie just kind of like takes you, you know, I think they were planning for a trilogy of films originally. Uh, that of course didn't happen. I think that movie came out in 2007 and we haven't seen another one since and we won't, but I think that they kind of jumped into the story into that one and really didn't flesh out the world. So they didn't want to make that mistake here. So they kind of wanted to slow things down. We really haven't even seen like this character go on her journey to the North yet. So I feel yeah. like this was like them trying to kind of like slowly uh, spoon feed us this world and uh, kind of the rules and how things work. At the beginning of it, I, I felt like I, th- I felt like when I read it, 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 made, it said something like it's not our Earth or something like that. But like they keep talking about London and alternate reality. It's an alternate reality or something. Yeah, I was. I was and then they started talking about them going, you know, being in London or whatever, going to London and stuff. So I was a little confused there. But overall, I, I, I like this episode enough to want to stick with the series and see where it goes. Um, I think it, uh, for me, I was just like, I think what's really going to sell me like on this series possibly is like the coming up on the season of, you know, that when they, when HBO does that, you know, when they always do like, you know, coming this season 
on uh, his dark materials when they show us that promo at the end of this episode i'm going to be able to see some of the things that are going to be happening in future episodes and maybe that'll keep me invested and so i i did think that that looked a little bit more exciting than what we got here because there really wasn't it was slow and i think it was intentionally done that way um i didn't even get to see that too which may have helped amplify my feelings. Yeah. So the, the next on stuff. Yeah. 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 So, um, I'm, I'm going to give it a high taste it, which I think is generous. Uh, but I, as far as my high taste, it goes, it was because I do feel like there's enough here. Um, that makes me want to continue with this series. I had a, I had enough fun with it to, to to continue with it. So we'll see. What did you think, Joan? Okay, so when the episode ended, I was like, my immediate reaction was to toss it merely for the fact that um, Lin-Manuel Miranda was in the first episode, and I was really pissed about that because he's my favorite person. I love him so much, and I was so, and that's like why, really, like, I'm watching the show because I want to see him in it. Um, I mean, I know he's in the show, but he'll show up I think next episode, but at the very end, I was like, where the fuck was Miranda tossing this? But no, I, I give it a taste. It, um, it's beautiful. It's, I mean, the, the set pieces are very gorgeous. Um, but yeah, it's, it's odd not having no, no, the source material. And I think, and I think that is, it's something where they're going to, I think they're trying their best to make it accessible to people who don't know the source material. Um, I would imagine that someone who has read the books probably will definitely get more out of this just because they'll be able to pick up on different things and maybe understand some of like, you know, like that little compassing that she's given what it does and the relationship she has with that school and this world, the magisterium, which is clearly the analog of the Catholic church and how that all plays into it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I give it a, I give it a solid taste. I mean, I'll keep watching. So, um, but yeah, I do think it is something where I, part of me kind of wishes I knew the source material because I think I would like it better. But yeah, it's very interesting. It's just so much, and there's this dust that you don't really know much about that is like letting them see that there's like this hidden city. There's this strange race that's kidnapping children. I forget what they're called. It's like the gobbledies. The gobblers. The gobblers. Yeah. Yeah, And I think not knowing really the, I guess, societal like hierarchy in this world, right? Because you do have this group of gypsies that they call them Egyptians. Yeah. They're nomads. I was right there with Brian and being confused about the location. I think they made it difficult with the kind of intro words they had. Yeah. I was like, oh, so are they taking her to the real world Oxford to keep her safe from the alternate reality place where she's so important? Like there was just so much unclear. But yet at the same time, it still was a very like kind of slow plotting pace. It was like a Brian Michael Bendis retelling of Spider-Man's origin pace. If you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I just think that gonna, uh, I, I think that these are questions that they're going to answer throughout the show. It's just like, you know, I, it, it, we're just going to have to continue to watch in order to, you know, get deeper into this world and kind of have a better understanding of what's going on with the gobblers and what's going on with the dust. And it's, these are things that they're spoon feeding us to, uh, right now because they don't want us to know. 
You yeah, know? I, and I agree with that. I'm just not sure they're doing the best of job of making me really intrigued to know the answers to these questions. I think it's uh, one of the, I think it's a case of like they, they like they saw what happened with the movie and how people reacted to that and so they're like okay, we will slow it. I just don't know if there's a way to take the source material and then and to do it properly. This might just be something that's like you can't adapt. You have to change it. You have to – you can't fu- faithfully adapt this, you know. Yeah, that's it, very, very possible. You have to – Because the, the mythology and this world that it, this uh, like Pullman, the author, has created, it's it's so dense. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just so packed in this first episode. I guess one thing that's happened that is like an update is I guess both the Golden Compass movie and the original book series kind of take place as a period piece in a more like Victorian-esque time and era. And I guess this new BBC HBO show has kind of pushed everything forward into modern times and it's all taking place in a modern world. And I Mm. guess that's one of the biggest changes that they've done to the source material here that hasn't been done yet. Oh, interesting. Huh. I do love the character Ruth Wilson, who plays um, Mrs. Coulter. I love that actress. Um, she's fabulous, um, and she right now is the character that I'm like. I'm most intrigued by her. I agree with like, that. I think, she, I think she plays the um, like that the the bubbling sinister that's just hidden enough on top yeah. of this very pleasant, sweet facade that she's. You know, presenting to um, Daphne Keene's character, like I think she plays that so well. I agree. I thought the camera angles themselves did a really good job of adding to the intrigue and what that character's motivations were. Like when you get the the hug and you're getting the angle of what's going on in her face, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she was definitely. I I'm glad you brought that up, June. I thought she was the most intriguing character and mystery going on in this entire hour. I'm definitely going to – well, yeah, and they kind of – if you watch like the coming up this season on – yeah, they, they – Spoilers. They, yeah, they kind of <laughs> gave away some stuff with happened with uh, her character and what you can kind of expect there. I'm going to give this um, – I don't know. Is this uh, – we'll see. I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching the second episode and then we'll go from there. I, yeah, three I just, episodes. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give it the three episode treatment. Um, it's only eight. It's already been renewed for another eight episode second season. Wow. So if you, I mean, that's one positive that if you go ahead and commit to watching this, you know it's not just going to be a canceled thing. Hmm. I wonder if this stuff will be like. Do you think that they're going to make this stuff be uh, like? Are, are you going to be able to watch it on HBO Max? Is it all going to be on there? I think that will be the case because yeah. from everything we know, HBO Max is yet another supplement just like Go and Now as far as the uh, new original HBO content shows yeah, go, but it's so weird along like, with additional content. HBO Now is the same price as HBO Max, which is so weird. Yeah, that it, that is very weird. I guess it's almost like they're relying on stupid people being confused to make money. <laughs> I guess, yeah. My question about that, though, with the HBO Max stuff. Okay, so right now, you know, we have um, we get our cable. We have ATT Uverse because we get it through. It's part of our lease, and it includes HBO. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to have the HBO Go app because I just use, you know, I'm able to access all the stuff. You're, my because we, you're, because you're with AT and T, they've already worked out a deal with uh, Warner Brothers, and you're going to be able to get HBO Max for free. 
but oh. but with other providers, they haven't worked out a deal yet. So if you're with, I was about to say though, because if you have the HBO Go app, like right now, you just you're able to access every all HBO content sure. through your cable provider. So, but I mean, will that happen once HBO Max yes. launches? Or is that going to go away? No, no same 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 thing. thing. It's just, you're gonna okay. you're gonna have if you're with AT and T, you know, Directv, Uverse. If you're with with them. You're going to get HBO Max for free. They've worked that deal out. They haven't worked out a deal yet with any other provider. So like Comcast or Mediacom or Dish, or Dish they haven't worked out a deal yet. So that, those are things that they're going to be working on between now and May of 2020 when the service comes out. So hopefully they'll work that out uh, for everybody else. That way that everybody – you'll get free HBO Max if you're already subscribing to HBO through one of those providers. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we'll see how that how that shakes out. Um, so, yeah, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with this. It, it, like, it's n- it's nothing that uh, after it was over, it was like, oh my god, I gotta can't wait to watch the ne- <laughs> next episode. And if the, it and if it wasn't HBO, I if this was on Netflix, I don't know if I would I would have binged this one. To be quite honest with you, I, I I'm, yeah, I don't it's know. kind of an HBO I trust here, you know. Yeah, it's 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 because it's HBO that I'm going to come back the next week and watch this one. Um so What's interesting is that it's family it's clearly going to stay friendly friendly. Like I think it's with PG-13. Yeah, I think so. I, I I wasn't 100% about that. Hmm. I thought it I thought that they said that it was going to I thought I read something about how this was going to be a family friendly esque. I don't know. It's HBO, you. so it's hard not to imagine by episode six, it's nothing but boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I guess that's the advantage of it being a BBC One show first, is they won't have to resort to that. Yeah. I uh, let's see. I watched Rattlesnake on Netflix. Have you guys seen this movie advertised on Netflix? Or no, I have not. Uh, it's, uh, it's a movie, uh, after a mysterious woman saves her daughter from a deadly snake bite, a single mother must repay the debt by killing a stranger before sundown. It's directed by Zach Hilditch, stars Carmen Ayogo, Theo Rossi, and Emma Greenwell. Basically, people I have never seen or heard of are in this, oh, no, there's the one guy from, what was he in? Daredevil? Yeah, he's in this. Oh, Theo Rossi. Yeah, he was yeah, in Daredevil and in Daredevil. Uh, no, not Daredevil. Luke, uh, Luke Cage. Cage. Luke Cage. Yeah, he was in Luke Cage. And Sons of the Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. I so basically, you've got a woman here, and she's leaving. Uh, what uh, the movie kind of like? Uh, it kind of alludes to she's leaving an abusive relationship with a guy, and she's going to go live with her mother. So she's moving from uh, Phoenix to Oklahoma, I guess, to live with her mother, and she's taking her daughter with her. And on the journey, on the road, on the road, uh, she gets a flat tire. Um, she's trying to, uh, change the tire, put on a spare. And her daughter is off wandering in the desert and gets bit by a rattlesnake and is, uh, is, uh, dying. So all of a sudden she sees this, uh, uh, trailer out in the middle of the desert. It, it felt like, it wasn't there before, and then that now it's there. Takes it in. This woman miraculously heals her daughter and says, "You know, we'll talk about payment later." And then the woman kind of disappears. So the mother takes her daughter 
into town to get her checked out at a hospital. Snake bite is gone. It's a miraculous healing. And the debt that she has to pay, she finds out later, is that she has, it's a soul for a soul, and she has to kill someone before sundown in, uh, it's, uh, Tulua, Tulia, Tulia, Oklahoma. She has to kill somebody in Tulia, Oklahoma before the sun goes down. And, um, if she doesn't, then, uh, then her daughter's life, uh, uh, will end. It, uh, low tasted on this one. There's like, I don't know. It, it <laughs> Sounds was terrible. It was, yeah, I, this could have been like a, like a 30 minute short. You know what I mean? Like this could have been like, yeah. uh, you could have watched this on, uh, you know, some show or like an anthology series where they just like, this is a story that they bring up one week. So just some generic story called snake bite on some anthology series, you know, 30 minutes. You could have, you, you could have told this whole story in 30 minutes. And, uh, I just wasn't a big fan of like, I understand, I understand like, uh, it puts this woman into some crazy situations of like, should I kill this person? Should I kill this person? Like she, you know, like you're like following her as she's looking for somebody to kill. And of course, like you want to, you know, she starts off in a hospital and she's looking for people that are already on their deathbed, you know? And then later on, it's like, now she's looking for like a real dirt bag that she can kill. And that, I mean, the movie goes into those places, but it's like, Who's de- like, is it her decision to do this? And you're not really, it's even though like there's some fucked up people that you don't like what they're doing, it's not her place to take, um, to make those decisions on whose life should end. And so it's a, it's a hard movie to kind of get into when you're looking at it, uh, yeah, morally. <laughs> so it's, it just sounds so, it's such a insane roundabout way to get to what is eventually the final plot to me. Yeah. Like from what you described, it's like, do we really need all this stuff? Like, let's just get to the plot, to the meat of it all. And she's forced to do this favor for this person. Like all the preamble stuff sounds ridiculous to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why do we even need the, the whole snake stuff in the first place? If it's like a Simpsons episode, because by the time that you get to plot B, it really has nothing to do with plot a, uh, yeah, it's this is not uh, this is not good. I feel like I feel like Netflix though. This is what they're doing. They're just they're basically just making everything, anything and everything. New originals yeah. on Netflix, they're just making they're making like this could have shown up on a different service, but it, it's on Netflix. It, they have something for everyone. If you want to watch this corny fucking rattlesnake movie, it's there. You can watch it or you can watch the Umbrella Academy. It's crazy. You can watch Gerard Way's Umbrella Academy, which is an amazing. You can watch Stranger Things or like you can watch Big Mouth. I'll be honest with you. Big Mouth haven't finished season three. I don't, I think it started off strong and I don't, I don't think Big Mouth season three is as good as, um, previous seasons now getting later into later. I still got two episodes left. And, uh, trust me, season one, season two Tupperwares, I'm getting so far, I'm going to give season three a high tasted on Big Mouth. I'm not. Yeah. I've kind of heard that through the grapevine. I know I've not watched the show, but I knew, I do know the writers have apologized for some of the material they included in season three even. And I mean, I don't even know the situation, but it's always annoying when creators are 
apologizing about something they wrote. Like they obviously don't have at this point have the faith in what they wrote anymore, or even themselves are as proud of it as they are the previous seasons. Well, part of this, so like, that, that's kind of disheartening. The, you know, I don't know what they're apologizing for. People, people get their fucking panties in a bunch about anything these days. But. No, I believe I, I don't even think they were accused of, of wrongdoings. I think they accused themselves. Oh. Of, of not doing something the way they would have liked to have do it. And but I was like, wow, this is crazy. Even co- like coach Steve, dumb character, but like they, they, they're like, I can see what they're doing. They're like, they're making him progressively dumber each season to the point where it's like not funny right now. Like it's just not funny with that character. He's so dumb that it's not funny anymore. And yeah. I mean, part of the seems appeal of that show is like hyper realism. And if you kind of destroy that line and just make the character a big dumb dummy and you have no connection to the real life humor of what's going on anymore, he's just a purely a cartoon character at that point. Yeah. So I don't know. Netflix, Netflix, they get, they're doing everything. They got everything there. Everything's on Netflix. Everything, <laughs> everything in the world on Netflix. It's crazy. Every, they, have you guys seen on South Park when they make fun of that? Like where they just have like a big room of people like, They'll show like the Netflix office, and it's just like this big call center room. And like every time a representative comes, it's like, "Hi, thank you for calling Netflix. Um, all right, so we'll give you six million dollars to pilot your show or your movie." And it's just like they don't even listen; they just like give yeah. anyone who calls in. They just give money. They to give do them a show. show. Like, yeah, that was like that was very funny at the time. Like now, Netflix is canceling stuff, so it's a di- we're living in a different world too with Netflix. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, I mean, I, the nice thing about these movies though, is they don't, you know, they just get their movie and yeah, get out. Yeah. These, like these writers, it's a movie. It's a movie. You can watch a movie and they're done. You know, you know what I mean? It's not like we're not, gonna, I'm not going to get rattlesnake too. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's better I, I, in some ways for the writers and actors. They don't have to like sit on this fence and wonder whether or not they need to reschedule their careers next year because their show got canceled. You know, yeah. they, they know what they did and they sell it as a one and done. Yeah, I, who who are the people still thinking that fucking these uh, Marvel Netflix shows are going to show up somewhere else? Is that still? Oh, is that tons still of thing? people still think that? That's crazy. Yeah. Still, Mike Coulter's on a new show. You got uh, the the girl that I mean, uh, 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 the girl Cox that plays is in movies. Uh, Misty Knight. She's she's got a new show on one of the networks. Yep. It's like, guys, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting it. You're not getting it. Mike Coulter's not going to be playing Luke Cage again. Charlie Cox is not Daredevil anymore. I don't. Ca- I don't care. It's not oh, happening. I know. All the bad news sites are constantly reporting on Charlie Cox Daredevil oh, stuff. Still, yeah, and it's that, like get the fuck out of here. I see, we got like, this uh, covered. I, I think we got this covered. Said, yeah, uh, yeah. hold on, we, we got this covered. Said uh, Black Widow two is going to. Fe- so they're already calling. They're already calling Black Widow too. But they were saying Black Widow two is going to feature uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys? What is? No, that, guys, that was really a thing that they put out. Oh yeah, one hundred, one hundred percent. That was a real story that they put out. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's jump into something else here. June, what do you got for good pop, bad pop? So I have like okay, so I have like two tiny things and like two more substantial things i'll get the two small ones out of the way so the first two one small thing is um on i saw on hbo they have the uh, new trailer or teaser trailer for the new pope um which is the show that's starring uh, jude law and uh, john malkovich it's 
which is weird because it's essentially the second season to their limited series, The Young Pope, that came out in 2017, where Jude Law plays like, the youngest pope ever. And it was a really, really weird, weird show that I could not stop watching. Um, when I heard that they were doing the show called The New Pope, I thought it was just going to be like a more of an anthology, like a different thing. But it picks up apparently straight from the first season of The Young Pope. So I don't really understand what's going on there. I mean, it's going to continue. Sorry, my dog is all over the place. Ziggy, stop. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the uh, teaser trailer, though, it is Jude Law in a white snow walking down the beach. And it is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. So if you like Jude Law, like I do, you should check it out. So I'm just saying I'm really excited about this uh, new show with Jude Law or this continuing show with Jude Law. Oh, and also I, have, I have zero excitement. Because, I know. Yeah, say where did the, yeah. the original series air? Also HBO. Yeah, HBO. The original is called The Young Pope. It was like a six episode thing. Hmm. And I thought, I mean, it was, it was, it's called, it was called a limited series. But now they're coming out with this, uh, the new Pope, which comes out in January. But it's a continuation of the same story. Which, so yeah, I don't really understand what to, how this is. I mean, it's, it should just be called a series now, but. Yeah, they probably want more people to watch it. They don't want, probably don't want to alienate people and make them think they have to watch this other thing that no one watched, right? Yeah, but you're going to have to because it picks up the, basically the end of that limited series, The Young Pope, like with you lost character. That is the driving force. The end of that is what is driving, is the driving force of this new one with John Malkovich. Hmm. That's interesting. So, it is right. interesting, but I just was very excited with this uh, trailer with Jude Law walking on the beach. Um, yeah, we all we are, we all are, June. Move on. What, what, what else you got? <laughs> you, you just it, it made me super happy the other day. Anyway, so that um, but anyway, if you were a fan of the Young Pope and you watched it, um, the new Pope comes out in January. But the other small thing is, um, there's a Slate Media has a you know they have a bunch of podcasts. I started listening to the one called Slow Burn and. Uh, the first season started in 2017. Um, it covered the Watergate scandal and the impeachment of uh, uh, President Nixon. The second season talks about the impeachment of Bill Clinton and the, his affair with Monica Lewinsky. Um, oh, man, we went just, from Jake. We went from religion to politics here. You <laughs> just got all the things that we love to talk about on Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> no, I just say these are actually they're interesting. I mean, if you are a political junkie like I am, you. They're both very, very interesting to listen to just in terms of what's happening right now. Um, I will say I if you do love Bill Clinton and he's your president. Oh, my God. Like, can we, let's season. let's move on from politics. <laughs> it was, Jesus, Jude. I can see the big hook coming out to put you off the stage. Seriously, we don't talk politics on the show at all. I don't even care if it's politics from 20 years ago. We try not to jump into politics. I'm not talking like, generically. Anyway. Jake, I, when I brought this, the reason I bring this up though, because Jake, the third season of Slow Burn is about Tupac and Biggie. So I, that's why I want to bring this up though. And their presidential run. Oh, <laughs> no, it's about the deaths of Tupac and Biggie and the relationship that they had. So that the third season just started uh, Halloween. So there's, there's two episodes of their se- third season, but I wanted to bring that because I know that Jake and a bunch of listeners are, are actually really big music people. So that third season of Slow Burn. Um, I think you'll really like so. <laughs> that review was a slow burn <laughs> to get to something yeah. we can talk about. <laughs> so anyways, so 
So those are the two small things. The, the, I guess the main thing is, did you guys watch The Politician? To, oh, Definitely. Jesus fucking Christ. No, this is not. <laughs> what the fuck, June? <laughs> this is the Ryan Murphy. Come on. Please, 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 please. The title of the show is actually nothing to do with politics. Did you guys watch? Did you guys watch this? The new, um, cause this is Ryan Murphy's like first Netflix thing. Uh, I quit. No, I have not. I no. didn't even know this okay. was released already. I, I heard about it, but I didn't know it was released. Yeah, so, yeah, because, you know, like, last year you guys talked about on the show, Ryan Murphy has signed this, like, huge whatever. Hey, guys, uh, did you watch Fox News this week? I was like, Did you listen? Did you, you read the main Rachel Maddow book? No. So this is a Ryan Murphy <laughs> show. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is happening? I'm so scared of June's two long times. I know. She's like, she's like, I've got two small ones here, but those two small ones turned into two big things. <laughs> What show about Jude Law and a speedo? We, we, we just, there's two things that we try to like not talk about on pop culture leftovers. We want this to be an escape for people. We try not to talk about religion and politics. Those are the yeah, two things. I didn't talk about and, religion, religion. And I you, talked about Jude Law and a fucking speedo. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's just. It's just like back to back. It blew me away. I was just like, oh my god. Coming up, coming up next is uh, Jude's pop culture leftovers review of Unplanned. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to talk about Pat Robertson and the Seven Hundred Club episode I watched this week. Like. What the fuck? Oh my, let's talk about that new Tammy Faye Baker biopic coming out. Yeah. Uh, Did Unplanned earned its, uh, earn its 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, June? I, I have no idea. <laughs> June's like, I'm not answering this question. I'm thinking no the fifth. Nope. So anyways, <laughs> as I was getting into this show that it's called The Politics Nothing to Do With Politics, it's the Ryan Murphy show. Because you guys talked about on the show last year, Ryan Murphy signed this, like, what, $300 million deal with Netflix where, like, all of his new stuff now is coming out on Netflix. So this was the first – this is the first of his shows. Um, it's gotten mixed reviews. It, it is I, – and I, I know that you guys watch American Horror Story. I don't know what other Ryan Murphy stuff you guys have watched. I mean I don't know – if you guys like his stuff that much, I'm I'm mixed on it. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched. I, it. I wasn't really a, the biggest Nip Tuck fan. American Horror Stories hit and miss. I've never uh, watched the OJ thing was pretty decent. I the love the OJ thing, thing. Was kind of a hit and miss. Um, I never watched Pose, but yeah, I I mean American Horror Story. I mostly most seasons I don't like, but there are. <laughs> there are seasons that I do enjoy. I love Murder House, of course, and I'm really loving this new season. So, okay. So, anyway, so this show stars uh, Ben Platt, who people may know from um, Dear Evan Hansen. He won a Tony for it. He's also in the Pitch Perfect movies. If anyone's ever seen them, he plays the the friend of the main guy who likes magic and whatever. And yes, Ben Platt does sing. He sings three times in the show. Apparently that was a big question for he's got like a kind of specific fan group that him and that's the big thing. Like, does he actually sing? Yes, he does. But this is not a musical show like Glee. But it is basically tells a story of a overachieving, overcalculating high school senior named Peyton Hobart, who's played by, played by Ben Platt. He's the adopted son of 
Gwen Paltrow and Bob Balaban, who are a very wealthy couple in Santa Barbara. And he has been wanting, he dreamt, he's dreamed of being president of the United States since he was seven years old. He's done the math to be at every step of his journey to the White House. And the first step of that is winning his high school presidency and getting into Harvard. So, but his clear path to senior office is um, blocked by two factors. One is his fellow candidate, River, this ultra popular, very good looking, uh, classmate of his who has an ambitious girlfriend played by Lucy Boynton, who is also Peyton's arch nemesis. And then you also have this sort of side plot involving Zoe um, Deutsch and Jessica Lange. That's really weird. Um, the show, it's, it's frustrating to watch because it is a beautiful show. I mean, the show is gorgeous. And the, it's hard to explain because there are times where you're like the characters are like simmering, like on the point of being almost cartoonish. Um, but they managed to sort of just keep it right there. They never crossed that line except for Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang, I know she's acting royalty and she's a rock man, Ryan Murphy favorite, but she is like in a different show and her performance is so over the top, so cartoonish that it does every time she's on the screen, it, she takes you out. It just, she disrupts everything. And, what Ryan Murphy has done with his debut show on Netflix is it's eight episodes long, but when you get done with it, when you get to the final episode, what you realize what's actually happening is he is giving you seven episodes of one season. And then the what's supposed to be the finale of the first season is actually the first episode of the second season. Um, if you watch any of the promos and any of the trailers for the show, you're going to watch the first seven episodes and go, Where's Bette Midler? Where's Judith Faye? They were in all the trailers and promos because they do not show up until the eighth episode because they're actually going to be prominent in the second season. So that was a little off-putting. And I and I, what I've read from critics was like that was just very jarring. What's and, jarring right now is like, Jake, is she cutting in and out for you? <laughs> no, I didn't hear it. She sounded fine to me. Wow, it's crazy because, like, on my, I might be my internet. I might need the reboot here. Um, oh no! Yeah, she's okay. totally cutting in now. Um, let's take a quick break. I'm going to get this fixed, and we'll be right yeah. back. Okay. Sorry for the technical difficulties. That's what you get on this show. And Jake, I'm kind of scared to ask June what she has next for us. She's probably going to jump into the Manchurian Candidate, followed by the <laughs> the Joel Olstein podcast. <laughs> no, I was going to enter on a positive note. I was going to talk about Ryan Murphy's other show, Pose. I know I talked about the first season on the show last year. But the second season wrapped up in August, and I will say this show will continue to be a Tupperware. Um, 
I, mean, I, I will admit, the show, it is not always the best written or the, you know, it's not necessarily, like, well acted sometimes, but I will forgive it just because of what this, I mean, this show will be a Tupperware, will always be a Tupperware as long as it continues to do what it's doing. And it is showing this world, this ballroom culture world of queer culture and shedding a light. And it's just basically opening eyes as to like what this world is about. And it, it, it is such a positive show. And, um, the actor, Billy Porter, who's in the show, he won an Emmy for best actor. He's the first, uh, he's, he's the first openly gay man to win this award. And his acceptance speech was just absolutely phenomenal. I don't Can I play a little bit of it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay, go for it. There we go. So this is, um, let me turn the volume up. Um, so here we go. Got it. Bless you all. The category is love, y'all. I saw that speech I I just I cried mm-hmm. I mean I just yeah. I, it was it's so inspiring and and yes people I think Ryan Murphy gets a lot of flack for his stuff but and and then we've, we've all said that you know his stuff can be hit or miss Pose is such a big hit and I do encourage everyone to watch the show the first season is on Netflix right now um, but it just it, it really is like it, it to me it's my favorite show um, it was my favorite show last year. It's my favorite show this year. Um, it just, it's showing you things that are not seen on television often. Um, it's committed to you know showing its queer and trans characters as people with fully divine desires and sexualities. It validates them. And um, you know, there's a great episode in the season that is a girl trip um, to the Hamptons. That it specifically centers you know trans women of color, and it celebrates these women and also shows. You know, some of their insecurities, like one of the, their insecurities are valid. Like one of the main things is, do they pass? And they have this discussion of like, well, you know, if one girl passes, whereas another one doesn't. And I mean, you, you don't see this stuff on, you know, cable and network television. So it just, it's this rare display of queer joy and community. And it celebrates this community at the same time, you know, very seriously showing, you know, its roots. Um, the second season, the first season was like late eighties. I think the first season took place between like 87 and 88. And the second season you've jumped to, um, like 90, 91. And, you know, the age crisis does take a very center point in this season. Um, so again, like the first season I Tupperware, I Tupperware this one, they biggest complaint with the second season. Um, Caddy Lapone was like a guest star, and I love Patty Lapone. She is Broadway royalty, but her character, and I don't know because this is a Ryan Murphy show. I don't know why he takes these like legendary actresses, like he did it with Jessica Lang in The Politician, and he does it with Patty Lapone here. These characters are like in a different show, like they they're cartoonish, like they're villainous, 
but the villainy is played in this outwardly like cartoonish over the top manner that just doesn't mesh well with the rest of the show. I wonder if he and, has like some kind of like love for soap operas and stuff, you know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. o- over the top where you know what I mean? Maybe 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 he's got like this uh maybe he grew up watching soaps or something with the babysitter or something, who knows. He does, but yeah. then but what's weird though is like when it's one character that's doing the soapiness. Yeah. And it's almost always like the big It stands out, yeah. Yeah, the big legendary star that's yeah, so when you have the big legendary star that's the guest, you know, the, of the season. And so it just I mean, yeah, with Jessica Lang and the politician and then with Patty Lapone and this one, it just doesn't work. Um but in postseason two, the other recurring guest star was Sandra Bernard, and she is absolutely fabulous. Oh, I haven't season. seen her in anything in forever. She no shit, dude. Was, Last time I saw her in anything was fucking like Roseanne. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Fucking amazing in season two. Really? Like she is the standout guest star of this show in season two. So, um, but yes, I highly, highly recommend go see Pose. Um, watch the first well, season on it's, Netflix. It's all going to yeah. Hulu eventually. Everything. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because FX. FX. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, you know, Fox owns, uh, uh, Disney owns Fox, which, and, yeah, and yeah. now Disney owns Hulu, and uh, that's the big news this week is that FX shows are gonna, this came out from Collider, FX shows to stream exclusively on FX on Hulu. So, um, I don't know if they'll still have deals worked out with, uh, Netflix. But, uh, as far as like, you're gonna, they're gonna have like a whole new thing called FX on Hulu. And then they're gonna have 40 FX original series going and uh, from FX and FXX going straight to Hulu immediately after they premiere. So you're gonna be able to see, you know, um, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, Pose, uh, you know, all the Ryan Murphy stuff, Legion, that stuff. Uh, and then there's going to be four, I think like four new series that haven't even come out on FX are going to be going straight to Hulu. And one of them is the devs series from Alex Garland. Um, and then, uh, Kate Blanchett series, Mrs. America, um, a teacher starring Kate Mara. And then the old man is, uh, which stars Jeff Bridges, John Lithgow, that's going to go straight there. So everything FX is going to go straight to Hulu uh, in uh, in the future. I, I don't know what date they have that set at, but uh, fairly soon. Uh, oh, March of okay. 2020. Excuse me. March okay. of 2020. Yeah. Well, for right now, Pose Season 1 is on Netflix. So, But yes, I, I, I this is one that I tell everyone to watch. Like, everyone, go watch it. It's wonderful. It's fabulous. It'll make you laugh and cry. And just and, and it gives you the feel good. Like it's like it's a very feel good like show. So Awesome. Awesome. I know there hey, there's a movie you saw that I want to talk about that I saw. Can we jump into that one? Yes. Yeah, sure. June, jump into it. Parasite. Okay. Thank Parasite. you. Parasite. Parasite. <laughs> it is the best movie I've seen all year. Tupperware. Uh, well, come on. The uh, hype is real. Yes. Okay. Can we get into like director, actors, all that stuff? Synopsis. Come on. Okay. Hang on. Let me grab my notes. <laughs> <Give me a second. laughs> 
<laughs> you, you, you're, you're raring to go talking about everything religious and political, yeah. but the one thing that I actually want to hear about, you got nothing ready. Ah, uh, okay. So, Parasite, it's a Korean film. Uh, it's a dark comedy thriller film directed by Bong Joon-ho, who uh, wrote and co-wrote this. Um, he wrote the film story, co-wrote the screenplay. Um, and this guy is uh, incredible. If you've uh, if you watched Chris Evans and Snowpiercer, that's his movie. If you watch the Netflix original Okja, he did that movie. Um, and there's another one that everyone loves, Host. Host, yeah. Uh, so and here we here we got Parasite. What did you think about? Oh yeah, you said it's the best movie you've seen all fucking year. So yeah, let's jump into this one. Yeah. So. It um, follows the story of a young man from a poor family who begins to tutor a rich family's daughter, and uh, his family kind of slowly starts to infiltrate their personal lives. This, from whatever, like the, if you read the like, reviews and everything, people are calling it sort of genre blending, which actually is a great way to describe it because it is a dark comedy, but it's also a family drama. But there's also sort of like a heist film aspect to it, and there's even an element of horror. And it, I mean, it's just, it's the basic, I guess, theme of it is about social inequality. You have this lower class family who essentially con their way into being hired help for this very rich family. And, and you sort of see in their the whole parasite, they're leeching off this rich family. And this rich family kind of becomes dependent on this poor family. And, um, and it's, this, this is a difficult one to talk about without spoiling anything because this is one you, you do need to go in cold. Like you don't need to know exactly what happens. Don't you agree, Brian? Like this. Yeah. I don't want to open this one up too much because it'll spoil it. And everybody needs to be able to watch this. uh, So basically, but essentially, yeah, it's just this, these two um, families, one is very poor, one's very wealthy and the relationship between the two. So um, Brian, what did you think about it? Oh, this is one of the best movies that I've seen all year. This is absolutely an amazing fucking film. It is, uh, I, I, oh God, I, it's, this deserves all the awards. This is fantastic. You, you've got to see, watch this one. Watch, yeah, you got to read subtitles. Get over it. Get, oh, get the fuck over it. You got to read subtitles. Yeah, I, I don't speak, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I can't speak Korean. I can't, I don't know. But you gotta watch this one. It is absolutely amazing. What, what a, what a fantastic film. What an amazing filmmaker. This, uh, this is just, uh, this movie is on a whole nother level. It's hard to talk about because you don't want to get into spoilers. But, um, yeah, you've, you've got this family who, basically is really suffering um they they, you know uh even to make ends meet they're 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 hustling they're always hustling they're trying to find new ways to to make money and um they one uh, one member of the family has a friend who has been tutoring a young girl for a wealthy family and now he can't do that job anymore he's he's moving and so he basically tells a friend that he trusts, you know, about this job opportunity and um, says that the mother's pretty gullible and, and, you know, with him recommending him, he should get the job. It should be pretty easy. 
and he starts to work there and starts to make great money. And then it becomes this thing of like everybody that works for this family, the them trying to get them fired so other fa- other members of their family can work for them so you know that now they have a the, the, this wealthy family has a son so let's try to get like you know uh, he, this guy tries to get his sister to be the art teacher and then try to let's try to get the father to be like you know the personal driver for the father of this wealthy family and then they also have kind of like a uh, home kit you know like a, a nanny or a maid a live-in maid and so let's try to get your mother in there to be it and it all it, it, it's all a scam but the more lies that pile up the crazier this story gets and yeah that's all i'm oh, gonna yeah. say it's just yeah that's, it, it does but like it's so like how smart they are like in this con job though like you know we have this very very wealthy family and like they very quickly like pick up on exactly what is important to this family like and and it's a lot of it is very shallow, especially with the wife like a lot of what she deems to be important in terms of, like an art tutor for her kids and stuff they exploit it you know like mm-hmm. and, and they they take these things that this like these very shallow things that this woman cares about they they that's that's they use that to like kind of con like the other family members into like being the hired help and i mean this what's this movie never there's never any lag i mean this movie just <laughs> as opposed to this call watching as opposed to this call <laughs> with june where there's tons of lag <laughs> <laughs> no. yes there is it's been terrible I'm not gonna lie. Really? Your internet is shit. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I have to say something. Don't take it personal. Don't take you it personally. It's not you. It's just your internet is fucking garbage. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> it got even worse after you did whatever you did, Brian. I'm sorry. It's not me. It's a, it's her. No, I know it's not you. It's just I. I was like, oh, the irony. Now it's really yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. When you take our next break, I'll reboot. It's well. Hold on. Let's let's do this. Let's take a let's take watch Parasite. Everybody, if it's showing near you, I watch have some more Parasite. more stuff on Parasite. So well, we'll come back and and do that, and hopefully you won't sound. Hopefully a parasite won't be infecting your internet when we come back because you sound like shit. Okay. Just, Damn it. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Hang on. All right. I'm going to sign off and then I'm just going to. Hold on. Oh, just hold on. Hold on. All we're right. going to talk here. Hold on. All right. Hey, we are back. June, you sound you sound good so far. Okay, good. Oh, my God. You sound like a new Happy guest. You sound, yeah, before you, you were Choppy McGee. June 2.0. It's not like we don't have a choice in our internet provider because it's including our lease, so we're stuck with it. Well, we don't need to get into that. We don't need to. Anyways. (laughs) Okay. June bringing all the hot button topics. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. (laughs) (laughs) Like a personal June takes everything. (laughs) I'm so pissed. I can't believe it's so bad. No, June, we love you. June, we love you here at PCL. We love you. You're a fan fucking favorite, but your internet is fucking garbage. Uh, I was so frustrated I took a shot of whiskey, so shit's about to get real. 
little bit. So, all right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Charged up. Yeah, 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 you are. All right. Uh, You had some more thoughts on Parasite. Yeah, no, I did. So I found this really good article on NPR talking about, like, the architecture in the movie. The one thing, Brian, I think you may have noticed, like, the movie is, like, it. the whole thing about social inequality, like, that's that can apply anywhere, right? You mm-hmm. know, like, that's a theme everywhere. So it's weird because this movie is, like, simultaneously, like, not necessarily specifically Korean, but, but there is – but it is specifically Korean, too um, – one of the things about the architecture, though, so the Kim family, the poor family, they live in this, like, it's a sub-basement. And when doing my research, though, um, so basically the there's no middle class in this movie. Like, you have the ultra-wealthy and the very poor. The middle class, you know, usually they mostly live in apartment buildings, um, like in the 70s and 80s. Um, the semi-basement, though, um, is particular to Seoul. It dates from the days of the of the nuclear standoff between the United States and the Soviet Union because people were very paranoid after the Korean War. So they started building these, like, bunkers in all built like, in all these apartment buildings just because they were just scared of this, you know, during the Cold War, of the possible threat of, you know, getting hit. Some nuclear warhead, um, renting them as residences was pretty illegal because, as you saw in the movie, it's, it's a terrible place to live. You have it's just not sanitary of bugs and pests and everything. Um, but the interesting thing is, so Korea at one point was one of the world's poorest economies and in a very, very short amount of time went to being the 11th largest. So the government um, basically legalized these semi-underground apartments to accommodate poor workers. Um, so what the, sh- what the movie is doing, too, it's showing that how, like, Korea... Oh, wow, we lost her. Jake, are you still there? June just disappeared completely. Yeah, she did. She's gone. And she, she, mm-hmm. we, we lost her in one of those bunkers. <laughs> <laughs> they cut her out, man. She was about to say too much. <laughs> she almost brought up Fox News again, so we just fucking... Yeah, we got her. <laughs> Oh, she's back. (laughs) What? What happened? (laughs) Is it cutting out again? (laughs) The worst time yet. Jesus Christ, what the hell? I mean, congratulations, though. You didn't miss a beat. <laughs> you, no, you did not. No, you did not. <laughs> you, you just picked right back up. You were just yammering. It was crazy. So what is happening now? Is it like cutting just, out? <laughs> you cut out for like 15 seconds and then just Are came back like it? nothing happened. <laughs> I don't know that it's happening on my end. Well, yeah, yeah, I realize, I realize. Oh, okay. it's so this good. Is, this episode's terrible. Oh, I got you. Oh, no. Now the guest this agrees. Bottom five. Bottom five episode. Man, we look for the guest to fucking defend this shit. And like, I'll prop us up. So now we're fucked. It's terrible. I'm getting. <laughs> oh, June. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> all right. I guess, yeah. 
All right. So check out Parasite, everybody. Yeah, check out that movie. Yeah. Riveting review, guys. Jesus. That was awesome, Jake. Me and you were having this little side conversation about... And it was crazy. I thought I didn't think June was going to come back like that, and then yeah. it was like she never even knew. Oh yeah, yeah. I wish there was like an alert or some way for it to be like you. No one can hear you, and then I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> probably fix that." <laughs> probably fix that. Yeah, me and Brian were having another conversation. Yeah, totally. We we we, we had moved on. <laughs> I was in DC oh. news. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, I play, right June, I played the bumper in everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're grabbing a. There you go. I don't want a drink. I'm just doing another beer. There you go. There you go. There we go. Uh, we're just yeah. gonna, I'm just gonna get plastered. There you go. Just, just get fucked up. Just get fucked I up. Mean, you know what? I said, this is already a bottom five. That's the bottom five episode. So shit. Woo-hoo, cheers. There you go. Do it. I uh, I watched Reborn on Shutter. Reborn is a uh, Japanese action film directed by Yuji Shimamura, and it stars Tak Sakaguchi. And uh, it's about Toshiro runs a convenience store in a small town. He lives with his young niece Sashi. In his past, Toshiro was known as Ghost and was a lethal member for a special covert force. Uh, his peaceful life is soon upturned by members of his former special ops team. Sashi is kidnapped by the group and Toshiro is determined to get her back. Uh, this is like, dude, this movie, it's, it came out, I think in like, it was made in 2016. I think it premiered, I, I might get my facts wrong here, but it premiered, uh, in Japan in 2018 and now shutter has the exclusive rights to show this movie it's an action film it's very kind of like like you think like oh the way it sounds it's very john wick and uh in a way it is but it's not gung fu it's like you've got toshiro who's not shooting guns in this movie it's basically he's using like uh, his kung, it's like a kung fu style that he uses. The fighting in this is insane. The way that he fights is just insane. Um, I've never seen anything like it. Like, and I've watched all the raid movies. You know, I love, uh, fucking Tony Jaw. I love watching Ong Bak and stuff like that. Um, if you love martial arts, like this movie is not fantastic when it comes to the story, but if you want to see some incredible fucking kills and some amazing action, you have got to watch Reborn. It's re, it's it's spelled re colon born, so it's 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 a weird spelling, but um, the way that this guy kind of like evades gunfire is 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 a fun thing to watch. There's this silly scene where uh these soldiers are using guns and trying to shoot him in the forest and uh they can't shoot him. So there's there's this one guy who's like uh leading this mission and he's saying, "Guys, stop using the guns. Use your knives." And I'm just thinking to myself, this is a silly way to get characters to use knives in this movie and stop using guns just so we can have some fights. But it was, um, it's, it's, I can't describe this guy's fighting style. You have to see it for yourself. You just 
have to see this movie for yourself in order to understand how this guy fights. He does like this kind of like weird, um, uh, he, the way he moves his shoulders up and down, the way he moves. And I, the best way I can kind of describe it is like, he does like this Kung Fu snake style where like when you think of snake style and Kung Fu, most of snake style and Kung Fu is like, uh, uh, getting out of snakes are slithering and slippery so like they can get out of things. And like, that's <clears throat> basically what you think of. Like when you think of snake style is like somebody like uh, grabbing you and you slithering your way out of that hold and then, uh, you know, taking out your opponent. Um, there's a lot of strikes though, and uh, very quick strikes that he uses to take out his opponents. And, with Kung Fu, when in snake style, there's only a couple of moves that are actual strikes. And this, <laughs> I'm getting really too into this, but um, you have to watch this movie in order to kind of like understand the fighting style. There's, I've never seen anything like it. To be quite honest with you, it's. And you it's, said this was on the horror streaming network. Yeah, it's on Shutter. It it's definitely not a horror movie, which. Uh, it's a, it's a new release that they have. They've got a couple of, um, they've got another Japanese horror film on there. I, I'm not even considering this Japanese horror. This is just very brutal action. Mm. Um, they've got something called the audition on there right now, which I'm going to be watching that shortly. But, um, yeah, it's on shutter, which is the horror, the horror, yeah. very wild, the horror streaming service. But, um, I'm glad that they, <laughs> I'm glad they picked it up because it, it's very cool. There is an element of like when they call it reborn that does come into play. And there is kind of like, I guess there is a supernatural element to it. If you, if you want to think about it, w- once you've seen the entire film, it is very kind of like, it feels like you're like watching a video game being played out though. Uh, mm-hmm. as, because the story's not great, but like he goes through like different boss levels, like you know, as far as the enemies are concerned, and um, and then finally, you know, going up against the big bad boss at the end, like that you would play in a video game. Um, there's a really cool scene where he's talking to a doctor. Uh, I guess it's kind of like a you know she's kind of like helping him like a, a therapist, and uh, she's like you know like. What if I, you know, she's pretending that she's holding a gun to him. Like, how would you stop me now? And she's holding her hand out like it's a gun. And uh, it's a really cool scene. You got to see how that scene plays out. But I uh, I, I enjoyed this. I'm going to give it a high taste it. Um, the story is an absolute toss it. But like on the flip <laughs> side, if you're a fan of like the Raid movies, if you're a fan of... Um, uh, you know, John Wick, if you're a fan of Ong Bak, like Tony Jaa, stuff like that. If, if you love martial arts, this is, I think this is something that you need to watch. This is, I think it's, uh, I want to see this guy do more stuff. This Tak Sagaguchi guy is a, f- he's fucking a phenomenal martial artist. And I was thinking to myself, like, he looks like he's in his, like, early 30s. The guy's fucking like 44, 45 years old. I couldn't oh, wow. believe it. Yeah. He, and, and, and the way he moves, it, 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 he just, 
um, just, just incredible, just an incredible martial artist. Um, it's called reborn. It's on shutter. I, I would recommend, uh, watching this. It's not as far as story is concerned, it's not fantastic, but, uh, the action is, uh, you can't beat it. I think it's, I think it's really, really fucking good. So it sounds right up your alley. I'm glad you, I'm glad you found it. That's yeah. Shutter. I, since I, since shutter left the verve service, I subscribe to Shutter now and they send me emails about like what new, uh, movies they have on the service every week. And this was one of those that they showed me and I was surprised that it was a, it was an action martial arts film, which that's right up my alley. So I was like, I'm going to watch this and, uh, really had a good time with it <laughs> to be quite honest with you just kind of blown away by like this guy's fighting style something i had never seen before there's uh there's an amazing scene where he is uh taking out some enemies in public kind of like in a public kind of like fountain park area you know and and it's cool it's really Really fucking cool. Let's talk about some trailers that I had you guys watch this week. Uh, the first trailer that I want to talk about is the Servant trailer. And they, this is the, uh, Apple Plus series, Apple TV Plus original series from executive producer M. Night Shyamalan. They finally re- released the official trailer. We had seen the teaser poster. We had seen the teaser trailer, which was nothing. And uh, we knew that this, this show, Servant, was going to premiere on November 28th on Apple TV+. Plus. We finally got to see this trailer. I want to talk about it. It's a half-hour psychological thriller. It follows a Philadelphia couple in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens the door for a mysterious force to enter their home. The tragedy is that their baby of 13 weeks, their son Jericho died of a, of health complications. We don't know what those health complications are. They kind of like allude to the fact that we don't know the full story of the health complications and, and Jericho's death in the trailer. What we see in the trailer is that they've hired a nanny to watch after their baby. So we find out that the baby that this nanny is looking after isn't a real baby, but a human like doll. And the husband gets the doll because he thinks it's going to help the mom who is treating the doll as a real child. The mother has gone through a traumatic experience here and won't accept the fact that the baby is dead. So he gets this human like doll. And this is, this is totally unhealthy way to handle all of this. Yeah, and you can kind of see that in the trailer. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not helping or any. I I hear that he won an eBay bidding war on the baby doll from American Sniper that Bradley Cooper used in that movie. If you've seen what? No, is that true? That's a joke. Like, oh. have you seen American Sniper? Oh. There's a scene in American Sniper where Bradley Cooper is holding what's supposed to be a real baby, and you can clearly see that it's a fucking doll. It's a fake, yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember the memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we've got this nanny in the show. The nanny herself is an odd <laughs> kind of character who. I feel like there's something dark within her 
and there's there's some kind of twist within her. I was thinking to myself, like before I knew that the baby was a boy named Jericho, I was thinking, like, is this the is this their child all grown up now? And and like uh some kind of like uh supernatural ghost. I but it's it, their their child was a boy. So I don't know what's going on with this girl in this trailer. Um this is brought to us by and like I said M Night Shyamalan, he directs the series. Uh this the cast is Lauren Ambrose from uh, 6 Feet Under. We've got Toby Kebbell from Kong Skull Island. He was also in um oh he played uh the the villain ape in uh the Matt Reeves movies. Um, and then uh we've got uh Nell Tiger Free from Game of Thrones, Rupert Grit uh from the Harry Potter movies mm-hmm. is also in this season. And uh, I wanna know what you guys thought about this one. And I understand that it's M. Night Shyamalan, and I understand that this guy doesn't always fucking give us what we want in a movie and he's let us down many a time over the years but i'm going to i'll st- i'll throw it out there i'll be honest with you this trailer had enough and i don't know how it's going to end but the trailer had enough for me to to to, to i was like I've got to watch the first episode of this like i don't know how this is going to play out and how it's going to end but on the flip side i'm like there is so much going on here that this is something that I have to see. This was a well-made trailer. This did its job to get me interested in watching this series. Now, whether this is going to be satisfying, I don't know. But man alive, did this, did this not present enough weird fucking shit to get me yeah. To 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 want to tune in on November twenty eighth, I, I gotta give this a Tupperware as far as this the trailer's concerned, because I am November twenty eighth. I'm locked in. I'm watching fucking Servant now. Will I watch episode two? Who the fuck knows? But my God, this fucking trailer had everything that I. That not, not everything that I wanted and everything that I didn't think that I wanted to see in a trailer for this because before I saw this trailer and I saw the teaser poster and the teaser trailer, I was just like, this is just more M. Night Shyamalan bullshit. So I want to get your thoughts on this. I'll start off with you, June. What did you think about this trailer? I'll start off with you, Jake. What did you think about this trailer? <laughs> well, <Sorry. laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know me. I I like to be really stingy with my trailer ratings, but I'm honestly going to echo most of what you said, Brian. I thought this was masterful trailer craft. Yeah. Um, it was a Tupperware of a trailer for me. It w- it's easily based on promotion and the trailer, the most must-see thing advertised for Apple TV Plus yet for me. Um, When I watched this, I instantly copied it and pasted it and sent it to Michelle so she could see it too. Wow, wow. I just thought it was super exciting. Um, And I also echo what you said. That's the trailer. We're Tupperware in the trailer. Exactly. It's it's, it's midnight. Um, 
it, this could be the biggest pile of fucking dung you've ever fucking seen for all I know. Yes. But they definitely hide that with perfection here if that's the case because this just looked fantastic based on this yeah. two-minute, 15-second spot. That's how I rate a trailer. That's how I've always rated trailers. And, and, and I know oh, that's, I know. I just always reiterate it because I know. No, that, you know. I know that's how you rate trailers a lot of the time as well. I can't speak for every time, but I, I can't. I can't rate a trailer based on past experiences that I've had with the director. I have to rate a trailer based on the fact of the way that this was presented to me. Like, I'm not a big fan of of a lot of the most recent stuff that M. Night Shyamalan has given us. But on the flip side, like, yeah, um, this was an amazingly cut trailer. It's this this show is batshit bonkers as far as this trailer's concerned, and they've got me for thirty minutes come November twenty eighth. Now whether I'm going to stick with the series or not, that remains to be seen. Yeah, I was really excited. I got excited. The trailer was so good that when they finally flashed the date of when the series was going to air, I cheered because it was less than a month. Yeah, yeah. June, what did you think about this one? Hopefully, Uh-oh. June is with us. <laughs> I'm here. No, there I'm here. you go. Uh, it, uh, am I sounding okay? Or mm-hmm. is this like, yeah, you're okay. loud. You're good. Rock it. All right. So I will give this a very high taste. It, it is, it, it, you're, it is hard to be like, you, the minute you see Amnite Shyamalan on a trailer, it, it's so hard to not be like, ah, oh, well, I'm not excited about Bad this age. anymore, but it, it, it's so hard. And it, it, and I did try to like distance myself from that. The one thing I will say, though, is like I really what I liked in the trailer, though, was the reveal that this is it's not going to be just something supernatural. Like the fact that when the husband says, does she know what we did? Talking about the wife and basically like he and his best friend clearly had something to do with the son, with the kid's death. And they're wondering if the wife is going to remember. And I, I think that kind of grounds the show but Does I, that makes sense i i do but i also think that there could be a supernatural element be- behind the nanny there's something about that Sorry. nanny where i feel like she there's something dark within her there's something going on with her i i i feel like i i see what I you're agree. saying but i th- there's something going on with that nanny that i think that's like the, the m night Shyamalan twist here and i think it could that be that is gonna be the twist but I think I think I like that she's not like like gonna be the main twist. Well, I I don't like we keep hearing in that trailer like, do you know what you let into your home? That's true. Do you true. know what you let into your home? That's true. But I do like that it is a little grounded though with the fact that the husband and the best friend clearly did something too. Yeah. No. No. I get that. I. Th- I, I I totally get that, um, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to remember to post these uh, trailers, uh, these links to these trailers in the show notes if you do want to check these out. Otherwise, just search uh, "servant trailer" and uh, you should be able to find this on YouTube uh, pretty easily. But um, I we didn't get a lot of Rupert Grint in this. That's another reason to watch this. I, I really enjoy that actor. I like seeing him in things. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yes. Yes. Cause I, I like seeing the, I love seeing the Harry Potter kids like do 
they're not kids anymore, obviously, but I like that whenever I see them in something new, it makes me excited just because it's, sure. it's like, yes, there is life after Harry Potter. Right. Yeah. Totally and, agree. And they're good at actors and they're getting work and they're getting good work. So yeah. this is even the name of the show though, real quick, the servant. So it's like pointing yeah. you towards there's something going on with that name. Absolutely. It's basically, yeah. And like the servant is the, the, the nanny that they've hired. So like, there's definitely some kind of mystery behind her, um, I, this also is not a limited series. They're not planning this to be a limited series, like a one season and done. According to M. Night Shyamalan, this is his quote, in my head, it's 60 episodes. This will be six seasons over six years. Now, hold on. That has me, that has me worried as shit. That's like, ambitious. Because, like, now... Yeah, you're not finding out about that nanny till episode 50. Fuck that. Yeah. Like, like, here's the thing. Like, I was... I, I'm all in on watching this. I'm all in on watching this. I Tupperware the trailer. The, the trailer did its job. I, I'm there November 28th. I'm watching this. But on the flip side, like, 60 episodes? Slow your fucking roll, Shyamalan. I don't know yeah, about wow. that. That's Wow. Six seasons over six years is his quote. Yeah. I mean, have they signed that? Like, is that something that... Oh, God, no. They have not greenlit this for six okay. seasons. We don't even know if Apple TV Plus is going to be a thing in six years, June. Right? Oh, I know, because I haven't really been impressed with it so far, but... What have you watched on there? Talk to me. Okay. I watched Morning Show, and it was... Did you watch uh, For All Mankind? Have you watched that one? No, I actually have not. That's I, what you yeah, need heard, to watch. You said it was good. You it's said that one was really good. I'll, I'll watch that one. Um, mm-hmm. But so far, morning, but morning show was the one that they were like, that was the one of like they were advertising as like to launch this thing because it is star studded sure and it's it yeah. been a let, it's a letdown. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. It, it's, it, it's very, it's like it wants to be like an Aaron Sorkin show. Like it feels very early 2000s. Yeah. And it, it actually it, it feels like a show that was that would have been on in like the early 2000s on CBS, <laughs> wanting to be like an Aaron Sorkin show. Well, I feel like they're trying to just like jump in on the Me Too movement, but even the Me Too movement feels like it's like not as big a story as it was last year. It's just not. It, it's just it's not very. I'm very very disappointed in it. Let's jump. Like that's what they. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm saying like, but they. It's just weird. I mean, it's because. I'm surprised at how, like, not good it is because that's what they – that was, like, the big thing they were touting when they were rolling this Apple Plus TV out. No, so. I think that they're going to be switching. I think because of the stars in it mm-hmm. is the biggest reason. I think the they're going to be switching all their focus on For All Mankind because that's the one that's kind of like the critical darling right now. Okay. That's smart. Uh, let's talk about the second trailer that I wanted to talk about. And the second trailer is Invisible Man. Universal Pictures released the first trailer for Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man. Uh, Lee Winnell, uh, if you know who Lee Winnell is, you know that I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, he directed 2018's Upgrade, which was one of my favorite films of last year. Uh, this film stars Elizabeth Moss. From The Handmaid's Tale, uh, as Cecilia Cass, a woman trapped in a violent, controlling relationship with a wealthy and brilliant scientist. 
she escapes in the dead of night and goes into hiding, aided by her sister, their childhood friend, and his teenage daughter. And uh, this one stars Harriet Dyer as her sister. It stars uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen as her wealthy and brilliant scientist boyfriend. Also stars her childhood friend here. Aldous Hodge plays uh, her childhood friend. Uh, if you remember him, he was in this year's Brian Banks. He was he also played Voodoo on Friday Night Lights. And then the teenage daughter of Aldous Hodge is played by Storm Reed from Euphoria. And then she was also in that uh, Ava DuVernay movie. Uh, what was that fucking movie with the? all the special effects and shit, Jake. What was that one called? Wrinkle Wrinkle in Time. A Wrinkle in Time. There you go. Storm Reed. But uh she oh God. She's a she's a fucking good uh child actor, Storm Reed. I think she's uh I think she's really good. She was fantastic in Euphoria. Um and I was I'm a big fan of Aldous Hodge ever since he played Voodoo on Friday Night Lights. I like to see this guy and so he's doing a showtime show with Kevin Bacon right now. This Aldous Hodge. Oh nice, Hodge what's guy. that called? Ah Fuck, I murder something. I don't know. I, I can't remember. I haven't watched it yet, and I feel like a fucking shithead because I love Aldous Hodge. I, oh, he was in uh, What Women Want, um, that Taraji P. Henson movie. Oh, the remake. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, it was the uh, uh, reversal. It was kind of like it was What yeah. Men Want before. What Women Want, and now it was What Men Want. Um, City on a Hill. City on a Hill has nothing to do with murder. City on a Hill, <laughs> City on a Hill is the Kevin Bacon. Artist. I had to double check the cast. I'm going to throw this up, sure. Jake. We need. You know how Joe Rogan's got a Jamie, a guy that looks shit up for him. Yeah, we need a Jamie, don't we? Oh, always have. I think we. I, I'm going to put it out there. We need a Jamie. If you want to be a Jamie, send me an email. Brian at popcultureleftovers.com. If I know who you are, if you're a real person and you want to be our Jamie and look shit up, and the, I guess the benefit of that is you get to listen to the episode as a recording, but you would, I, I, the, this person would be on mute the entire time until we needed them to look something up. But I would love to have somebody look shit up for us like this, Jake. Yeah, that would be great. It's hard to, it's hard to, retain focus and conversation mm. and be like googly shit at the same yeah. time that would really be a help send me an email brian at popcultureleftovers.com title it jamie and i have to know that you're a real person and i have to know that i i don't know i have to know that you're a real person you're gonna really if you want to do what are we this, gonna do send him one of those pictures click all the things with the stoplights oh well, no i just like you know it's like somebody that uh that we know would want to do this. oh okay, you know okay. What I, mean? I got you i got it yeah so, uh, I, uh, oh yeah, uh, I didn't even finish the, uh, Invisible Man. Invisible Man. This is, uh, Cecilia's, uh, abusive ex dies by suicide and leaves her a generous portion of his vast fortune. She suspects his death was a hoax as a series of eerie coincidences turn lethal, threatening the lives of those she loves. Her sanity begins to unravel as she desperately tries to prove that she is being hunted by somebody nobody can see. This film opens February 28th of next year. And my God, did I, I loved this fucking trailer. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, I, it, it, for me, it started off, I was thinking like, oh, this just feels like they're doing like, uh, well, Hollow Man. 
Well, not no. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> I, I wasn't even thinking Kevin Bacon's. Hilarious. I wasn't even thinking Kevin Bacon's Hollow Man. I was thinking. Oh. I was thinking sleeping with the enemy, like you know, like oh she's. Oh. With, uh, with, you know, and I do, I know they're supposed to be doing like a reboot or a reimagining of that, but I was thinking like, oh, she's gonna leave this guy, and I, I felt like at the beginning when I started watching this trailer, oh, she's gonna leave this guy, and, uh, the, the invisible man is gonna be like, you know, she's gonna be sleeping, uh, with the enemy, like, where, um, she starts a new life, and like, he's gonna be, following her that's not the case here like they do this whole thing where he he basically fakes his death i guess leaves her five million dollars but the the stipulation is that she has to prove that she's like mentally stable but on the flip side he's been able to create this technology where he makes himself invisible and he's basically he's fucking with her, fucking with her and stalking her. And like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the trailer just goes from like, oh, my God, to like fucking bananas by the end of it, where you're seeing like they're literally showing you all this Hodge covered in blood like he's dead in this fucking movie. Um, so I. Oh, my God. Like, I have to see this. Like, this looks – and I love Lee Winnell anyway. Like, this upgrade was amazing. And, uh, Jake, uh, do you think that we're going to get, like, uh, the Dark Universe logo at the beginning of, the, beginning of this one? Because it is it is part of I, – I, I don't know. I don't think we will. I think they're done with no, Dark Universe. No. I think they're better served to, yeah. to treat this as, a, as its own thing. Um, I wasn't as high on this trailer as you. Uh, I didn't necessarily dislike it or hate it, but it was just a run-of-the-mill taste it for me. I, I don't I don't know. It didn't necessarily make me want to rush out and see this. Um, I don't have the connection to the director that you have from Upgrade. I, I've yet to watch that yet. Um, I thought it was a little bit cliche just in kind of what they were showing. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't – it didn't excite me too much. It was like a – thriller version of the invisible man and it it didn't do much for me i didn't care for all the uh stuff pushing through the thin wall logo stuff that was going on every 15 seconds in it either i yeah i thought this trailer was kind of cheesy oh you you know now you now you're upset at the the way they marketed the logo pushing through Come on. It was Come a lot on. of it, though. It's one thing Come to do on. it one time for the title of the movie, but they, there's like 10 different title cards where they're like shoving words uh, against don't like worry. a plastic mesh sheet. I, yeah, God forbid they do that when they show the opening credits and, uh, and, 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 and things like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's a silly gripe in my opinion. I, it's all marketing. I mean, that's kind of what I judge when these trailers is the marketing is definitely part of it. And the marketing was distracting. Like it, it to me, it did take away from the anxiety and the thrills they were trying to show me the kind of cheesy been there, done that marketing technique that was going on here. Uh, all right. What did you think, Joan? I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it a taste it. This is something where because it's going to be on Apple Plus and um, this is no this is no, a this feature is a film this is a feature film oh, I thought this was an Apple original movie and I thought that you're wrong 100% because okay, this okay. is a feature My, film I, am, I apologize 
No, I I will catch this on like HBO or something, you know, or when it streams somewhere. It's not when I'm going to rush out to the movie and go see. Ugh. I mean, I do agree with I agree with Jake. It is a little cliched, and it is one of those where it's ca- it's see. called the Invisible Man. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's you know, called the, the Invisible Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like a combo of ho- of Hollow Man, and then like you said, sleeping with the enemy. It's it's oh, the invisible. Okay, this is a reimagining. This is a reimagining of the Invisible Man, which is a uh, one of the Universal, you know, I know characters which came out way before Hollow Man. If anything, Hollow Man is kind of like a rip off of the Invisible Man. So it was terrible. But here, I liked Hollow Man. Did you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have a. I have like. I have a guilty pleasure for a lot of the Paul Verhoeven movies, and that's definitely so one of them. I I really enjoyed Invisible Man, uh, Hollow Man, with Kevin Bacon, but um, <laughs> and I loved the trailer for this. I love the cast. I love Elizabeth Moss. I love Aldous Hodge. Love Storm Reid, uh, and I love this director. I think that there's a lot more going on here. Uh, when you give this, uh, this type of a movie to Lee Winnell. I loved the, the scene of her breathing outside in the cold and you can kind of see like the cold, uh, her cold breath and then all of a sudden like the breath next to her. These are, yes, yes, these are, Jake, these, oh, duh, these are things that you're gonna see in a movie about an invisible man. Like, that's what you're going to get. I like the fact that it is a psychological thriller, that it's going to be something like where, you know, like uh, everybody thinks she's fucking crazy. And I, I hope the movie, I hope the movie makes you wonder if, if uh, she's crazy. Uh, but then again, the trailer on the other, on the flip side, it looks like they kind of show a device that he used to make himself turn invisible. And if by the end of the movie, she uses that device to turn herself invisible and they have an invisible fight between each other, I will then toss said film. But, <laughs> but on the flip side, the best scene to film. Yeah. But what would, uh, be the, what would be her upper hand? Like, what would she gain by doing that? You can't see her either. Yeah, so it makes yeah. it harder, right? <laughs> yeah, and she's know. and she turned a can of spray paint invisible as well, and then sprays him in blue. Oh. And he oh, looks, he you looks can't like see it, but I'm tapping my head right now. And she looks, he looks like a member of the Blue Man Group, and she <laughs> she she stabs him and kills him. <laughs> I, I will agree with you that the most fascinating thing about this was they always kind of make the character of the Invisible Man into a more sympathetic character that you feel sorry for. And the notion of that is quickly expelled in this. Like, this is not a character you feel sorry for. It's a yeah, you feel it's sorry for guy. the victim. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed this trailer. I watched it a few times and I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I got a kick out of it. I, I, I think that, um, I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm a big believer in Lee Winnell. I think Upgrade was one of the best movies that I saw last year. And, um, I, I think that he can actually do something really fun and really interesting with this movie. And, um, so I, I, I'm, I'm very hopeful. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I, I, I love the, uh, I love the trailer. I'm going to stick by that. I, I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give this uh, trailer a Tupperware. I thought it was fantastic. 
Although, Brian, now that you said it, though, unfortunately, I have a feeling that the scenario you don't want to happen is what's going to happen. Stop it. I'm sorry, but like, you <laughs> it's said a it. Self -fulfilling like, you, know, you know what scenario I didn't want to happen? You know the no, scenario? Hold on. Hold on. Uh -oh. Hold on. <laughs> you know what scenario I didn't want to happen? I didn't what? want you to fucking turn this into fucking the 700 Club and then, <laughs> and, then, and then Fox News. But that's what happened. That happened. That's my that's my fucking psychological thriller. Is <laughs> every it's crazy. It's crazy because I'm like I'm complaining about the two things you bring up, and then you're like, all right, all right, let's change gears. Let's talk about the politician. <laughs> Don't worry, Brian. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> oh man, Jake, you can't write that, man. You can't write that. No, no, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Amazing. I, I thought June was master level trolliness. Oh, I know. No, uh, I'm not a clever. Oh. Master level troll June. That's how I'll know, know of her from now on. Okay. All there right. So we talked about a couple of the trailers. Do you guys have anything left for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Um, I did watch the uh, Jenny Slate next Netflix special that we kind of brief briefly mentioned last week. Did you get a chance to check it out? I did not. What did you think? It was a middle-of-the-road taste it for me, honestly. Um, it's one of these stand-up specials where they don't just show you the straight special. Uh, and they do the Adam Sandler Netflix shit where they, like, do did they go to like different cities and show you the best cuts from different jokes? No, no, it's not that it's the same set, but yeah. it's all intercut with a, like a, a doc where they're uh, like showing home movies of her growing up in Massachusetts. And they're shit. showing her visiting her parents' house, her interviewing family members and it ruins the flow. I mean, it does ruin the flow. And some of this stuff was really cute. I mean, some of it was definitely very touching, but it definitely kind of slapped me out of the comedy special a lot. Mm. And it took a lot away from, I thought, her performance. I, I almost just wanted to see both things as separate things. And I would have liked either or better. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's hard to judge the stand-up set with such a break in flow but then, like, the things that were breaking it, they weren't necessarily terrible or unenjoyable. Sure, or but you're there things. to watch a fucking stand-up special. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was really weird. Um, I didn't know it was going to be like that. It opens with one of these, like, doc moments. And so I'm like, okay, that, that's a cool little opening. And then it happens, like, ten minutes in, and I'm like, oh, that was interesting. And then it happens, like, seven more times throughout the stand-up special. Fuck so, that. Um, yeah, yeah, there were a lot of good jokes. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Jenny Slate's delivery as a stand-up comedian, though. I think she giggles at her own material just a little bit too much. Oh, she Jimmy Fallon's it? Yeah. <laughs> she Jimmy Fallon's her jokes? Yes, yes, she does. Do, hey, do I do, I do that? Do I do that? I do that sometimes, don't I? I we all... We are all guilty of it. I mean, who yeah. am I to talk? I, I know I definitely do it, too. But yeah. I feel like that that's the kind of thing that edited comedy specials are for. Or I, I don't know. I, I 
some people might find it endearing or a part of the comedy or what makes it funny, but for me, it just came off as awkward a lot. Right. So I'm going to give this like a like a middle of the road taste. It. I think if you're a huge fan of her, you definitely want to see this. It's definitely a very personal inside look into her, and you know you'll you'll welcome that if you're already a giant fan. But you know I'm not a hater of, of Jenny Slate by any means, but I'm also not a stan. Yeah, there you go. I like I like the honesty, Jake. I like the honesty. Hey, uh, June. Would you like to read the book of Ezekiel next, possibly? Yeah. Is that, is that, is that what you got yeah. for us in Good Pop, Bad Pop? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Gotta have fun with it. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, Ezekiel. Why did I pull out that one? Is that a book of the Bible, Ezekiel? That's the thing, yes, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I learned something. There you go. <laughs> I used to I used to know all the books in the Bible. I used to know them all. Uh, it starts with Genesis and Genesis. Ex- it goes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then I, I don't know where, I don't know where you're going from there. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got, people. <laughs> Pretty good. If we, I, I couldn't get that many in a row. Nope. I killed it. I knocked out the first five. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> Peter, Paul, John, Peter, the Paul, Ringo chapter, Mary, yeah, Peter, Paul, Mary. Wish I had a hammer. <laughs> John Lennon, Jake. I knew, where you, I knew where you were going. Ringo, the Beatles, the Ringo chapter. It's my the, favorite chapter of the Bible. Jude is yep. a book. Jude is a book of the Bible, right? Jude, the book of Jude. Yeah, I think that you're right. You're right. Hey, Jude. Hey, Jude. Yeah, and then there's a uh, Sergeant Pepper. First, uh, that comes, <laughs> Sergeant Pepper comes right after Ecclesiastes, correct? Yeah, I like when Jesus pilots the yellow submarine. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites, too. One of my favorites, too. I, every Christmas, that's what we talk about. All of, like, my stocking was a yellow submarine for years, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. And old traditions. Old tra- oh, all those traditions, man. All those we can. I hate this episode, Jake. I do too. <laughs> yeah, it's real it's bad. It's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. You know what? Let's just get silly with it then. Who gives a yep. shit? We're gonna take a. We're gonna take a. What did I? What was I gonna say there? We're gonna take a cut. What was that about? <laughs> We're going to take a uh, quick break. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to do the pop culture leftovers news. Dude, oh, stick around. Jake, June, I got Wonder Woman 1984, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 spoilers. And these are, (gasps) yay. These are, these are legit. These are legit. We got this covered. No, it's not we got this covered bullshit. <laughs> These are legit spoilers for Wonder Woman 1984 when we get into DC news. So stick around. We'll be right back. Stick around for that because everything else you've been sticking around for has been absolute garbage. Oh yeah, my what, god. What a cocktease you're being with some actual like, oh, stick around. I know. Stick. I, I, well, I've got to at this point because everything <laughs> yeah. we've said up until like this Desperate point, measures. I'm like, please don't leave because... <laughs> 
<laughs> Please don't <laughs> stick around. We got to save that Wonder Woman shit for the very end, dude. I feel like no, seriously, like this episode. I've been like this episode has been Ike Turner, and we've just been beating the shit out of Tina. <laughs> And so, like, now we've got to – we're like, baby, don't leave. Stick around. Just stay with me, baby. I love you. I love you. <laughs> you know it's what I mean? It's going to be a normal relationship from now on. It's good. Yeah. Trust me. I'm I'm all right, baby. It's all right, baby. I'm not going to hurt you anymore, baby. I'm not going to slap you around. Like, I, yeah. I, seriously, this, is, this has been like the Ike Turner episode where we have forced our listeners – we have basically beaten them the entire – awful. It is awful. We have beaten them this entire time and so like now i've got to make it up to you so yeah so stick around hey stick around for that um i've said that 27 times we'll be right back hi i sound like morgan freeman i bet most of you do some online shopping with amazon it's just so easy i myself logged in today to buy adult diapers no I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway... The whole point of this is to tell you that PopCultureLeftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. Right. Hey, welcome back. I feel like the people that have actually stuck, I would love to know the people that have stuck around, uh, this far in the episode and like the people <laughs> that stick around for the end of this one, they all deserve, I can't do it. I wish I could. I wish I could send out a shirt that just said like, I survived episode 307 of PCL. Yeah, exactly. We're going to give out a code word at the very end of this episode. And if you know that code word, yeah, just we'll, go to, we'll know you made it. You'll go to T Public and then you'll get, you'll pick up your free shirt. I wish I could do it. Uh, guys, I'm sorry. We're already going to be like nine shirts. We're already out of the <laughs> nine shirts. Not even nine. That's generous, Jake. I <laughs> you ever notice how like when you go to a site like, uh, like uh, this is not my size, but like, like that when they go up to like three XXL, like how they charge you like two dollars extra. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, you're gonna make us use that much material. Yeah. We're gonna charge you two more bucks. Yeah, you, you we're gonna charge. That's kind of isn't that kind of a dick move? Oh, super. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super. And, they don't they don't charge me cheaper if I if I'm like an XX small. Oh, boom. Right, exactly, exactly. Try buying. Very good point. Try buying Nikes for a fucking two-year-old. They're still oh, they're expensive as shit, aren't they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. it, it has to work both ways, or not exactly. at all, or it, yeah. it comes off as offensive. Yep, yep. Your whole fucking it all falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like this fucking episode, <laughs> except, <laughs> sl- except slower. <laughs> Let's step into the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's the leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. And I got quick news here from Dark Horizons. Apple has given a series order to, uh, series order to Severance, a drama series which will star Adam Scott and has Ben Stiller attached to direct and executive produce. Dan Erickson serves as a writer and executive producer. Uh, we've got, uh, it's a, it's a workplace thriller introduces Lumen Industries, a company that's looking to take work life balance to a new level. Scott will play the lead role of Mark. An employee with a dark past trying to put himself back together. So we've got Adam Scott and Ben Stiller teaming up for uh, Severance on uh, Apple Plus. Not a lot of information there. That's why I called it Quick News. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm a big Adam Scott fan, so I'm excited to see a little bit more about this and to see a trailer. Yeah, yeah, they're yes, getting getting right some here. getting some big names, aren't they, June? Apple Plus. Yeah, no, I love Adam Scott, um, and actually, I don't think. I don't think I've seen him tackle many dramatic roles. Um, I, well, he was in Big Little Lies, the uh, HBO series, and he was great in that. Um, I mean, I mostly know him doing comedy, so yeah. um, I like to see him branch out more. He did the uh, first episode of the uh, Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. Oh, he did? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Suck on that, fuckers. <laughs> 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 no, it'll be good to see him do more th- stuff. Yeah, like it'll it'll be interesting to kind of see him branch out some more and do something different. Jake, what host tells the guest and co-host suck on that fuckers? You do. I'll tell you what host, the PCL host. Yeah, I do. I go there. I, I'm 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 willing to go places other hosts won't go. You're not going to hear Rogan or Hardwick say suck on that fuckers. On their podcast, you're you're only gonna get that here, Jake. At this point, like everything I'm saying right now is an apology for the previous two hours that they've been forced to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I was I was taking it that way. I was I was smelling what you were laying down. <laughs> Stranger Things news from Screen Rant. Uh, the Stranger Things writers' room Twitter account Stranger Writers recently shared an image of the script for the season four premiere, which is titled Chapter One, The Hellfire Club. In the X-Men comic books, the Hellfire Club was a group of villains that often fought against the X-Men. Some of the Hellfire Club's most notable members have appeared in X-Men First Class and The Gifted. And uh, so basically we're... How is this? It's got to tie in. It's got to feel somewhat of like a of an X. It's got to have somewhat of an X Men feel to this season, given that title. This article goes on to say, uh, given how much the writers of Stranger Things have infused pop culture references into the show, it shouldn't come as a huge surprise that the title is referencing X Men, whose comic books were still going strong in the eighties. Many people have also drawn parallels between Eleven and Jean Grey. Since their powers are so similar, it's impossible to know whether the episode will have more X-Men Easter eggs or if the references stop with the title of the episode. But superhero fans will no doubt appreciate the nod to the comic book team. Interesting. 
Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. I wonder if they're going to, a lot of times with Stranger Things, like all the titles kind of thematically go together too. I wonder if future episodes will be more comic book related titles. Yeah. It's very interesting. So, yeah. But I also, I also wonder if like the season will bring back, um, you know, in season two, you, you had that kind of essentially standalone episode, you know, when Eleven goes off and finds other people with abilities. Yeah. And I wonder if they're, because they, they, though that, none of that was ever addressed in season three. Thank God. But, uh, well, I, I did hear, though, I know, but I did hear something like people were asking the Duffer brothers, like, are we going to, and they said, oh, no, like, you know, we'll, we'll come back to that. So I wonder yeah. if that's going to be something that they feature in the season four. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely see that happening. Yeah. Jake, did you ever finish season three? No. Really? So, okay. <laughs> I just couldn't bring myself to it. I just, I don't, I don't like the show anymore. Oh God. Get the fuck. It's season three was fantastic. Get the fuck out of here. It you, really was fantastic. I think that Jake, is, hold on. Do you really just not like the show or do you not, the, do you not like the fact that people are still liking the show? <laughs> I gotta I know. know. It, it's maybe, that may be part of it, but it, I don't know. It just, I th- I watched the first couple episodes of season three and I did think it was better, but like I didn't, two weeks went by and I didn't watch any more. All right. Okay. So I, just, I don't know. It's, I mean, like, when did you stop? I mean, it's like curious. Like, when did you stop? Like, decide like no more or. Yeah, it's been so long. Now, it, I don't even remember. It was probably, it was probably when I was, when I, when I was raving about it, Jake was like, oh, fuck this guy. Fuck, hold on. Jake's like, fuck this guy's love of Stranger Things season three. I'm out. Fuck you. I don't know. I just, it's just not my cup of tea. I, I don't find it to be very original at all. Uh, um, the thing to love is the characters, and they were so mishandled in season two that I, I just couldn't do it anymore. Dis- agree to disagree. Love season oh, two. I know. I, I I'm in se- the minority. <laughs> I love season two. Uh, and, I love uh, season three. Season, season three, three was even better. Season three was yeah. just uh, because fantastic. I will say season three, like the first like three or four episodes, I did feel like yeah. I mean I liked what was happening in them, but it did feel it dragged a little bit. But then like by like episode like six is when like I said until like three o'clock in the morning on like a Tuesday like what because I had to finish the last three episodes even though I had work the next morning. But like I oh my gosh. Like those, but those last like three episodes just yeah, all force. You were like all cylinders, all cylinders. Yes, yeah. I mean, I still love season one, and I feel like it's one of those things where they didn't realize how big of a smash it was going to be, and now it's just they just can't handle it. Oh, that's the way it's come off to me. They've always said that they had a fucking they had a uh, a treatment of like how future seasons would go they've always had i mean uh, yeah said that they did two and three. Oh, okay oh so they they just they're they're big liars they're big liars i'm just saying i'm just saying like i can see the fact that that they they i think that they know where the story is going to go by the end of it like i don't think that they had the whole thing written out of course but i think that they know where this is going to go 
I think the Dover brothers know where this is going to go by the end of it. I don't think this is a case of like Lindelof and, and Abrams doing lost where like they don't have an ending to it. I think like these guys have an ending that they're going to get to. And, uh, I think most people are satisfied so far with the direction that they're going with the series. I wasn't the biggest fan of like the fucking, um, uh, the dogs or whatever that they had in the second season. And, and they didn't make an appearance in the, in the third. Thank God. Those fucking, yeah. you know, uh, demigorgon dogs or whatever the fuck. Demodogs. Yeah. Demodogs. But, but on the flip side, like, like season three, I, season three was fantastic. I, it I, was. I, I loved it. Um, I loved it's everything. So good. It was so good. It was so good. Jake, you just, you just, you, <laughs> I think that, <laughs> I really do think that, and I'm glad that you kind of admitted to it that you kind of hate the, the love for season three. <laughs> Yeah, I do feel justified now, though, like, because season three, it, it definitely seems like it's an overwhelmingly super positive reaction. Yeah. And like, I felt like it was the first time I heard people finally say, okay, season two wasn't that great. Oh, like, it, it seems like season three is what finally prompted people to see the fucking light. Now and realized I, that season two wasn't really. I all think that season two set up so many great moments for season three, though it really it, did. It, 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 it really I, did. I think it enhanced what you got from season two. Um, I, I I definitely agree with you there because my biggest problem with season two, actually, my husband and I like we both love the show. Season two, though, like our biggest problem was Billy. Like, my husband was like, why is this character in the show? Like, there is no point to him. And he's like, this guy could not have been in the show, and, like, it would have made no difference. And then season three comes along, and you're like, now it yeah. makes sense why yeah. he was in it. And it, and so it – actually, it made me appreciate season – season three made me appreciate season two more because of where they took the characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see that. I, I'll definitely – it's it, – I will definitely watch it eventually, but it's not high on my priority list. <laughs> that was apparently the big. That was the big <laughs> Halloween costume. Um, my friends who have little kids who took them. Apparently, uh, that was. They said they saw a lot of groups of kids dressed as the Stranger Things characters. That's for awesome. Halloween. That's oh, it's awesome. so cheap to do that, right? <laughs> it's like no costume at all. All these, uh, this is this this backhanded insult. <laughs> just, I so, didn't think that was backhanded at all. So I mean, that was straight in the face. <laughs> oh, you're so mean. Um, <laughs> you're so mean. New, uh, more news for you from Dark Horizons. Uh, ignoring MTV's three season TV adaptation adaptation of the franchise, it looks like Scream, the Scream film franchise, is making a comeback with uh, Spyglass Media Group reportedly uh, developing a new film to bring the franchise back to its roots. Bloody Disgusting announced the news and say there are no further details, so it's not clear if this will be a reboot or a continuation of the story of Sidney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell, from the previous four films. Uh, Kevin Williamson, who penned the first, second, and fourth films, will apparently not be returning for the new one. The project will mark the second horror reboot Spyglass is developing, the other being uh, the new take on Hellraiser. So, uh, yeah, it looks, um, it looks like uh, we're, we might get a uh, – would this be the fifth film installment? In the Scream franchise? Correct. Yeah. Correct, correct. I didn't know until you read that that Williamson didn't 
write the third one. That explains why that's the really bad one. Yeah, Scream 3 was garbage. Wait, what What was Scream 4 then? Scream 4 is actually pretty recent. I think it came out like maybe five, six years ago. And that was a continuation of the story? Mm-hmm. It was uh-huh. even called Scream 4. It had uh, all the I, everyone returned, like Neff Campbell and everything, right? And like David Arquette and Yeah, yeah. Huh. It was it wasn't it wasn't too shabby. It was definitely way better than 3. Yeah. Yeah, so we it looks like we're going to get a fifth film. They haven't Would you want it to continue the story? Uh, I don't think I want this at all. I I think I I a reboot is almost like a meta insult to what the series stands for in the first place kind of like it's you know the whole thing is kind of like living outside the horror box like what is it going to do like make commentary about reboots like is there going to be a character that knows all the rules of what happens in reboot movies? the only thing that like, what I, the, f- <laughs> the only thing that i could think that they could do that would be shocking at this point is if like sydney has kids and one of her kids is like ghost face at this point yeah, I like it, Brian. I, that's what I was getting to. I think it's continuation of the story or don't do it at all. And I'm not an anti-reboot guy by any means. Like, But, yeah, a, a reboot of this franchise seems almost an insult to what the franchise is. And if Scream 5 isn't going to just follow up stuff we've already seen, then I don't see any point in doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, that first Scream movie, though, right? Wes Craven, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was oh crazy. God. He was really on our. He kind of almost did the same thing with that Nightmare. I forget what it was called, but it was like the the meta Nightmare on Elm Street movie where they were making the Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Oh, I don't remember you. Talk- I remember that happening. Yeah, it was kind of a precursor to, to Scream. I believe it was the movie he did right before. Honestly, hmm. a lot of the same like formula and stuff going on there. You know, where it's yeah. characters recognizing what horror movies are and the things they need to do to uh, not be trapped in them. Last week we talked about Doug Lyman's edge of tomorrow too. And when they could be planning on shooting it, I just read an interview with Collider where Doug Lyman uh, was talking with them and he was talking to them about his YouTube series impulse, uh, which is now in its second season uh, but Lyman, they did ask him about uh, Edge of Tomorrow 2, and he said, quote, honestly, uh, I have no idea when we're going to start shooting it. Um, if Edge of Tomorrow 2 will ever get made, uh, he says, uh, between my schedule, Tom's schedule, and Emily Blunt's schedule, it's tough. So that's – wow, we went from um, – Oh, we're going to start possibly greatest shooting. Greatest sequel ever. Well, we're going to start possibly shooting in 2021 to, uh, I don't know if it's even going to fucking happen now. Like, what the uh-huh. fuck? Yeah, we, they have to wait for time, <laughs> Tom Cruise to learn how to time travel. He wants to actually <laughs> do. <laughs> oh, stop it with that fucking shit. That shit's getting <laughs> stupid. I'm not even a Tom Cruise hater. I was just making a joke. Oh, God. I'm so, I'm so over that shit. He was, it was for Rebecca. I know. Don't fucking know. Don't fuel that fucking Rebecca. bullshit. Don't fuck, you know, don't channel that shit. Don't fucking fuel that fucking <laughs> bullshit. I, I'm no Tom Cruise hater. I, I absolutely fucking love Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, 
he got us so hyped up with the um, Lyman got us so hyped up with the um, you know doing something no sequel has ever done before and like innovating the sequel. revolutionary. It was his there quote. We go. There's the buzzword I'm looking for. Yeah, that yeah, he got us all hyped up. It's a sequel of a movie I I already really want to see, and then with all that kind of fucking crazy hype it's disappointing to know that this is a thing that may not even ever happen right yeah Uh, did did you watch uh did you watch uh edge of tomorrow me no i haven't seen it what the fuck what are you doing what are you doing with your life nothing i know i got now i'm questioning Jesus. Everything. In what the fuck news, (laughs) I got some what the fuck news this week. THR is reporting. This is fucking nuts. James Dean reborn in CGI for Vietnam War action drama. Have you guys read about this shit? No. Oh, yeah. This this blew Twitter up when they announced it. James Dean. James Dean. Actor James Dean. Uh, who died in a 1955 car crash at the age of 24, is making an unexpected return to the big screen. The cultural icon, known for Rebel Without a Cause and East of Eden, has been posthumously cast in the Vietnam-era action drama Finding Jack, directed by Anton Ernst and Tati Goliak. The project comes from the filmmaker's own recently launched production house, Magic City Films, which obtained the rights to use Dean's image from his family. Canadian VFX banner Imagine Engine will be working alongside South African VFX company MOI Worldwide to recreate what the filmmakers describe as, quote, a realistic version of James Dean. Adapted by Mary Sova from Gareth Crocker's novel, Finding Jack is based on the existence of abandonment of more than 10,000 military dogs at the end of the Vietnam War. Dean will play a character called Rogan, considered a secondary lead role. Uh, Quote, we searched high and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan which has some extreme complex character arcs. And after months of research, we decided on James Dean. God. Uh, centers who also produces the Golic for Magic City films alongside Donald A. Barton. Uh, quote, we feel very honored that his family supports us and will take every precaution to ensure that his legacy as one of the most epic film stars to date is kept firmly intact. The family views this as his fourth movie, a movie he never got to make. Oh, jeez. We this do not a, intend. We're so glad his family article. supports no, money. This is an Onion article. No. This sounds like. It sounds like an Onion article. This is ridiculous. While finding, absolutely ridiculous. While Finding Jack will be live action, the Hollywood Reporter understands that Dean's performance will be constructed via full body CGI using actual footage and photos. Another actor will voice him. So James Dean, who died in 1955, is going to be brought back to life here in this movie. They're going to create a CGI James Dean for this movie called Finding Jack. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I've only seen um, Rebel Without a Cause. That's the only James Dean movie Same. I've ever seen. But um, 
This is batshit crazy. Yeah, it is batshit crazy. Um, just, I don't know. Like, we've talked about this possibly happening in the future, but I kind of didn't expect it this soon. And I'm not quite sure technology is ready to make this work yet. It'll be interesting. It seems like the general reception to this news is not very positive. People no. don't seem very eager to see uh, dead actors brought back to life in new movies. So, very and interesting. I- no, because, I mean, even if you do perfect the technology to pull this off, should it even be done? But the family says it's okay, June. The family, the family. <laughs> the family wants some money. The family. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, right? You know, like. Yeah, yeah. They're not talented <clears throat> enough to make lots of money, so might as well rest <laughs> on the laurels of their dead God. famous relative. It's just insane. This is absolutely crazy. If you could bring James Dean back to life to bring life into this episode, I would be all for it. <laughs> if... <laughs> yes, can we get James Dean on as guest board? That's what, that's what I'm trying to say here. Oh, man. That's your current live I guest think is hang, like... You hang up on us. Yeah. You guys got to do something. Your current live guest is just dropping the ball, so. <laughs> ah, Thanks, June. June. I know it's not you. It's not you. It's 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 a combination of all of us. I think I think we're all <laughs> I think we're all the blame on this one. I agree. It's equal opportunity sucking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> James Dean, <laughs> dead. That that he is car crash. Dead, yeah, yep. car crash. Did you ever watch the James Franco TNT original movie where he played James Dean? Mm, no, I've seen pictures of what he looks like, though. Yeah, no, pretty good movie. Watched it, not bad. <laughs> he did a good job. I watched it. I went. It aired back in fuck. That was like twenty years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, Christ, that was twenty years ago. Marvel news. Yeah. <laughs> guys ready for some Marvel news? Always. What are you doing? What are you doing with Marvel news here? Should I play the bumper, Jake? Would that would that would that make things better? I mean not for me, I don't even get to hear it. Yeah, here we go. Marvel news. news all right what do we got here news for ign uh let's see here it looks like uh uh we're gonna have to uh watch these uh disney plus series wandavision and uh the loki series are gonna play a key role in doctor strange and the multiverse of madness uh that comes out uh in 2021 bloomberg writes Kevin Feige declines to discuss the budget for the shows, including reports Disney is spending as much as $25 million per episode on some Marvel shows, more than HBO is believed to have spent during the final season of Game of Thrones. He does drop one little morsel, though. If you want to understand everything in future Marvel movies, he says, 
you'll probably need a Disney Plus subscription because events from the new shows will factor in to forthcoming films such as Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The Scarlet Witch will be a key character in that movie. And Feige points out that the Loki series will tie in too. Quote, I'm not sure we've actually acknowledged that before, but it does. Yeah, I, I feel like, I guess they haven't actually acknowledged the Loki stuff, but they, we've definitely known about the WandaVision being tied into the Doctor Strange stuff before this article. Um, but this is like the first time they've really kind of come out and said, listen, you'll, to, to fully understand the next, you have to watch this stuff. So a pretty bold move, I thought. Very. Kate Heron, who is directing episodes of Loki said, um, we're taking Loki to an entirely new part of the MCU. And so it looks like Loki and his use of the Tesseract is going to kind of change the scope of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, change everything within the MCU. And it might be it might play a bigger part in everything coming up in, in future films. I don't know. This is, this seems weird to me. I don't like it to be quite honest with you. I feel like these movies should be able to explain themselves without having to watch these Disney plus series. Um, I don't know if this is basically just Feige saying, Hey, um, we're trying to sell some subscriptions here. At the end of the day, that's what I think it is, is Feige trying to sell some subscriptions, saying, like, if you don't watch these, you're not going to get it. But on the... Yeah, I just didn't expect that kind of play from Feige, honestly. Like, that alienates so much of your potential... That alienates so much of your potential audience. You, yeah, what it's do like you, almost you, like what? an ego trip at this point. You trust, like, you trust Feige? No, I just I, – I haven't heard this blatant of, like, shilling of TV series yet being connected to the movies. As far as, like, shilling goes, yeah, I haven't heard that from Feige. But, like, I don't trust the guy. I don't trust him. I don't trust the Russos. And it's not, like, in a bad way. Like, I, I basically just – I trust these guys uh not to give us everything that – I trust these guys not to give us the truth. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you. I just wish these facts would have come out more naturally than them being just addressed and told to us. Like, I feel like that kind of thing works better that way. Like, if you if just watching WandaVision and Loki makes you realize a connection to the movie universe, then it comes across as some cool thing you stumbled onto instead of feeling like it's mandatory watching to be able to fit in the holes between other movies. Like being told that up front is kind of a cop out to me. Mm. Do we really think it's going to shake down that way though? Do you really think that you got to fucking have a Disney plus subscription to understand future movies going forward? Oh no, no, not at all. And and I think even in the quote, he kind of, the, the word fully is kind of the key word there. It's, You'll still understand the future movies, but you won't be you won't fully understand them. You won't be as cool of a nerd as everyone else. It, he, you know, even the verbiage kind of supports that. Yeah, you'll understand the movie. You're not going to be lost, but 
if you want a deeper, more full understanding of what's going on, you don't want to miss these Disney Plus shows. Yeah, it's it's the basically this is the tie-in comic book issues to the big event. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it a, I don't know though, because I don't think they're going to take place concurrent. Like the the tie-in of issues to the big event are always like this, like what's happening during this thing. It feels like these are going to have their own timeline. I don't know so much about when it comes to the, the WandaVision show though. Loki, of course, cause he's dipping in and out of time. But as far as like WandaVision, I don't, I think it, I, I feel like WandaVision is going to lead right into Doctor Strange. Oh, gotcha. It's, it's so I gotcha. So it's like the preamble book to the big event. Right. More than the, the side book. I, I, I follow that logic. I, I see that. Yeah. But it's like you don't have to read Road to Civil War to understand what's happening in Civil War. No, and I don't think that Scott Derrickson and uh, the new writer of uh, this uh, Doctor Strange movie is going to give a fuck about what happened in this fucking Loki series or the WandaVision series. They're going to write their own yeah. fucking movie, I would hope. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You don't want, you know, we've talked about this before. It's kind of like a restraint or a handcuff when you make it so they have to conform everything to this, you know, timeline or universe. Like, you you have to give the writers some sense of freedom. Yeah. No, what will end up happening, though, is going to be like, I mean, with S.H.I.E.L.D., with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like season two, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think I talked about this before, but like, you know, Age of Ultron came out during like one part of the season, and if you watch S.H.I.E.L.D., then certain parts of Age of Ultron, you, you know, enhanced it, I guess, but it wasn't anything where if you hadn't watched S.H.I.E.L.D., you wouldn't know what was happening. You yeah, know? but this like is completely different. Like, the, like this, like, that was all Jeff Loeb, and Jeff Loeb was basically handed the scraps that Marvel gave him. Right, and what I'm like saying is movies. I feel like even still, though, if if the these Disney Plus shows do tie into the movie, it's going to be something where if you didn't watch the shows, you'll still understand what happened. If you watch the shows, you'll be able to be like, oh, there's that little tidbit that I happened to know because I watched the WandaVision show or I watched the Loki show. It's not going to be something where you'll be completely lost so, uh, like, having not watched uh, it. What's the fucking point of watching these shows then? That's what's like, okay, then let me throw that out there. What is the fucking point of watching these shows then if we don't like, why are we watching the Loki series? Why are we watching this uh, Scarlet Witch show? Why are we going to be watching Moon Knight, She-Hulk, if they don't play a bigger part? Why are we going to watch Hawkeye? Why are we going to watch, you know, possibly, uh, we're getting a Ms. Marvel show, correct? I mean, like, yes. why are yes. we watching all these shows if they're not going to be a bigger part of, like, what happens in the in the MCU and like Kevin Feige is behind all of this right now like why what's the point then at this point if it's just fucking more agents of shield bullshit i i don't know i'm trying to find like what is the truth what is the middle ground because i feel like is this yeah. just going to if you're because i feel like okay Moon Knight's introduced into a Disney Plus show. She-Hulk's introduced into a Disney Plus show. All of a sudden, we're watching the next big Marvel event movie. I don't know what it is, but Spider-Man's in it. We've got 
Captain Marvel in it. I'm talking big names, heavy hitters here, Doctor Strange. And then all of a sudden, Moon Knight, She-Hulk show up. And you've got, yeah. you've got a, you've got a section of your, of your audience in the theater, Jake, that are flipping the fuck out right now. Oh my God. It's Moon Knight. It's She-Hulk. And then you've got other people that are like, I, I'm a casual fan. I don't know who are who, these people. <laughs> who are these people? And what's the excitement over? Like, where, where is this balance? Like, are those same people going to get a proper Moon Knight introduction, understand this character, understand the rules of this character, this character's powers? Like, it's, it's, Jake, this is weird. If, I, I, how do you do this? Yeah, it is, it is weird. And I mean, every part of me says that you don't write a television show this way. If you want to make a good, successful television show, I, I, the, the television show itself at its core needs to be interesting and, you know, have an interesting idea and universe. And if, if all the point is, is just to be a big connect the dots thing and like it's going to fall on its face, just like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did for a lot of people. Yeah, I don't I, you know, I this is uh this is going to be an interesting experiment. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, oh I, I guess the best test study we have recently is like Captain Marvel, right? Like, let's like, do you understand her character and her motivations if you only watch Endgame? I, I guess to a certain degree. Well, they they filmed Endgame before they had even made the Captain Marvel movie, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, is it going to be stuff like that? Because it almost seems like generic and like almost like cameos if you're doing stuff like that. If the whole reason we're doing this is so the next big Avengers event movie can have Moon Knight wave at the camera, then that seems like loose gains. Like you're not what well, it is kind of very strange. I it's one of those things where this is, you know, like we can get on here and we can sit here and sing the praises of Kevin Feige and in Kevin Feige, we trust and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, this is very new. This is something that he's going to have to prove to me that he can do. Because this is not just a we're not just getting a Moon Knight origin story here that's going to be showing up in phase four and that we're going to go into phase five and moon Knight's going to be showing up in the big you know uh the big event film this is this is moon Knight showing up on a tv series for a streaming service that people are going to have to drop coin on and people are going to have to tune into every week and I'm not saying that Moon Knight is going to show up in the big event film, but I have heard Kevin Feige talk about how Ms. Marvel is definitely going to be a part of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so if she starts off on a TV show, then I can kind of see how like it would be Im- kind of important to, to, to have access and, and to watch the show. 
in order to understand the character because the the character is we're we're talking about a character that can like shrink and grow kind of just like uh you know uh ant-man and she's uh she's a huge carol danvers fan and she's uh of course she's uh she's muslim in faith i mean this these are these are things that we're not going to know. I, Jake, I don't know. This is just very experimental to to think. For sure, for yeah. sure. I have a really interesting hypothetical question for you. Yeah. Do you think in the future we'll ever have a feature movie with a character that also had a Disney Plus show? Like, is it possible that we'll ever have a Miss Marvel movie after a TV show or a Moon Knight or just any fucking character. Do you understand what I'm saying? Look at, okay, what we have to look at is like the actors that they have involved in this because like, look at, let's, let's go back on history here and I'm, I'm going to bring up a few things. I'm going to bring up the fact that like we didn't know what we had when they actually started the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Robert Downey Jr. They did not know how big this character was going to be and how it was going to, set off like this whole MCU. Like it was all experimental from the beginning, right? I guess it all comes down to like fan reaction, correct? On the popularity. Fli- yeah. Popularity. On the flip side, like let let's look at what happened with Jennifer Lawrence in the X Men films. Like her character, you know, should not have been that popular in those films, but it was the fact that it was Jennifer Lawrence playing Mystique. Right, you know that that made her such like a a big character going forward within the X Men, and so like if you know we've got let's say uh, let's say we do get Haley Steinfeld playing you know uh, Kate Bishop in the TV series, and Kate Bishop uh, Haley Steinfeld is known for doing you know um, well, of course she's doing Dickinson, but she's been known for doing feature films. She's done, she's done some big movies and let's say like that character blows up. Could, could that warrant her to get her own, her own movie? Let's say like the character, this character of Moon Knight or whoever the cast is, She-Hulk just kind of like blows up. I think it's kind of like one of those things that Kevin Feige is going to kind of like weigh what public reaction is as far as like where they're going to go with uh, some of these characters and if they are going to get their own solo films uh, or if they're just going to show up in these team up movies i definitely think that they will show some of these characters will show up in the big event films but as as far as like these characters like getting their own solo movies i don't know i would more think that we would get like characters from existing mcu shows uh, excuse me, existing MCU movies getting their own series. I could see more of like realistically like a Koye getting her own series and it being like a Wakanda based series. You know what I mean? Something like that. I get you. I, I, I agree with that too. And I do agree with you that it's probably a case by case basis with the characters deciding on whether or not they're going to use them in a more prominent role in the actual MCU movies. Right. Yeah. I I can definitely see them showing up in event films though. 
Like, okay, here's our, you know what I mean? Cause think about it. If you're watching Endgame, how much Groot did we really get? How much, you know, Bucky did we really get at the end of the day? And I think like that's what it would come down to is like, oh my God, we're watching the new event film. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, you know, She-Hulk shows up or Moon Knight shows up. How much time are they really going to get? Yeah, I agree. I think it is very comparable to what we saw with Captain Marvel. That they don't want fans. They're not going to want fans to feel like they're missing out. But you'll just get, you know, almost nods and winks. Like maybe they won't even be used as much as Captain Marvel in any game. Honestly, the more I think about it. Yeah, Captain Marvel had like a not a huge role in Endgame, but like she was featured. I mean that we she fucking fought Thanos for crying out loud. Yeah, I feel like as far like She Hulk, you're just gonna like hear her name dropped or see her office building in a movie like acknowledgement that this character yes does indeed in this universe yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting june i don't i i mean i i don't know i i I, what do you think like are we this is this is uh this in my opinion like if i'm feige i don't know how to kind of tackle this because I think I think that you are kind of uh, it right now before this is all said and done I think you're kind of setting yourself up for failure if you're coming out and saying that you have to watch these Disney Plus shows in order to really fully understand the new movies coming out um no, I think you're totally right. I think that sets a dangerous precedence for them just because. Just to say that. Just to even say that, but also, I mean, think about too, like we have, we have 22 movies right now in the MCU. And I think for a lot of people, that was overwhelming in itself. And so you already have this pressure of like, you needed to watch most of these 22 movies to get Endgame, which was the biggest film of the year. And I think you can, I think you end up alienating people if you try to say, hey, look at the subscription service that we have. If you want to watch – yeah, you're right. If you want to watch more movies, not only do you have to have the knowledge of these existing 22 movies, now we're going to throw on a whole bunch of TV shows. So then it's just a lie. It's just a lie. I think it's a lot. Well, I think it's a lie. I think I think at the end of the day, I think at the end of the day, going in, I Jake, and I'm just saying this is all just I'm just a lot of this I'm just saying. I think at the end of the day, I'm going to be able to walk into or anybody's going to be able to walk into um Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and as long as I've seen Endgame and most and the Doctor Strange films Doctor Strange 1, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange as, as long as I've seen like Infinity War, Doctor Strange 1, and Endgame, I think if I walk into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I'm going to be able to understand what's going on. I, yeah, and I think you need to do that though because like, I mean, for like my husband, like you know, he hasn't watched all of the movies, like he he's seen bits and parts of Iron Man one. He never saw Iron Man two or three, but he, you know, he's able he was able to watch all the ensemble films, mm-hmm. you know, the all, all four Avengers movies and. You know, he didn't watch any of the Thor movies except Ragnarok, but, you know, he was a, 
you have to be able to continue to make these movies where you don't have to have seen every. I think it's just I. I think Feige is, and I don't know if it's he if he's being pressured. I think that Feige is just trying to sell some Disney Plus subscriptions here. Yeah, and I think it's not a great way to do so because I I could see people being put off by it and being like, well, fuck it, I'm not gonna. Like screw it, I'm just done with the but whole. But I, I you think know, like a casual viewer. I think that his in his and in, in his head, he's thinking to himself that, listen, like, yeah, I don't think I, I. I think in the end, you don't have to get the Disney Plus. But I think on the flip side, he is telling himself that you're going to like these shows, so I don't feel bad about lying about this. It's a little white lie. Little little white lie. I think these shows are going to be really good. I have fully, I have full faith in these shows that you're that you're going to enjoy them. That you're going to have a great time with them. You're going to fall in love with Moon Knight. You're going to fall in love with She Hulk. You're going to fall in love with Miss Marvel. You're going to love the Hawkeye series. You're going to love Scarlet Witch. You're going to love Loki. More Loki. You're going to love all this stuff. So at the end of the day, I don't think that he feels bad about saying you have to watch these shows in order to watch in order to enjoy the MCU you going forward do i believe that you have to watch these shows that do i believe at the end of the day you will have to watch all these shows in order to enjoy the mcu going forward fuck no but see that's yeah, banking on the fact that like that's banking on the fact that all these shows like you you tell this thing you say oh you are going to need to watch these shows to watch the movies right which isn't necessarily true but he's saying it because he wants people to subscribe banking on the fact that these shows are going to be good enough that people are going to say, oh, well, even though I didn't necessarily need to watch these shows, they were good enough that I'm okay with signing up for the subscription. But that's your gamp. I mean, you're banking a lot on the fact that these shows are going to be good and successful and people will like them. Because if you, because if it's, because in the case where if the show isn't good or people don't like it, they're going to be pissed. <laughs> you know, like they're going to feel like I signed up for this thing because I thought I needed to watch these shows yeah but when you're talking about movies. like let me just talk about let me let me jump into this we found out our writers for the moon Knight series we found out about the 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 writers for the she hulk series recently this comes from thr they've got let, let's talk about she hulk first they got jessica gal jessica gal won an emmy for her war, work on adult swims rick and morty she's been tapped to develop and lead the writing team on she hulk and she penned the Pickle Rick episode, which people still talk about. So they got Jessica Gao to write uh, She-Hulk. Uh, they've also hired... She's green, too, just like Pickle Rick. Boom, exactly. Um, they've got uh, Marvel's Moon Knight series finds its writer uh, with Umbrella Academy series creator Jeremy Slater who developed and created Netflix's comic book adaptation Umbrella Academy series, has been tapped to develop and lead the writing team on Moon Knight. Like, this is... And, and if they're spending upwards of, they said, $25 million per episode for some of these shows, like, I... This is some talent here. Uh, Jessica Gao, Emmy, Emmy Award winner for Adult Swim's Rick and Morty, and and fucking Jeremy Slater, who developed Netflix's uh, comic book adaptation of Gerard Way's Umbrella Academy. These are these are heavy hitters. This is 
these guys, they're coming out swinging with these series on fucking Moon Knight and She-Hulk. We're not even talking about fucking Loki. We're not talking yeah. about, yeah. this is She-Hulk and Moon Knight. Oh yeah, they're definitely they're definitely spending money. I, I think much like the Star Wars series, there's a pressure to make these things look at least equal or as good as the movies. Oh, so and who, who's behind that? Kevin Feige, the guy that's brought us everything that we fucking been slopping up and eating and loving, right? Yeah, yeah but, you definitely. know, you even admit, but you guys have even admitted though, like not everything he has touched. Has turned to gold. Age of Ultron, big example, was not good. You well, know, that, that like, was that was that was. I mean, that was yeah. Of course, Kevin Feige's involved in that, but like he also brought back also Joss Whedon. He yeah, also brought back Joss Whedon when, when and, and Lightning couldn't strike twice with Joss Whedon. And yeah. I'll be honest with you, for as much as people hate Thor: The Dark World, uh, that movie's really fucking important. Uh, watching Endgame, and I don't yeah. hate it. I don't hate it as much as most people do. I actually like. Dark World, but that's because I actually had a really fun time watching it. But I actually really like Dark World. Same. I I like it too. But um, one thing I find fascinating is, I mean, as much as we um, don't think that you're really going to have to watch these shows to understand the movies, I think the opposite is absolutely not true for the most part. Like, you 100% seem to have needed to have watched the movies to say, jump in on the Loki show and know what the fuck's going on or jump in on the WandaVision show and know what the fuck's going on, mm. you know, or so it, it's definitely the other way around. I think more. Yeah. Than, but I think that at the, uh, but I think like anybody can jump in on moon Knight. Anybody can jump in on she Hulk. So they, they, they oh, yes, there's, yes. The there's new characters yeah. a different story. Yeah. But with the, with the characters that are already with established. Hawkeye. Yeah. With like Hawkeye, yeah, WandaVision. And what are the, the chances movie? that Brie Larson shows up on an episode of Ms. Marvel? High. Very like high. 97%. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she'd be all about that. Oh, too. I would love it. Yeah. I think she would. I think she would absolutely love doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very interesting. I'm also very on the business side of things. With as many Marvel shows as we know we're getting, I'm very surprised that we're not launching with one. I, I I get that you may not want to take attention away from Star Wars, but it's not like Disney is being shy about launching new products on day one of Disney Plus. I'm I'm very surprised we're not launching a Marvel and a Star Wars show side by side I, on day I one. I think it I think it comes with the fact that that Endgame just recently came out so so quickly. That 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 I think like Kevin Feige has worked out these phases to where it just doesn't work in it, coming out with a series right one of these series right now just doesn't work in with his phase. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I I think you're definitely probably right. It doesn't seem like a hard thing to have fixed though, because everything doesn't have to take place one after the other. I don't you know. Do you want do you want Phase Four to kick off with a Marvel with, with a Disney Plus show? At that point, I you mean, know. I mean, yes. If if they really mean what they say about it all being so connected and important, then that would really symbol to me that that was true and that I, was the case. I, I think as far as if I'm, if you want to sell subscriptions, I guess. But I feel like if if you're if you've been in on. The MCU since like fucking Iron Man back in two thousand and fucking seven, 
or 2008, excuse me. Like you, I, I think like if I'm jumping into phase four, like I'm expecting to go see phase four kick off in a movie. Yeah. yeah, I think most people don't even recognize when these phases start and end with these movies, though. I, I think you're taking a lot for granted there. I, I think it wouldn't really insult that many people. See, that's – but, but I'm I mean, the, I barely but I'm the know flips. when phase four kicks so, off. But those same people that don't know that these phases are kicking off – are the same people that probably don't know that a fucking Disney Plus service is the place that you're going to have to go to kick off the, you know what I mean? So like, the, they're going to know the sh- these shows with all these characters they love are there. Yeah. They're going to know Bucky and you know Falcon are on this show. Like it, it, that's all they need to know. They they don't. I think the majority of the people. I don't know. For me, it just doesn't sound like. For me, it doesn't sound like Phase Four kicking off with. Bucky and Falcon is going to be the play. Like I want to see Phase Four kicked off with a with a movie. That's just it's an event. It's it's going to the theater. It's dropping coin to see a movie. I just yeah. Phase the kickoff four, just doesn't seem as important to me as the culmination. Like the kickoff seems a little bit arbitrary. And I think compared, it's it's, it's to the final. It's challenge. also just kind of like a, another kind of like indication of like you don't have to watch. The Disney Plus shows to understand what's going on in the MCU. It's that's just hyper uh, hyperbole. Oh, I agree with hyperbole that. That was, by that, Kevin that Feige. Point in the first that was my point in the first place is it's kind of proof that you don't really need this and it's way more the other though, way around. But Jake, though, I do feel like the phases though, like it does. There's something to say though, like Phase Three. You know, like with, when Civil War came out, like that was a very definitive, like. I didn't say these movies didn't matter. That my, my point isn't that these movies don't matter or have no consequence. My point is is that the average moviegoer doesn't recognize when they're starting or ending phases. I'm not. I'm not even end, disagreeing the with movie that. Called Endgame being the exception. I'm not even disagreeing with that. But I'm no, saying I like know. most. No, I was but we're to, to we're you. trained. Okay. We're trained as far as Marvel fans. Like if we want to know what the next chapter is going forward in these movies is to go to the movies. It's not about like now we have to worry about these TV shows. No, I get it. I get it. It's just they haven't. I don't like my like my preference. My preference at the end of the day is like I don't want phase four, phase five, phase six, whatever the fuck they're going to to kick off on a fucking Disney Plus show. I don't either. That should be. I I guess I'm. I don't really care where the phases kick off. I 100% want them to be a film. I want them to be an event. I want them to be a film. I want that to be, I don't want to. What were the, what were the phase one, two, and three kickoff movies? Phase one, of course, was Iron Man. Iron Man one, yeah. Phase two. Um, Iron Man three was phase two, and then Civil War was phase three. Civil War's the first phase three movie? I don't think that's the case. No, no, phase three, I believe, was Spider-Man Homecoming. No, See, that, no, that's my whole no, point. No, it's like it's so no, arbitrary that we don't even Civil barely War. know. Remember, because that was Civil War was Spider Man's debut. Yeah, uh, what's right. the first? What's the Phase Three kickoff? It was Civil War. I don't. I can't even tell you if that's correct or not. Well, I, Ant Man and uh, the first Ant Man movie was because yeah, two thousand fifteen was. Because everyone thought that Age of Ultron was the end of Phase Two, but it was actually the first Ant Man movie, 
And then the, that was like in the summer of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I remember – the reason why I know Phase 3 kicked off with 2000, in 2016 was with uh, Civil War was because it opened the weekend of our wedding, and I was like, I have to fucking see this movie. So my husband and I went like the day before our wedding. Um, he put up with that, and he's a great person. But I, had to I don't think it, Jake. I don't think it matters if, like, if we know like what movie it was. But like yeah. on the flip side, I don't think it. I I I, I don't. If it doesn't matter that we know don't know what movie it was. But what does it matter if we kick it off with a movie with a show? Yeah, that's my point. Well, what's the difference between show or movie if the first movie of a phase is so arbitrary anyway? Because not every everybody has the ability if they want to. To fucking go and pay for a movie ticket. Not everybody is going to drop coin monthly for a Disney Plus subscription. I think it's silly. I, my point is though is I I I, I think it's silly that, that they but... fucking have phase a phase start or end. I think that the Disney Plus subscription, if anything, should just be tie-ins to like what's going on within the phases to kind of like expand upon the universe but to kick off or end to either kick off or end a phase with a fucking tv show seems stupid as fuck to me i agree Uh, yeah i I completely disagree um i i agree with to end is wrong but to begin to follow the main movies if you're just a fucking person that goes to the movies and to follow the main movies you would be able to just go to that first movie and be able to follow the whole phase through all those movies but if they if they begin or end on a tv show is silly to me it can it's silly to me. Show and still not be required viewing, though. It can do both things. Like the first Phase Four project could be whatever TV show and still not be required. Then it doesn't viewing. make the Phase feel important to me if they're starting it with that shit. My point it is, doesn't say it sounds. It even feels like a zero important. episode. It feels like a fucking bullshit fucking tie-in that I don't have to read if it's going to kick off that phase. It doesn't seem special. Mm, I agree to disagree. I I. I care little to none about what opens a phase i 100 percent to the point agree i no, know i 100 percent do care what kicks off a phase because when a phase ends like end game when a phase ends at the end of avengers you definitely know that i'm gonna fucking go to iron man 3 to see what's happening in the next phase of the marvel cinematic universe they matter they matter why not not definitely subscribe to disney plus because it opens there it seems like great marketing you sound like kevin feige at this point go to the fucking movie I don't have yeah. to fuck. You don't have to fucking subscribe to. You shouldn't have to describe subscribe to Disney Plus to find out where the next direction of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going. For we've been part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for eleven years now, and it shouldn't have to change because they want to fucking make money on a streaming service. I agree with that, but both things can happen. It can not matter that much and be the opening of Phase 4. I oh, I, that it, really bothers it's, me in the least. In the opening and the ending of the phases, in my I agree opinion. With the ending. The opening and the ending of the phases, in my opinion, should be cinematic events. 
because if they because if they if they open a fucking phase with a TV show, that's kind of bullshit in my opinion. And they could go that route. And if they go that route, it doesn't mean that you're right in my opinion. It means that they're fucking assholes for doing that shit. <laughs> I get it. The emotion behind it I relate with more than the Stone Cold facts, honestly. Like I it's not a thing I champion, but it doesn't it honestly doesn't really matter that much. If I've been following the MCU for 10, 11 years now, that shouldn't mean that I fucking have to subscribe to a service to follow the next phase. But that's already what's happening, right? Like that's already what is the proposed thing that's going the on. The beginning and the what, end of that phase should the beginning more- and the end of that phase should start in the MCU. Anything that you want in between is filler. Give me the filler in between. That Those should seem be- like made up rules to me that don't make any sense as well. That's like, my I- personal fucking opinion. Yeah, you said it was you said, dumb. I mean, I, I thought you I do think it's fucking dumb. I think it's dumb. I think it's I think it's a slap in the face to fans to say that you have in order if you've been following this MCU and the way we've set things up for eleven years and the way these phases have started and ended for eleven years, and now you have to subscribe to a service for TV and pay a monthly fee in order to be able to start a new phase, I think that that's bullshit. I I do. I think think the disconnect here is just the concept of the phase and how important it is. That's the only problem that I have with this argument is where it starts. If you're going to tell me that a phase starts on Disney Plus, fuck you. Fuck you yeah. and I mean, that I'm fucking already, strategy. I agree with you at that point, I'm, but I'm already at the fuck you before it's the beginning of a phase. I'm already at the fuck you when they're telling me I have to fully understand Marvel. Ah, uh, that's bullshit this. too. I think, Jake, I think that's bullshit. Uh, but that's to me, it's like they, I don't see any difference between A and B. They're both the same fuck you. Uh, I think it's bullshit. I I think it's well, I th- at, at that point. When they only start Uber t- nerds are doing the second fuck you because they're the only people that even recognize that a phase is even starting. Oh God. I don't, I mean, we, we didn't even know where phase three started. It's just, it's like with comic books when they tell us like, uh, this next event is going to change the makeup of the Marvel cinematic universe. And it really doesn't, you know what I mean? They've lied to us. You know what I mean? Like it's going to change no. everything. And I going- will say, No, sorry. We we are getting so heated on this. And the fact is, like, me and Jake, like, I want people to understand, like, I'm not mad at Jake right now. And Jake's not mad at me. Like, oh, I fucking hate you. No, shut up. (laughs) That's I think, like, we're like, like, we are so past that point. Like, this is like, like, we're I, I think like I think I think people get so uncomfortable when people raise their voices and Jesus, this was the first time the episode got fun. Yeah, I'm telling you, like people get so, <laughs> people get so uncomfortable at any time. There's like this, like this, uh, people raising their voices or people yelling at each other and stuff like that. And it's like, me, like right now, like 
like if Jake, Jake, if you said anything to change my mind, I would back off and I would be like, you're right and I'm wrong. And like a flip. Oh, yeah. We've, on both, the flip, we've both done that we've before. both done it before. I've conceded to you. You've conceded to me. And it's like this is like one of those things where like they're like we're getting passionate about something that we feel about right now. And it's. And at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to, like, hold this against Jake or anything. Like, people get so – people listen to people and, like, people people listen to people get, like, yell and all this stuff or raise their voices and they get so turned off. You're you're a pussy, number one. I'm just going to throw that out there if you can't handle <laughs> – Yeah, if you're phase bore. You're, yeah, you're phase bore. Like, you're a phase <laughs> bitch if you can't handle this. This is just, like – Two friends that can, I respect Jake, two friends that can talk to each other like this. So fuck you if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Seriously, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you if it, you have the problem here because I don't have a problem with Jake. I love Jake to death and I do anything for the guy. And Jake, you oh, know, sure. you, you know that. And yeah, same. And, uh, and, and it doesn't matter what like, Ooh, the start of the phase. Like, ooh, oh, Jake, we've troubles in paradise with me and Jake. I know this segment was the start of a new phase in PCL, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's going down. Jesus. Endgame's coming next. People, Jesus Christ. People, you, you got your pussies if you get uncomfortable with this shit. There's, there's, there's this, you're making it out to be something bigger than it really fucking is. And, O'Brien's oh, a bully. Brian's a bully. Oh. You don't know what a fucking bully is if you think that I think I'm we a... really covered ourselves this episode, Brian. We we kind of preambled this argument with three hours of total crap that would dilute <laughs> any, anyone but our like hardcore faithful listeners. That's so that true. What's going on people, here? Two people are left listening. That's yeah, true. the only people left are, are good to go. I think. At All this right. Point. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this is yeah, this is wasted breath at this point for me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you, we need the disclaimer here. There's, if anyone but true fans aren't left at this point, fuck. Jake, I, I see what you're saying. Like you're saying, like it's possible that they could do this. But on the flip side, it's like I'm I'm coming out and telling you that is not what I want, and I don't want the precedent to be set. Uh, set. No, I think that I have that's a more what they do. Attitude than you. I get what you're saying. It's like. It's it's even a hard argument because eleven so years, much. eleven years they've done it this one way. Don't change that. Don't what? change that. Don't. It's no. just, but it's not just that though. So because you know when they did when they brought out Shield in thirteen, like they were like they tried to do this before. They tried to do this like you know what we're gonna go all out. We're gonna have this expanded universe, and not not only just the movies, but with. You know, t- TV shows and everything. They, they, this, that was their attempt to do all this. Uh, I would argue that that, that was Jeff work, Loeb's though. attempt to glom off of what Kevin Feige was doing. Yeah, but that it was wasn't before their they attempt. separated the two. But that was before they like separated. Like even the, then, it was a television division and a movie division, and it was like permission given from one to the other. It's not like they were in writers' conference. What's fucked up together. is I see that J- what Jake, Jake, what you're saying, I see it happening. I see it happening. Why? Because if you have an article titled Phase 5 kicks off with a Disney Plus series, what does that do? It sells more subscriptions. What does that do to me? It infuriates me. It does. It, I guess why it infuriates me. 
it's like I've already passed that infuriating state. Like to me, it's not any more dust in my face than already telling me I have to watch the shit to fully understand the movies. Like it's not this giant radical next step of an insult to say a phase is kicking off here. Like it, to me, the ins, the giant insults already happened. The giant insult for me is the fact that you're already, if you've been following this, if you've been a fan of the MCU, if you've been, and I know it's like you can, okay, there's, there's two sides to this argument because I'm going to say like, you've already bought your ticket on Fandango. You've bought your ticket through AMC, a list, whatever, You've driven to the theater and you've watched the movie because you're, you're a fan. You've, you've done that. Like those are things that you've done in order to be a fan of the MCU. Um, you've been doing that for years now. You've been, you've done it for 11 years. Like if you're a true fan, you've, you've gone to each of these movies you've seen at the, at the theaters or, or you've rented them or you've watched them on Netflix. However, you're watching, uh, the Marvel cinematic universe. Now they're saying we want you to shell out more coin and to watch it at home. I, I guess you could say, Oh, it, isn't that easier? You get to watch it at home. But like on the flip side, it's it's completely different to me. It's a bigger time commitment. It is too. a I bigger time a commitment. It, 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 that's the thing. It, that's the thing here for me. We're gonna we're gonna jump off this, people. I know we've been harping on this for a while, but it's a bigger time commitment in order to tune in every week for like a six to eight episode series for an hour than it is to just go to a movie, uh, you know, one time. And watch the new Thor film or the new Cap film or the new event film. Um, and I mean, I know like you honestly, at the end of the day, if you take your entire family, Jake, if you take your entire family to go see Endgame and you get snacks and all that stuff, you're probably paying for a full year subscription of uh, Disney Plus at the end of the day, right? Yeah, definitely. So. I, it- I get it, man. I, I just, I feel like, I feel like there's like this relationship that they've, that, that Marvel's made with us that like, when you, when you, when you start a phase and end a phase, you know, you're just gonna go to the theater. I feel like, and I know that like, the casual fans aren't gonna be reading these articles of like, phase five starts with the new Disney Plus series, what, whatever it's called. And I, I know that they're not gonna be like, in, but I, but on the flip side, it's like, I think like, even though you wouldn't have to watch that series to understand phase five at the end of the day, I, I don't like that. I don't like that way that they're, I don't like that shit. I don't like that. I don't like it when they do it with comic books, when they tell you like, you've got to get this fucking, you got to get this, you got to read this whole fucking event. You gotta read this whole event. You gotta read all the tie-ins. And if you don't, you're gonna miss out on the, on the, on the whole new Marvel, on, uh, on everything Marvel. This is gonna change the Marvel universe forever. I don't like, I don't <laughs> like <week>. this. <laughs> I don't like the, I, I, I don't like the precedent that this, I feel like Marvel right now, we've had kind of like an honest relationship 
with Marvel. It's been, it's been, uh, we got this movie, this, that, whatever. Yeah, the Russo brothers lied to us on, on a few things, but they, they only, they did it for our own benefit. They didn't want to spoil the movie and some of the <laughs> things that happened, but, but, Disney Plus is like getting married. You know, once you get married, it's like all fucking bets are off. Dude, I'm, <laughs> dude, I subscribe. I've, I've got Disney Plus for three years. I'm not worried about this. But, no, I get it. I get yeah. it. But I, I understand where you're coming from, though. Even, even as a subscriber. Yes. You, you, you're just, you're tied into these phase beginning and endings. And you don't want to see that happen on Disney Plus. Yes. Yes. And I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying that it, that at the end of the day, even if they announce that phase whatever starts here, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I feel strongly with you about the closing. Like that would seem insane to me. Like you don't do the end game level event on Disney Plus, <laughs> in my opinion. Sure. But yeah. the openings are so freaking arbitrary and who cares to me that it's just like you might as well give Disney Plus some free publicity there. You've already you're already telling us bullshit. You sound like you sound like suit Jake at this point. And that's what I don't like. <laughs> I just don't I just don't care though. I'm like I'm it's a defeatist attitude more than anything, honestly. It's like you're you're already feeding me the bullshit. This isn't an extra helping of bullshit. It's the same bullshit you're already feeding. I think we're even like uh, the whole fucking scenario is something we've just made up. Like we don't even know if this is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's the argument is whether or not it should and or could. Yeah. Which is a very valid argument. It is a valid argument. Yeah. It is a valid argument. At the end of the day though, Jake. You're still my friend, and I don't care how you feel about this uh, one way or another. And it, like, oh, 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 Jake, Jake, you always, you always give in to what I say, don't you, Jake? You all, I yell I and I scream, I and you always, you always give in. You're not giving in to this. It's the only way to get you to shut up. It's, oh, it's the only way. It's the only way. It's that's how our friendship works. Fuck you. Fuck you. You giant vagina fucking assholes out there. Oh my god. So have people never hung around? I've been drinking. I've been imbibing all night. Have people never hung around a person drinking that is just like belligerent? That is me right now. That is me. <laughs> that is me. That's and me too, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. It's one of the, at the end of the day, like none of this Marvel shit and disagreements and yelling and all this stuff. It never, it, the, 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 the only problem is with the people that have a problem with, um, listening to it because you're a giant pusshole. Agreed. Yeah. Here, here. You are. You're a pussy. If you can't handle two people kind of like hashing it out this way about stuff that they love and it doesn't affect you in the end. Um, and it doesn't affect me and it doesn't affect Jake and it doesn't affect our friendship and it doesn't affect the way that June listens to the show and a lot, uh-huh. the way a lot of other people listen to the show. Um, so it shouldn't affect anyone, really. It's just, no, yeah. It was. I thought it was a pretty healthy argument, honestly. Very, it was. Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. It's fun to get like honestly, like at the end of the day, like if me and you are fucking like going at it, and all of a sudden like you drop some shit on me, I don't care like how fucking loud I got earlier. I will be like, oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> fuck, dude. <laughs> 
Jake brought some Jake brought some real shit there, and that fucking makes sense. And I gotta back off of this one because Jake's right. And yeah, we've definitely had that happen both ways. It's I, happened. I cited example right now because I'm like, duh. But. Well, no. Here's the thing. Like, like you've brought up some great points tonight. Like, I, I, I can see why that they would want to start a phase with the Disney Plus series with a Disney Plus series. Like, I don't feel like said series has been announced yet, but I feel like as we go deeper into these phases. Like, this sounds like something that could happen. My point is, like, do I think that that's right? No, I don't. I feel like, I feel, I feel like that that's cheap and I don't like it. But, yeah. but I think I, we'll have a clearer indicator about whether or not this kind of thing could happen after seeing a few of these, uh, Disney plus Marvel series too. And actually, yeah, finding out how, much I have to watch these to fully understand future sure. movies. I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, stuff told in the tale of just seeing these series. It's a weird thing, dude, because like, I don't want these shows to just be like, I, on the flip side, cause I'm going to be watching them. I don't want like when I watch a movie to feel like these things don't matter. Cause it's like, why the fuck am I watching this then? But on the flip side, I also don't want it to feel like I have to watch <laughs> these shows for the movies to make sense. Because I want everyone to enjoy these. That's where this is so confusing, right? Yeah, I completely agree. I want to feel I, – I, because on, on one hand, Jake, I'm subscribing to Disney+. Plus. You're subscribing to Disney+. Plus. June, you're watching Disney+. Plus. We yep. want to feel special, right? Because we're watching these things. We're watching these shows. We're taking the time to watch these shows. We want to feel special. But on the flip side, we also are rooting Marvel and Kevin Feige and the great job that he's done with all the dollars and the box office numbers that he's been bringing to, uh, to, to Marvel. We love that. We champion that. We think it's great for comic books and comic book movies, but we also want everybody to be able to feel like what they're watching is accessible and if they don't have a Disney Plus subscription, that they're not missing out on something. We want this to feel inclusive for everyone. But we also want to feel special because we're watching Disney Plus. Where is the balance, Jake? Where's the balance? Yeah, Where is it? How do you do this? It's a very... It it's going to be a very interesting 10 years, I think, for the MCU in general, honestly. I, I think, you know, a lot of the key components are are gone from the MCU and it, I think a, a lot will be said about how long this current iteration of the MCU will last based on the next three to five years of product mm. so I mean because I think within our lifetime the MCU will straight up have a last chapter and we'll reboot the whole thing uh, Kevin Feige said if it's up to him that this is going to keep going Kind of like the, you know. Oh, they'll just, and they just build, like just keep building. Yeah, up. like basically like how we've seen James Bond go over the years where, you know, it's. I don't think they'll be able to resist redoing these characters again in 15, 20 years. I find that hard to believe. 
We'll see, man. We'll see. Like their their catalog is pretty pretty stacked. So and it's yeah, not like I agree. Also- I agree. And as long as the money's rolling in, why stop? But but you also have you know different people who take up the different mantles, right? Like Tony Stark wasn't always Iron Man. You know Steve Rogers wasn't always Captain America. I mean, you could theoretically just continue the same MCU what up timeline and just integrate. I, I don't disagree with that, but I just don't. I just don't see the same franchise being the king dog number one franchise for a straight fifteen twenty years. And once mm-hmm. that money starts going away, the way to get money back is going to be it's Iron Man again, like a new Tony Stark. I just, I just think. Once it starts to fizzle out, the way they're going to be able to bring interest back is declaring an end. Like, what's more? I mean, it's basically what Endgame did, but, like, tried to do it kind of shady-like, like, pretend it was the final chapter. I mean, they haven't even... See, here's the thing, though. It's like, we started off with... Let me let me throw this out there. We started off with Iron Man in 2008... And that story did not end until 2019. Now, hold on. We haven't even introduced the Fantastic Four. Hold on. We haven't even introduced the X-Men. Oh, I get it. There's no argument that the stories aren't there. That's like, like, hold on, like the stories will stay there. The stories time for the interest to still be sure, but the interest for Iron Man was definitely a good 11 years. Like, honestly, yeah. the the interest for Iron Man, in my opinion, is still there. Like, if they didn't, you know, kill the character off, people would, I would be at, uh, I would be, uh, you know, uh, pre-ordering my tickets for Iron Man 4 right now. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it, that, oh, I agree right now. Yes. I'm not... And I'm so, saying, so as oh, far as like the Marvel universe is dying off, I'm just saying there's always that possibility, man. Sure, Bad, of course, yeah. If you want to play it, if you want to play it safe, but like on the flip side, like I'm saying, like we haven't even started the Fantastic Four phase of the MCU with Kevin Feige. That oh, hasn't even X-Men. begun, or the X Men. I mean, and that like right there, Fantastic Four. You've got yourself another ten years right there. With the X-Men, you could – fuck, that's another fucking 15 to 20 years. Look at – Christ, Fox, Fox, Fox had that – Fox had that going for 20 years, bro. Yeah, I, and, and but the interest, it wasn't – it was never the number one franchise, you know, and this, this is a lot bigger of a deal than X-Men. I mean they were putting out a movie every couple of years. Like I, I don't know. Like it – I wanted to succeed and I, I want Feige. Like I, I love that he just wants to keep the ball rolling forever and forever and forever, but it just seems implausible to me that that's what will happen. No, I no, Yeah. I, 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 I as far as like, uh, I, is this going to have the lasting, um, uh, you know, uh, of a James Bond or a, uh, you know, uh, Doctor Who, uh, Star Trek. Is is this going to keep going on as far as something like that or a Star Wars? No, because at the end of the day, like these characters are going to run out. These actors are going to get older. You're going to you're going to want to start over again. 
I, I get yeah. that. I get that. And why, because like, why I brought it up is because it's just this is such an interesting time for that. I really think with the introduction of the Disney Plus way of showing MCU stuff, the lack of some key players in the movies, that these next five, ten years of MCU movies and projects are really going to be the project. But until they decide have whether or not. But until they have somebody that can fucking fill the shoes of a Robert Downey Jr., why the fuck would you want to bring back Iron Man? Because the last two movies underperformed. Like, that's the kind of stuff that we got to get there first. Oh, I I know. And that and that's just kind of why I brought it up in the first place that I think this is an important time for Marvel to have some big blockbuster openings with movies more so than ever is post endgame. Yeah. God damn. We got deep, man. This is fucked up. I don't know if I like this. This is weird. (laughs) This was my favorite part of the podcast. Really? Man, we got deep. I mean, we got deep, man. It's like, it's one of those things though. It's like, it's like, yeah, I I can understand like why they want to bring back Iron Man. I love Iron Man. You know, I love fucking Iron Man, but like, who do you, who do you have to fill in those fucking in the, those fucking shoes. Yeah, it's tough. At it's that tough. point. That would be so tough. Right? You know, I mean, the, the character itself, Iron Man, almost is what brought Robert Downey Jr. back to being relevant in the first place, right? He, oh, God. Robert Downey Jr. isn't fucking doing Sherlock Holmes. Robert Downey Jr. isn't doing Dr. Doolittle without fucking Iron Man. It's what made him relevant in the first place. Right. I mean, it's not like he was an unknown by any means sure. before he got the role. Yeah, right. but he had the issues, you know, with the drugs and the going to jail and his career was not. No one, really yeah, no one thought of him as, you know, being the head of a franchise. Yeah. yeah. More than leading man. And being, being the head figurehead yep. of this entire fucking franchise, basically. Oh my God. Yeah. He's the, he, he fucking set it off, dude. If Iron Man doesn't work, this whole universe doesn't work, man. It all rested on the shoulders of Robert Downey Jr. It really did. So I, I, I'm just – and the only reason I bring that point up is because, like, I know it, it seems impossible to believe that they could find someone else to fill his shoes. But honestly, his shoes weren't that big when he first got the role. So, I mean – You, know, I, you give – hold on. Excellent. Hold on. You give that role – you give that role – to fucking Tom Cruise, which was like a was which was a possibility back then. Did Tom Cruise? I, I love Tom Cruise. Did Tom Cruise kick off the dark universe? Mm. Nope. The Marvel universe, you mean? Oh, the dark universe. Dark no, universe. No, no. I mean, he started the Mummy. Like that. That was supposed to be like the Universal Monsters version of the MCU, and you've got Tom Cruise in there trying to kick off the dark universe, and. I guess we can we can yeah oh let's blame it on the script and I don't blah, think blah, blah. Robert Downey Jr. himself could have kicked off the dark universe. We can say that. that movie. We can say that. We can say that. But like, you know, on the flip side, it does take a special kind of actor. It's a perfect storm. I don't know. At the end of the day, we also don't know if Tom Cruise could have kicked off the MCU. I agree. That that seems more impossible than the other way around to me. I like don't know. Maybe, maybe it, it would have been as big of a phenomenon. I don't know if at the end of the day watching Endgame, if we get that far with Tom Cruise as Iron Man, him snapping his fingers and sacrificing himself. If, yeah, I, I get you. I get yeah. you. I think it would be easier for Tom Cruise to kick off the MCU than it would be for Robert Downey Jr. to kick off the Dark Universe. Well, so. well because that's because we've seen what they've done over the next 
but like, and the franchise is just so stale. But too. honestly, I mean, no Jake, if you go back and you have Tom Cruise in the first Iron Man movie, are we getting a sequel? Yeah, why? Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Tom Cruise loves the sequel, so if the movie made a ton of money, then 100% yes. Yeah, but like we had like think about this, we had I we had Ryan Reynolds who fucking Deadpool? Man, everybody loved it. We had him play Green Lantern in a bad script. And I you know what I mean? It's like like Yeah, I, well, I mean, but the movie didn't make very much money. Here's the thing, it's like could we have I, I don't know. We don't know at the end of the day if fucking Tom Cruise could have played Iron Man and if people – I don't know if he has the – the. there's something about Robert Downey Jr., the way he's so snarky. And no, I agree. He embodies the character yeah. in a way that Tom Cruise never probably could. I don't I, think I, I he don't, could. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if audiences would have reacted the same way with Tom Cruise in that role. Like I and I love Tom Cruise, I do. I love Tom. I fuck you. I love Tom Cruise, everybody. But I don't think that he could. I I don't think he could fucking carry Iron Man. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Probably not. It probably wouldn't be as beloved today as I, I can't know. imagine the world getting behind Scientologist Tom Cruise like they've gotten <laughs> behind Robert Downey Jr. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I agree there. Oh my god, we gotta end this. Oh my god, this went on way longer than I thought it was going to. We went into sure, like sure. something I didn't think we were gonna talk about, and I don't know. I don't even know anymore what's going on with this episode. We have, <laughs> I, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back with DC news, and that's it. We're gonna end it with DC news. I've got, I've got it. Like we're not even gonna get into Star Wars news. We're gonna end it with DC news. There's right. no, Sounds great. There's no yeah. Star Wars news this week because of the shenanigans that have gone on this episode. <laughs> All right, we'll be, the episode. we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. I am drunk as fuck, people. Damn Me too. Woo. Woo. Damn y'all. <laughs> I know. And my husband's out of town, so I am like really, really wasted right now. <laughs> This was actually the perfect week for him to be out because he would never watch that Primal movie. Oh, God. Like, because he's not someone to, like, watch a bad movie yeah. just for the sake of watching a really bad movie right. to be funny. You know, like, that's just not his thing. He would not. So this was, like, perfect. I I, uh, I, rented, I rented it on Fandango, and uh, I gave my dad access to it. My dad loved it. Did you realize it's amazing? <laughs> my dad loves that, anything. Uh, let's see here. I think my dad just loved it because it was free. He was able to watch it for free. Uh, okay. Uh, my dad. My That's hilarious. Because he got like a thing, like because the Roku like account is under his name. He's like, I got an email from Roku. Like, did you rent a movie called Primal last night for like three bucks? And I was like, Yeah. And he was just like, "What is this?" And then he read the synopsis, and he was like, yeah, "I'm glad I went there to watch that." Yeah, my uh, my dad loves anything for free. My dad used to wait every year. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. My dad, my dad used to, my my dad used to wait every year for <coughs> oh, excuse me for a uh, um, coupon in the in the Peoria Journal Star, Jake. For a pre for a free prostate exam, 
Oh my god, it's hilarious. <laughs> he would... At least he was health conscious. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and budget conscious at the same time. You know, would, two birds, one stone. He would cut it out and bring it to the doctor to get <laughs> his amazing. free prostate exam. That's amazing. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's awesome. <laughs> was it buy one, get one free? <laughs> oh, my God. We got uh, we got news this week. Andy, uh, we're going to talk about DC news. Uh, we got news this week that Andy Serkis is in talks to play Alfred. And, and the uh, new Matt Reeves, the Batman film, and uh, not the Penguin, <laughs> and not the Penguin, which I wanted, yeah. but uh, Deadline reported that uh, Colin Farrell is in talks to play the Penguin. Yeah, uh, both both interesting castings. Um, I'm a bigger fan of um, the Alfred casting than the Penguin casting. I, I, Colin Farrell's good enough. I. I, it's just like villain overload to me. Like, what are we doing? The fucking hush storyline here? Like, why do we need so many fucking villains in this Batman reboot movie? I don't think that they are doing hush. No, I, I just made the joke just because it's a story with so many villains. You sure. know, I, yeah. It's just, it's crazy. I, these are all such, like, the Penguin's a very interesting character to me. I don't want to see it just as an aside. I either want to see it all the way or not at all. I kind of feel the same way about the Riddler. Uh, Catwoman works a little bit better where you can have her as an additional character, I think, than most of the rest of these characters. But honestly, I wish we could just pick a villain and really examine that. I think we're just I, – I, I think that they will do kind of what you're asking. I don't know if like – oh, God, the Matthew McConaughey, Harvey Dent rumors need to stop. It's bullshit. Stop it. Oh, God. Yeah, that that's bad. That's stop bad. it. Just stop it. I, the, the best response that I heard about Colin Farrell playing the Penguin was uh, on Reddit, and it was from user Look at My Eyes. And this poster said, Colin Farrell is actually not the real Penguin. He is actually just disguised as the Penguin. The real Penguin is actually <laughs> Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious. That's that hilarious. hilarious. That's funny. Yeah, Colin Farrell's pretty tall to be the penguin, right? Uh are they going to do our traditional penguin? Um or you know, like John Lehman did a uh, detective comic series years ago called Emperor Penguin. Uh what what mm-hmm. where he introduced Emperor Penguin, which is a different kind of penguin. So are they gonna be doing a traditional penguin here? So I, I yeah. I was I would hoping think yes, or there's no draw. I was hoping that uh, if if we didn't get Andy Serkis's Penguin, I was hoping that Christian Bale, who is known for change- oh, you leave him alone. Don't make him gain more weight. Chris, uh, Christian, <laughs> did you read the article this week that he's done with uh, the the weight losses and weight gain roles? Oh, thank God! I worry about that man. Jesus, yeah, that's not good for your health. It's health. not. It's, it's not. Health. He said he's done with it. He's done with uh, the drastic weight gain and the weight losses. But, but I was, you're right. The, the the casting is interesting though, just because like you would think that you know we're dealing with a younger Batman, right? So having a younger Alfred would make sense, and it just seems like Colin Farrell would be the Alfred, and then Andy Serkis would be the Penguin. I don't know. Yeah. For me, at least, that's just kind yeah. of how I would see that. But I agree. I've <laughs> always thought the Penguin was a really hard character to connect in a personal way to Batman in a two-hour movie. Like it's, it's just such a difficult task. Um, 
and then to do it with all this other stuff layered on top. I don't know how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I've heard, like, you know, I have heard the Hush comparisons, but I've also heard the Long Halloween. So Yeah, that's another great uh, comparison. It just didn't seem as modern to bring up. But, yeah, right. that's another. There's, like, a billion villains in the story comparison. Yeah, we'll see. It just um, feels like both those stories are, like, payoff stories to something that's existed for a long time and not stories you open with. Right. I... I'm a huge fan of uh, the casting that they did with uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler, though. Like, I was... Oh, yeah, I agree. God, I, I think, like, you know, like, I was like, oh, uh, Jonah Hill as the Riddler? Yeah, that's cool. And then, like, when he passed on it and they cast Paul Dano, I was like, well, you know what? That's even better, in my opinion. I just want a Paul Dano Riddler villain movie, though. That That's my dream. I, I would rather have that than all this other stuff piled you, on top. Here's the thing. It's like you might get that. We don't know what we're going to get at the end of the day. I mean, it just seems like they're hiring these. The names that they're hiring make me think that I'm not getting what I want. Well, they might also be thinking towards the future of, like, what's the second movie? Like, let's introduce these characters. Let's just have them show up in this movie. But you might be right. Yeah, you might be right. But it worked in The Dark Knight. Like, we got Harvey Dent. We got, you know, Two-Face and the Joker in that movie. And in my opinion, it worked. I agree with that. And that movie and Catwoman and and oh well, Catwoman was that, in, no, the that third was one. the next movie. You're right. And that You're definitely right. did not work. I loved it. Oh God, stop it! I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you know my feelings on that, Jake. <laughs> I did not even mean to. I am, the wound there. I am I, so in the minority with that. I forgot that someone liked that movie. <laughs> I loved it. <that. laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Oh, I know this guy. Paul Dano from uh, Prisoners. He was in yeah. Prisoners. Yeah. I loved him in okay. Prisoners. Oh, he's, yeah. That's a real, yeah. He, he was in really uh, Escape from Danamora, which was the Showtime series with yeah, uh, yeah, Benicio no, Del Toro. He'd be a good rip. Yeah, definitely. Oh, he's great. He's fucking great. Yeah. We're going to talk uh, major spoilers here uh, with uh, some DC movies. Including Wonder Woman. I'm going to bring up some Wonder Woman 1984 spoilers that I do believe are 100% true. And I'll talk to you about those in a moment. But I actually have some spoilers here for Joker. So if you haven't seen Joker, uh, don't listen to this. June, have you seen Joker? I did. Okay. So we're going to talk about Joker spoilers. This news comes from IndieWire. And it's an answer to the question, did Joker kill... Uh, Zazzy Beats character of Sophie in The Joker, and here's our answer from IndieWire. The debate over Zazzy Beats' fate in Joker came to an end last month when cinematographer Lawrence Scher said her character Sophie was not killed by Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur. Director Todd Phillips keeps Sophie's fate purposely ambiguous in the movie. After Arthur enters her apartment and it's revealed she does not know him, their relationship in the film has, up to this point, been Arthur's fantasy. Phillips cuts to Arthur's walking away in the hallway. The cut has left fans wondering whether or not Arthur killed Sophie. Quote, this comes from uh, Lawrence Scher, the cinematographer. Todd makes it clear she wasn't killed. Arthur is killing people who've wronged him in a certain way, and Sophie never wronged him. Uh, Todd Phillips talked to IndieWire, 
and he said he doesn't kill her definitively. As the filmmaker and the writer, I am saying he doesn't kill her. We like the idea that it's almost like a litmus test for the audience to say, how crazy is he? Most people that I've spoken to think he didn't kill her because they understand the idea that he only kills people that did wrong him. She had nothing to do with it. Most people understood that, even as a villain. He was living by a certain code. Of course, he didn't kill this woman down the hall. I said that on the episode, I believe. I said something like when we recorded our Joker episode, I said like every time we saw him kill somebody, it was kind of like an on-screen death. We saw him do it as a – well, I guess we can kind of – or there was evidence of him killing that person. Even at the end of the movie with the psychiatrist that he talks to, we see the blood-stained footprints after he killed that uh, psychiatrist at the end of the movie um but i didn't uh, realize that that was something that people were wondering i actually just same. i thought it was pretty obvious that like she she didn't get killed i don't know i didn't realize that was i'm right there with the june i didn't even know this I, was a debate it's a yeah. it's totally a debate it's been a debate really? and 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 uh apparently there was a deleted scene that uh didn't make the movie that proved that she uh was uh still alive and they took it out of the movie for the ambiguity uh there was a scene of uh Zazie Beetz as Sophie watching Joker Arthur Fleck on the Murray Franklin show huh. later in the uh movie that they filmed but they took it out so that right there would have confirmed that Arthur did not kill her. They took it out of the movie. But uh, now they're just basically coming out and telling you, like, hey, I, I love the fact that they're telling us this. I have no problem with this. But I don't love – I'm glad that they haven't told us definitively, like, did Thomas Wayne bang Arthur's mom? Is Arthur the half-brother of Bruce Wayne? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah. I hope – I didn't think Todd Phillips quotes in telling us what happened were very classy either. He kind of thumbs down to anyone who thought otherwise. It's very much, no, you idiot. This is what happened. I kind of, I kind of get it though. It's cause I never thought then you can't treat your fans like idiots. And then also cut the scene where she's watching the Murray. I treat our fans like idiots every week, Jake. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) No, I hear you. I just, it's, it's like he wants both different things. And I I find that to be a little unfair. Like it, if you're making it vague on purpose, then don't hold your nose up at audience members that don't know which way it is. Like that yeah. seems a little bit fucking stupid. And our fans aren't idiots. Thank you for listening every week. You guys are fucking awesome. And I mean that. Especially this week. Especially this week. If you can get <laughs> yeah, anyone this who's here right now is not. An um, idiot. You are a fucking true blue fucking fan. Jesus. Half of those first 15 minutes people, though, those, those people were idiots. Yeah, that's true. I've got Wonder Woman night. So yeah, Zazie Beats character Sophie fucking fully survived, uh, that movie. She's not dead, so don't even worry about people. It's been confirmed. Don't I've even got- worry about it. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> I got Wonder Woman 1984 spoilers. If you're, uh, not wanting to hear spoilers for this movie, 
then don't listen to this next section because I honestly believe that uh, these spoilers are 100% true. I went through a Reddit uh, thread and I read these spoilers. What I'm going to read here, though, some of it comes from uh, CosmicNews.com. But CosmicNews.com, not a 100% reliable source, got these spoilers from the Reddit thread. Now, um, these claims come from people on Reddit that have said that they've gone to screeners of the film. And I believe that these screeners have taken place. There have been, at least in my opinion, at least that I know of, two screenings for Wonder Woman 1984. The first screening took place in June. And we reported on this, Jake, and those test audiences really loved the film from the posts that I've read on the, on previous episodes. Now the second screening was on October 2nd. And I think that that screening took place in Irvine, California. And those people, for the most part, from what I've been reading, did not like what they saw. And they have been uh, kind of blasting the movie. Who, op- who opened the creepy door there? <laughs> oh, no. That was me. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I felt like I was playing uh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil and shit. Yeah, right? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what's going to happen? I that really scared me. I'm, I'm alone. Oh, my. Yeah, Jake. Sorry, How guys. could you do that to June? She's all alone. I'm- I know I meant to do that during the scream talk, and I missed my mark, so I thought I'd get it done here. Oh, yeah, scary as shit. <laughs> scary. Now, okay, so the first cut of the movie, the first screening, people loved it, apparently. The second screening, people have been uh, kind of trashing it. So it makes me wonder if there's uh, two unfinished cuts of the movie that they've screened. And... um but yeah, I don't, you know, it's hard saying. It depends on these are both just audiences they sprung it on. The first one wasn't like Warner Brothers people. <laughs> I, yeah, no, these are test. These are test audiences. Okay, yeah, so, that's very interesting. It, it's hard to believe that they would make such radical cuts after such a positive first screening it's that weird. would turn into yeah. what happened next. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to get into like these spoilers here in a moment. All of these posts. On the DCEU leaks subreddit that I've read about the second screening match up. They match up. So keep in mind that these people, in my opinion, saw this movie. And also think about this. They saw this movie without the Hans Zimmer score. So music can drastically change the mood or tone. Oh yeah. I can tell you what the mood is. Right. So. This is this is this is the description of the posts from Reddit that have since been deleted by Warner Brothers by uh, Cosm. Well, Warner Brothers deleted the original post on Reddit that gave away the spoilers for this, which I read them at the time. I saved the link, and when I went back to it, they were gone. But Cosmic CosmicBookNews.com had given us kind of a. Um, uh, a breakdown of the original Reddit post. 
Oh and, yeah, surely someone got screenshots. And uh, well, I have, I do have screenshots from not from the original redditor, but I do have screenshots from somebody else that was at the same screening as the original redditor, which have now been deleted off of Reddit, but I do have screenshots of those if you guys do want to hear those later. But the original Redditor was Slade Wilson 23, who also has fucking, uh, spoilers for Birds of Prey, which I won't get into this week. But here's what, uh, CosmicBookNews.com's breakdown of Slade Wilson 23's, uh, Wonder Woman, um, spoilers were. It's, uh, it's claimed some magic rock gives Pedro Pascal's Max Lord his powers, which enables him to grant wishes to other people. However, those wishes cause, quote, monkey paw horrific side effects and in turn power Max Lord even further. Wonder Woman accidentally wishes for Steve Trevor back. However, per the monkey paw side effect, Steve Trevor is reincarnate. <laughs> Steve Trevor is reincarnated in some other man's body, with only Diana able to see him. The wish also causes Wonder Woman to lose some of her powers, to the point where she is vulnerable to bullets and knives. This is also how Kristen Wiig becomes Cheetah by wishing it, because she wants to be like Diana. And that is how she eventually gets her cheetah cat suit, super strength, etc. Well, Wonder Woman learns about what is going on and goes after Max, which causes Cheetah to turn on Diana as she doesn't want to surrender her new life. Since Wonder Woman also apparently lost the ability to fly, her and Trevor, Steve Trevor steal a jet and chase after Max and Barbara. She has some never-before-seen power that enables her to make the jet invisible. She can also throw lightning bolts by swinging her magic lasso. And this is, uh, it goes on to say, confirmed in footage released. And guys, I will tell you that yes, this was part of the HBO Max footage. And I have seen pictures of this. Max Lord's big plan is to hijack a satellite in Washington, D.C. and have everybody wish for something so he can become even uber more powerful. Big battle ensues with Wonder Woman coming out on top. Max Lord wishes he never wished in the first place and poof, everything is back to normal. That means, of course, Steve Trevor is back. Ouch. Steve Trevor is back to being dead, and Barbara is back to normal. But we're not done yet, as the flick apparently rips off of Meet Joe Black as the guy that Steve Trevor was possessing. He doesn't remember anything, but strikes up a conversation with Diana, and she agrees to go out on a date with him. Uh, that's where this. Post ends from cosmicbooknews.com, but I also have a bunch of descriptions from another person that was at the screening whose Reddit, na- Reddit name is GB410. And it all lines up with the original Reddit poster. 
it all lines up. There's another guy or or woman who has seen this movie and their description of this of what we hear here lines up with everything. They the GB410, I'm not going to read everything GB410 said and GB410's statements have been um deleted since uh I screenshot this but um because I think it's all true. Warner Brothers has been kind of like going after these people that have seen the movie. And um GB10 says Diana is fairly fairly powerless through uh through most of the movie because she lost most of her powers due to making a wish on the stone since it works like a monkey's paw and each wish exacts a price from the wisher. So for most of the film, she fights mainly using the lasso because it's the only thing that hasn't lost its power. But at the end of the movie, she regains her full powers and also has the golden eagle armor and totally kicks ass with it. She has giant metal wings that can whip around and hit uh, to hit people and she can wrap them around her to act as a shield. Um... We talked about that last week about her, uh, wearing new armor. And this lines up with that rumor. Um, GB410 says, Oh, I forgot to mention that Barbara gains super strength. He's talking about, uh, Kristen Wiggs, Cheetah. And there's a scene reminiscent of a scene with Bruce Willis in Unbreakable where she clean and jerks about a thousand pounds in the gym to the amazement of everyone there. Uh, I've got, I've got more GB10 fucking quotes here. I'm not going to read them. Um, he does talk about Kristen Wiig and he says, she looks like Kristen Wiig in a cat suit. Not menacing at all. There was a CG body double when she would leap around at super speed. Hopefully it was an early version and they will enhance her look with CG. This this sounds like a nightmare. This movie sounds. This movie sounds terrible. There's there's not much you said there that made me sound like I'm going to enjoy anything. I mean, exactly. The, the biggest fallacy of all, I think, is the whole wish conceit. I mean, that's the yeah. dumbest fucking shit I've ever fucking heard. And then the meet Joe Black like ending where it's like see Trevor but not see Trevor because it's yeah. Oh, but she agrees to go out in the day with the guy anyway. Cause he seems I mean, like a nice fella. I mean, is this nice why fella. is taking is this why there's been such the delay in getting this out? I think so. I I don't know like what version people saw on the back in June. But people were raving about this. Like I, we talked about this on the show, Jake, that people had saw early screenings of Wonder Woman 1984 back in June and they were loving it. And then all of a sudden, like come October, we're getting this. And I'm not just getting this from Slade Wilson 23 on Reddit. I'm also getting it from GB410 who's confirming this is the same shit that they saw in the screening that happened in Irvine, California on October 2nd. I believe that right now this is the version of the film that they have. 
and it sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even argue here. That, it, God, the wish thing makes my fucking head it hurt. It really does. It's so dumb. Like, it makes the characters look dumb. Because, like, everyone knows how this fucking wish thing works. Like, the Aladdin story is one of the fucking oldest stories ever. The article itself references the Monkey Paw Simpsons version. There's 800 other versions. How dumb is Wonder Woman and all these people to not realize, like, what could go wrong by making wishes? It, it devalues the character's intelligence that they're even falling for this. Yep. And yep. she, of course, yep. should know more. You know, she's the Amazonian. How, how old is she? She knows about magic you know like it's fucking stupid yeah uh god and the way they defeat him is by making him do his own wish like that's like the dumbest uh, fucking looney tune shit i've ever fucking heard oh my god i am so worried about this movie uh if it comes out like this uh if this is the final product that we get this is terrible I loved that first movie so for I it to be you. yeah so, good. so for it to be followed up with what I'm hearing here. This is terrible guys. Like I'm, I'm not just saying like, I've heard this from like one person. This is two people on DCEU leagues that oh, I believe it. I'm yeah. not disputing this. I, I, this is too dumb to be fake. Yeah. When you make shit up, you make good shit up. Yeah. I uh, guys, if you want uh here, yeah. If you want to see all of the screenshots that I have from uh, uh, Reddit user GB410, who backs up the statements of Slade Wilson 23, send me an email, brian at popcultureleftovers.com, and just title it WW84, and I will send you the screenshots and let you read everything that uh, GB410 has said. I'm not going to get into everything here. Uh, I've pretty much gotten to everything that really happens in the movie, but he does go into more detail. He or she does go into more detail. And if you want to see those, I'd be happy to send them to you. So just send me an email and I'll send those, uh, I'll send that out, out to you because it has been deleted on, um, Jake, if you go to Reddit, the original post from Slade Wilson 23, it says, del- it says deleted, like, it says like, uh, this post has been removed at the request of Warner Brothers. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, I believe I like I really do believe this. It, it explains a lot. Like all the pieces fit. Like why has the trailer been delayed over and over and over again? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's it's I don't know. Call color me gullible, but I buy this. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, Jake, do they have enough time? We're not getting the movie, I believe, until May of next year. Do they have enough time to kind of make some changes and uh, and, and, to, and to fix this? Do they have the budget? Mm, I don't know. I, I don't think they well, do. Think about how much money they spent on Justice League. That movie came out and it was still garbage, but... Think about like how much money they spent on Justice League going through two directors with that film. Yeah, I mean they they're gonna put this movie out one way or another. But dude, if they, if they're reading reaction monster, if they're reading reactions on Reddit about this, they've got to know that they've got a stinker on their hands at this point, right? Yeah, that's unfortunate. I think I mean the first one was so well regarded and popular though 
that that's the sad thing is, is I think this movie will have a very strong opening week, regardless of what its quality. Is. Yeah. 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 It's not like part one. Like it, it, it gets the rest on the laurels of part one, regardless of the movie. Right. And that, that's definitely to its advantage. I mean, not to our advantage as fans, but I don't, th- I, I don't think there's anything they can show uh, other than maybe cardboard costumes. That's going to drive people away from this. It's fucked up, dude. We haven't even gotten a trailer yet for this dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only but thing you're that, right, I'm, Jake though. Oh, go ahead. I was saying, like, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, I think at the end of the day, executives, they care about whether or not it makes money. Do they care whether or not it artistically is good or whether the fans actually like it or not? I don't think they do. I think it's, it just did it make money? Okay, checkbox. Yeah, but it's like, it's like Patty Jenkins, though. You know, she's mm-hmm. like, right now, Patty Jenkins is, uh, She's revered by a lot of people. Not everyone, but by me and a lot of other people, Patty Jenkins is revered as like this amazing, incredible director. And right now I'm just like reading all of this and I feel like this is – I feel like we're getting Superman 3. Ish. Jake, I mean, am I wrong? Like, this is just that, that's no that that's an apt comparison, and it's very unfortunate because I mean, Wonder Woman is like one of the strongest things that like expanded DC universe has going for it. So, it, I don't know it, if this movie comes out like you're describing, it could be the death knell for the whole thing, oh, and they Jesus. just need to make individual movies. I really think that this is what they've seen. I, I do. I believe that Slade Wilson 23 and GB 410 were at the same screening. And I believe this is what they saw 100%. And, um, if you have any doubts, send me, uh, send me that email, um, Brian at popcultureleftovers.com, title it WW84. I will send you screenshots of what, uh, GB 410 has to say in response to, uh, to all of this. But, um, yeah, I'm really worried about this movie because, um, I really want this to be great, Jake. And I, yeah. I, I have, um, God damn it. I hate to say this, but at this point I have, um, the lowest of expectations for this film. I'm so yeah. unfortunate. It it's the best of the D. It's the best of the DCEU films. I agree. I think like I think we're looking at Wonder Woman. In my opinion, I think we're looking at Wonder Woman followed by uh, Man of Steel followed by Shazam. And I know Jake, you would yeah, probably go yeah. Wonder Woman, Shazam, and that's it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's probably it. I, 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 I any given week, I could flip flop Wonder Woman and Shazam. Though, honestly. Hmm. I didn't really like one insanely more than the other. They're both about equals to me. Yeah, I, I like them both. Actually, I like Aquaman. Oh, okay. I get I've the... never watched Aquaman. Okay. No, I actually liked it. I, Aquaman exceeded my expectations. I will say, Aquaman um, was a taste it for me. It was, was it, it? it was fine. It, it was, was fine. It was a high taste. It was a high taste. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Shazam's a high taste it too. I think those are my three favorites. I honestly, I think I would watch. I think I would watch Aquaman again. I would watch Aquaman any day over the Suicide Squad, which I feel like is probably like the 
Suicide Squad and Justice League are probably the worst outputs of uh the DC. Didn't see I didn't see Suicide Squad. Um I I, I that's the only one I haven't seen. I would say Suicide Squad is probably my worst too. I I put it a little bit below Justice League cuz Justice League is a little bit at least it's so bad it's funny. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. You know, Justice League, you know what actually made Justice League better though? I like I I Jake, I'm with you. I did not like Man of Steel. I tossed that one. Oh, get um, the I, fuck out of here. I know. Whatever. I just I was bored with it, but I and I tossed Batman v Superman, but with Justice League, I really liked Ezra Miller as Flash, and I liked, you know, obviously I love Gal Gadot, so, like, though that was enough to not make it a complete toss-it, so, um, and then I just, I never got around to watching Suicide Squad, but I was very pleasantly surprised by Aquaman. I would watch Man of Steel a hundred times over Aquaman, I'll tell you that Really? Much. Yeah. I would watch Aquaman for the first time before watching Man of Steel again. <laughs> Both of you could go to hell. <laughs> Both of you could go to hell. <laughs> Sorry, I just I fell asleep. Actually, I remember I saw Man of Steel in the theater, and I fell asleep, and I woke up, and it was like I fell asleep during a battle scene, and I woke up, and it was like, is this the same battle scene? Like I didn't. I, I would got bored. We're about to have a battle scene, me and you, June, right now. <laughs> Y'all, my phone is dying, so if I disappear from this episode, you know why. I had to switch the speaker just to get the charger on it. All right, we're done. That's it. This is the All episode, right. Jake. So we're going to end it right now. You're, I just I wish I had 50% so I could argue more about how bad Man of Steel is. That's Jake, what I really I'm on your, I, every time you guys talk about it, I'm like, yes, Jake, I'm on Jake's side. I know. <laughs> All right. You know, both of you can both of you can go fuck yourself. I Tupperware the fuck out of Man of Steel. It's a beautiful movie. Love it. I 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 love it. Um, guys, June, thank you so much for joining us. I apologize so much for this craptastic episode. That was, I really do. I'm sorry. I think that that was uh, that was needed. Thank you. I, I'm just we, yeah, I didn't I want to say it earlier, but it's mostly your fault. We wanted to hear I know, it. Yeah. I knew it wasn't all my fault. I am so sorry. It just, yeah. It's why I just sort of re- drank a lot. You guys, I'm like really wasted. So. Oh my god, I am so fucked up. I am so I'm, fucked up right now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go driving. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not, that's not. No, I gotta go let the dog out. This is this is gonna be interesting. I gotta let let the dog out before I go to bed, and this is gonna be interesting. Uh, I'm well, still hold sober, and I'm gonna go driving myself. Actually, uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm gonna be going straight to bed. You know, uh, June. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure having you. Um, thank you for having me again. I have a blast as always. So. We'll have you back. We'll have you back. And uh, Jake, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> Yeah, go fuck yourself too, man. <laughs> wow, that was don't funny. get all choked up from the emotions. Oh my god! It's just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcast that original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture push over top culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.